Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The European Le Mans series on RS3. On RS3. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Eduardo Freitas doing the countdown to the green flag. And there'll be one formation lap. So there is the signal given to all of the drivers. The revs rise as the field leaves the dummy grid. And let's have a look then at the grid that was formed yesterday after three doses of qualifying. Ten minutes for the GTEs, ten minutes for the LMP3s and ten minutes for the LMP2s as they head down the main straight which is quite steep actually uphill then there's a rise where that gang of people are, are collected against the pit wall reach the peak of the start line and then drop down the other side idex sport though taking pole position memo row has to start alongside francois Perodo for tds racing from the world endurance championship car number 33 they start in front of the dragon speed orica and the racing engineering machine welcome those guys to the elms duquesne engineering moving to lmp2 with pierre rack to start alongside the apr rebel team and then it's panes bartes competition with tim bouret alongside Andre Negrau for Cinetech Alpine Matt former double champions in the ELMS. SMP Racing, Victor Scheitar starts the Delara alongside the G-Drive Racing number 40. Then from Spain, AVF by Adrian Vias. It's Tereshenko in the driving seat. Two Russians, in fact, with Rusinov alongside him. And then Graf alongside United Autosports, the 39 and the 32 cars. And then the high-class racing Delara up against the Chetelar Villorba Corsa example. United Autosports number 22, Phil Hansen to start that car alongside the other IDEX Sport machine. And the last of the LMP2 starts 19th, Mark Patterson for Algraf Pro. LMP3, M Racing take pole position. They start ahead of Ultimate and DKR Engineering. RLR M Sport with Van Utert from the Netherlands alongside Sean Rahal. And then it's United Autosports' Matt Bell in car 25 with the Brits 360 Racing and James Swift to start that car. Euro International, Giorgio Mondini in the 11 machine starts alongside Natan Biel. Bogoslavski for Nefis by Speed Factory alongside the, L- the GTE pole position car, Proton Competition with their Porsche. And a little bit further back, we'll find the 66 Ferrari from JMW Motorsport. It starts behind the Oregon team car, by the way, of Poncio. There is Liam Griffin to start the JMW Motorsport 66 Ferrari promoted to second place on the grid after the Golf Racing Porsche was put to the back 77 starts third the other Proton competition Porsche alongside the Crone Racing Ferrari the bright green car with American Tracy Crone to start it 80 car EB Motors they're in the ELMS this year after winning the GT3s in the Michelin Le Mans Cup and Mike Wainwright Although Ben Barker qualified the 86 Porsche in second position yesterday, Mike will start from the back of the grid. Remember, much, much warmer conditions than any of the drivers have seen in any of the track running this week, or indeed last week. And uh, just getting reminded from the Duchess of Dunlop, Pippa Nielsen factor in the media room, that of course the darker surface means that this track surface heats up more quickly and cools down more quickly as well. Okay, I, I so bet that's not the last fact we get from Pippa. That's fascinating stuff. So the heat cycles are quicker because it's a brand new tarmac uh, that makes sense so 
we're not necessarily going to get it cooling down too much because this is a relatively early race in the day. Yes. Sometimes they start at 1, sometimes they start at 2pm. This is a mid-day start, though. And 12 o'clock through till 4pm is the local time. And we're about to get ready to roll with 30 seconds to go to midday and a good glimpse there of turn 12 which is a fast right hander and then it heads into a sharp left at 13 into Virage du Pont because the track heads over one of the internal road bridges there and the pace car has already started to pull away from the field this will leave Memo Rojas then to dictate the pace for IDEX Sport can the Mexican keep that car in front of everybody else as Francois Perodo draws alongside for TDS Racing. Nicola Lapierre to start third for Dragon Speed in the 21 car. Norman Nato for Racing Engineering of Spain in their 24 car. The P3s are safely out of the final corner, as are the GTEs. We're waiting for the red lights to go out, and they go out now, and it's a cracking getaway then. Four. Is that Perodo or Rojas? I think it's Rojas who's uh, managed to pull away. And here comes the Dragon Speed car up the inside of Nicola Lapierre, wasting no time at all. Does everybody else get safely through turn one? It's busy, isn't it? Wow, with uh, cars three and four abreast heading through turns one and two. Is there enough real estate to occupy all these cars? Yes, just about. Looking for anybody with lurid spins. There's a big puff of tyre smoke there and a car off. In fact, a couple of cars going wide. This is what I mean about the runoff here at Ricard. It's quite forgiving on this first lap as two cars take to that stripy blue tarmac. But everybody just about is through three, four and five and now working their way out of the kink at turn seven down the Mistral for the first time. Look to me, there's a bit of bodywork yes. that flew up there. I think I think we had a bit of a problem there for the 39 graph car. It was Harrison Newey, I think, that took to the infield just briefly. But I think there's been contact. We'll keep an eye out for where that came from. Looks like it might have been one of the legality panels from on the cars. But it's Nicola Lapierre in the white car that leads the way by half a second. Meanwhile, the number 19 car that were, was the front of the LMP3 field has slipped down the second because Jean-Baptiste Lahaye judged to be the leader in P3 for ultimate at the second sector. But David Drew was all over the blue painted asphalt there, partway down the Mistral straight. That would have grabbed his attention. And Jot van Utert for RLRM Sport getting busy as well in third position in that number 15 car. Nicolapier to the front of this field. I think that was reasonably predictable. Uh, so Nicolapier in the 21 car to the lead of the race from uh, Mimo Rojas. Nomonato has made uh, ground two. Francois Perodo, meanwhile, has shuffled back down to 10th position and is struggling here at the start of this race. So, already round to complete the first lap. Lapierre leads it by 1.2 seconds. From Memo Rojas, who started from pole, he's lost a place. Norman Nato has gained one, up to third for racing engineering. Pierre Rag for Duquesne is running fourth. Then it's André Negrand for Signatech. Tim Bouret for Panes Barthes Competition. So, the question now is what's happened to Francois Perodo, who started from the front row, down to 13th place is the number 33 car. LMP3 led by Ultimate with Jean-Baptiste Lahaye doing the driving from Jot van Utert in the RLR M Sport car, then the two United Autosport machines, Sean Rahal ahead of Matt Bell, the two and the three, David Drew from pole slipping to fifth place on this opening lap, and in LMGTE, it's the 88 Proton Competition Porsche of, is that Giorgio Roda or Gianluca Roda? I think it's Giorgio Roda started the car. Uh, Gianluca Roda oh, did he? in the 88 car. Well, he's the father. There you go. Maybe he has the say 
JMW Motorsports Ferrari is in second with Liam Griffin at the wheel of the 66 and the other Proton Competition car of Christian Reed runs third in the GT. In time, uh, Mike Wainwright has made progress on the back of the grid. He's gone by uh, both the Spinner Race 54 car and the 83 Crown Racing car in the hands of Thomas Fleur and Tracy Crone, respectively. So, this an opportunity for Dragon Speed to open up a little bit of a gap in the opening stages. Nicolas Lapierre, we know all about his speed and knows this Orica 07 very well indeed at his home race in the ELMS. With a change to the calendar, remember, for 2018, Ricard put as the opening round. Silverstone will now be an August meeting and will also make visits to Italy, to Austria, Belgium and Portugal come the end of the season so plenty of uh, mileage to be put in not only on the track but also for the trucks between meetings and that car carrying damage it's a 31 it's Harrison Newey and okay. it's the right front of the car now uh, what wasn't clear from that just that view we got there was whether or not that was just damaged his right front or whether or not he's carrying part of another car on that front corner but so there's certainly flat plane of something deranged that's not going to be helping matters whatsoever uh, Nico Lapier meanwhile is checking out here 2.3 seconds to the good after just two laps in the first sector getting away from the rest of the field Dominato meanwhile looking for a way past Memo Rojas come down the Mistral through scene really really quick and we were briefly watching a battle for 16th and 17th positions between Phil Hansen in the 22 United Autosports car and Roberto Lacorte for Cetilavi-Lorba Corsa. And I thought there might have been some contact there with the car off the road this time. And that is an LMP3 car. The 18, that was the 18 car. With possibly a puncture. So Natal, Nathan Biel, who I seem to remember started quite way up in the Ooh, LMP3s. And it's side to side by side. With the normal looking for a way by and going by the number three car. That is Matt Bell with David Drew making his recovery drive. And it's been, well, a forceful run back towards the front from David Drew. To an eventful start to his race. Yeah, Natan Biel started ninth in the LMP3s, and I reckon that was a rear puncture, although. I haven't seen him come in the pit just yet. This uh, is the lead changing on P3 in the previous lap, and it's Jürgen Um from, was he third, fourth on the grid? Has made his way by the United Autosports car of Sean Rahal, as well as the ultimate car, to lead the race. Yeah. Yep, started in fourth position in the number 14 car. There is... A perfect uh, illustration of how far Nicolas Lapierre is ahead of everybody else, by the way. Memoro has then the first of, of everybody else in this little group. Car 28 in the silver and red livery and darting out from behind. Here comes Norman Natto in that bright red and yellow car. And he's done it. He's done it Great before run. they got to see. Looked as if that might be a possibility. Norman Natto up to second place. And he'll be in a hurry to do that because he can see Nicola Lapierre disappearing up the road. 3.8 seconds for good now. Fastest lap of the race last time around on his lap three, a 142.871. Harrison Newey with the damage on the front right corner of his Orica 07. Runs off the road a little bit there as well. Now that will be because of, be because of the lack of downforce quite possibly with a dive plane 
torn off the car and just about hanging on. It's not just a dive plane, that looks like more damage to me. So, out of turn 12 they go, and they're all starting to gang up now on the 19-year-old, son of ace Formula 1 designer Adrian Newey. Into turn 14 comes this battle for ninth place. So Anders Fjord back just behind. Tereshenko, Owen and Peroda all in the queue. Meanwhile in GTs, it's looking uh, frenetic with the 88 car leading the way. Now Jean-Luc Aroda enjoying quite a bit of a lead here on everybody else. Liam Griffin, Raymond Narak and Duncan Cameron all together. So in the Porsche, uh, Narak is now ahead. So he made that move stick. The EB Motors Porsche ahead of Liam Griffin in the JW JMW Motorsports at Ferrari. Well, uh, Roman Narak will know this circuit well. He's obviously pretty new to the 911 RSR. All the Porsches, by the way, here are of the new for 2017 factory uh, version, the mid-engine car, as the Duquesne Engineering car now pops out. The Arag looking for a way past Memo Rojas, looking to duplicate them at the move from Normanato, and he does exactly the same. So it does look as if... Memo Rojas is just struggling for straight line speed at the moment in that car. Now it's uh, Andre Negrau next in the 36 Sigdisic Alpine. Sigdisic Alpine, of course, double European Le Mans Series champions in recent years and back here for another guest appearance. The two guesting WEC LMP2 cars, the 36 and the 33. Golf Racing and the 54 Spirit of Race, the GTE cars from the WC GTM grid but uh, Memo Rojas is beginning to struggle a bit here isn't he yes he is got a, a closer look by the way at 31 I'm not convinced it's actually damage on that it looks like he's picked something up okay uh, well that's it, also possible it did look as if his um, dive planes were pretty intact right well regardless of whether it's an extra bit of body work that he's picked up or damaged damage on the 31 car it's certainly compromising the cornering speed of that machine looks reasonably okay down the straights same can't be said though for Memo Rojas who's a bit of a sitting duck at the moment starting from pole position as we see two Ferraris now side by side and this is Duncan Cameron trying to make a move on fellow British GT runner from uh, previous years Liam Griffin so they will potentially know each other's driving style fairly well. And Cameron is through in that racing green Ferrari, but it's a big wiggle now for the Twitch, 55. Twitch. If anything, the 66 looks slightly more stable for, uh, mid-corner. That was heading through turns 9 and 10. It might wait, right? It's flying here. Yes, he he's is. past Christian Reed. He's now with Liam Griffin. Liam Griffin, of course, the less experienced GTE driver of those two men in the Ferraris. But a uh, great run here from Mike Wainwright. This new car is really suiting him. We still have Alex Davidson and, of course, Ben Barker still to come. Here comes the 31. And another chance to see quite what is on the front right of that car, but uh, it's certainly holding the 31 back in the corners, and that means this collection of three other cars tucked in behind. The 30 car is the first of those, with Konstantin Tereshenko, the Russian, sharing that car with Henrik Shavs. So that is the oh, off. AVF car. And who was that off then? That was, that was, that was Tereshenko. Tereshenko. Side by side with the 32 United Autosports car in the hands of Will Owen. So Tereshenko far from gaining a spot on Harrison Newey has actually lost a couple of places now to both Will Owen and Fjordback. 
You know, the AVF car, the rear of this train of four, is last year's SP racing car. Took the race win here, remember, in the hands of SP. That car, the 35, is their new car. Both identical Dallara P217s with the fabulous Gibson 4.2 litre V8. Passed its 700,000 kilometre mark for that programme of engines. 50 of them. Mike Wainwright, by the way, has made it by Liam Griffin and is now up to, what is that, th uh, fourth position in class from the back of the grid. Yeah, and setting the crosshair on the back of Dane Cam of, uh, Duncan Cameron, I should say, Ferrari, the 55. But uh, the GTEs are led by Gianluca Roda for Proton Competition, Raymond Narak second for EB Motors in third place, as I say, Cameron for Spirit of Race. Meanwhile, Tracy Crone, eighth place, battling away with Thomas Fleur in the spirit of race Ferrari number 54 and they're having a good dice albeit for the final places in GTE separated by just over a second Meanwhile on MP3 Jeff is driving away from this field a quick chat with Richard Dean for United Autosports they tested this young man and uh, he rather slipped through their fingers putting their final driver squads together as we've already got the leaders coming through the GTE pack here this is Norman Natto making quick work of the GTEs. And this racing engineering uh, Orica 07 is flying now in the hands of the Frenchman. He's the gold driver, so you'd expect him to make waves early in the race. Olivier Pla to come probably for, for the final stint. And Paul Petit will be doing the driving in the middle of the race. But uh, Made short work of traffic, which is yeah. good news for racing engineering. Of course, to this point not been something that Norman Natto has had to deal with in his career uh, up to the higher echelons of non-Formula 1 single-seaters and race winner of course there great to have this Spanish team they've been looking around LMP2 for as long as I can remember but Alfonso de Bourbon the team principal fine fellow and uh, they have plans moving forward that may very well involve additional series for this, this car and others this is the start of the race and Memo Rojas did get away well for IDEX Sport but it uh, took Nicola Lapierre very little time at all to eventually get by Nato and to skip ahead of the pole man Memo Rojas there was the contact uh, involving the 31 that was on the opening lap and the 31 Ooh, still contact there yes for Panes Bartis competition car which was the one we were on board with I'm not sure who he made contact with on his outside. That was Tim Bouret doing the driving. This was the pass for the lead of LMP3, Jörg von Ertet, on the ultimate Norma. And you get to see that in car from the 17 car. And there's been an incident involving the 47 Chetelar Vidorba Corsa entry and the 39 machine, which is the entry from Graf. We did see that. That okay. was contact on lap one. And that is now under investigation. That was at turn 12, so towards the end of lap one. And that will be viewed again by Eduardo Freitas and his team in the race control office. Here is Jock Van Uter then down the Mistral straight, a little bit on his own, because he leads now the LMP3 class from Sean Rahal. 
And into the pits comes the number 16 car carrying scars where the number board is. That looks suspiciously like a tyre or a wheel which has scuffed the side of the 16 machine being driven by Draconi for BHK Motorsport. Another of our uh, debutants in the European Le Mans series. That's not a very nice welcome, is it, chaps? No. Francesco Draconi's done a good job to get the car back to the team, though, and they can now at least change tyres and uh, start to assess the damage a little bit. There's a lot of cars on the list rail straight at the moment. It's not a parade lap. Another chance to, to take a look at the 31 car. I think he's picked up some debris on the off uh, uh, when, he, when he went off. There may well be some, some little damage from uh, the side-to-side the, the -side impact for the 31, but I think he's picked up litter, something, yes. as he ran across the infield. Or a floppy marker board maybe that has broken, perhaps part of a polystyrene um, metre board before the corner. But uh, I think you're probably right, it's not part of the car. It's something additional. Uh, the GTEs are now displayed on the timing screen altogether. So does that mean Gianluca Roda is being reeled in by Raymond Narak? No, it's more of a case of the LMP3s getting the right side of the GT field. So Proton Competition have a lead of 9.2 seconds over the EB Motors Porsche as up the inside there a move is made by David Drew to take a spot away from Jean-Baptiste Lehay. That will be third place, I make it, in LMP3. So Van Utert for RLR leads P3 from Sean Rahal, last year's champion, uh, co-champion with John Fowl for United Autosports. Early pit stopper within the U United Autosports ranks, by the way, and car 22 is coming down pit road. Phil Hansen making an early call to the team then. So t attention to the left rear of the 22. Here it is. Not good news for Phil. They are going to fuel the car. They weren't expecting him, were they? I don't think they were, and they now have a rear left ready. By the way, you will notice that the teams, when we come to the pit stops proper, will be fueling the cars and changing the tyres at the same time. That is now permitted in the championship for 2018. There's damage there to Phil's car on the rear left, just in front of the wheel arch. So he's had side-to-side -side contact. More action out on track as the 54 car had a quick spin at turn nine. That's the hairpin immediately after scene corner. And there is a graph machine carrying big damage on the front right. So is that the 39 or is it? I think it's smoking as well. It's the 39. It has to be the 39. 39 is the, is the trickler uh, colored car. The G-Drive car, G-Drive livery car for graph this year. Should make clear by the way there are two G-Drive livery cars, uh, but for different teams. Yes. The 26 run by TDS, the 40 run by graph. Uh, that means we're going to have certainly one G-Drive car for the full season. And the other one being a World Endurance Championship entered machine. So it might uh, have a fleeting moment in the ELMS. Certainly this is one of them. Here's an interesting moment. Uh, way down, 10th position for Tereshenko. But uh, putting in the fastest middle sector of the race so far, that is the Mistral and that is a Delara, not an Orica. So very quick in a straight line now with the change that's been made to the front splitter for the Delaro. We were hoping to see a rather more even time. It's the fastest lap of the race for that car. Tereshenko is looking to get on the terms with the cars ahead. Norman Nato, meanwhile, is gradually reeling in the, uh, the leader. Meanwhile, uh, there was some battling there for the SMP car, driven by Victor Scheitart. 
with James, James Allen, Allen yeah. tucked in behind for G-Drive Racing, and that's the Graf run G-Drive car, side by side now, down the Mistral straight. The problem for James Allen is that he's got one of the inter-Europol cars just balking his line very slightly. Oh, there was a touch. Taking chunks out of each other down the Mistral straight, and that was them just fighting for a little bit of asphalt uh, to make space for one another. Yep, SMP car gets that done. James Allen has to give best to the Russian operated car, head of the Russian back car. Well, it was James trying to make a move on Victor and uh, heading it towards the second sector. Just about the orange car got the uh, got the judgment, but it's the other way around. No, they've been was... in this order for quite a while with the SMP car ahead, and as they reach the, se the uh, sector split at two. James was just ahead, but he's going to have another go here down this main straight. I think James Allen's actually quicker in the SMP car. Let's have a look. This is great stuff. And these, what, this is 20 minutes into a four-hour race. Yeah, here comes James Allen again. <laughs> the Aussie's going to go for it down the inside. And what can Victor Scheitard do? Not a lot. No. No. So there we are. Two attempts were required, but eventually James Allen gets through then. That uh, graph prepared. G-Drive racing entered. Orica and the Delara, as you say, though, looked pretty strong down the Mistral straight. That's a brand new car for SMP Racing, but uh, for that crew, Victor Scheitar is the silver. So expect that car to gain speed as we head through the race with Yegor Rudchev and Matevos Izakian waiting in the wings. Remember, Rojas is the next target for James Allen, and you're right, Johnny, he's on a charge here. And is he going to replicate the same move that's been done? A bit of deja vu here for Momo Rojas, I think, because it's going to happen again. He's down on straight line speed in that car, isn't he? There's no doubt in it. He's, he's got it done way before the turning point. It wouldn't send a breaking point. I think in these conditions, it's more or less flat there. Straight so, speed still leap, by the way, but uh, Norman Nato is now just 1.1 seconds back, so... He's taken two seconds out of that advantage built up by Nicolas Pierre. Pierre Rag, the decade engineering cars, a further six seconds back. Andrena Grau, two seconds back from that. And then we get to this, Tim Beret, right with the Grau. James Allen, meanwhile, has got a 12 second gap to make up before he gets to the terms of these two. And the way he's going, I wouldn't count that out. Certainly not. Um... Just to indicate to you, by the way, the 28 car is exactly the same chassis as that that's just overtaken it, the 40 of James Allen. They're both Orica 07, so certainly no issue with the speed of that car. It's an Orica that leads the race, after all. And the leader is on Michelin tyres, very similar to Memo Rojas. Porsche now ahead of Ferrari, so that is the Gulf Racing car leading Duncan Cameron for third position two things about this it shows how strong these Porsches are here and this is the race of Mike Wainwright's life he has come through the field here and he's now got what nine seconds to get onto terms with Raymond Narak in an identical car for EB Motors it's now a Porsche one two three start was under a little bit of a question earlier on that was investigated by the race control team I think just to make sure whether anyone had got a jump start but uh, no further action for anyone concerned there and also the incident involving the Villorba Corsa entered machine of Roberto Corte uh, and the other incident yeah with the two cars involved no further action there either but this is trouble for ultimate that's the ultimate car 
on the on the Mistral, and he's not got enough go, has he? John Baptiste Lahaye at the wheel of it. Remember, it started in second position. This is the brand new Norma M30. But this must be so galling to see everybody shoot by on the left-hand side. So going down very quickly, losing a lap, it would appear, because Jop van Utert well clear by 3.6 seconds. We'll keep it out here. We've got debris on the track on the start straight, the left-hand side. Car 17 is slow. You can see that on screen. 1.7 seconds now the gap between Nicola Lapierre and Norman Nato. And Norman can now see Nick at uh, relatively close quarters. So that will spur him on yet further. That white car getting larger and larger. And Nicola Lapierre and Norman Nato, some of the quickest drivers in this race are getting closer to one another. The gap building between second and third. Meanwhile, there is Anders Feuert back for high-class racing. The yellow flags are waving at turn 13, so there'll be no overtaking at the penultimate corner. Feuert back, pursuing Memo Rojas, trying to get by the Mexican, and it's a car off the number eight, I think. DKR engineering machine. This is what happened. Contact. Ooh contact between one of the G-Drive cars and the number 8 it's nosed into the barrier also done damage to the rear right as well for the DKR engineering machine of Jean Gloria so welcome to the European Le Mans series Jean. Absolutely off to the right and here is the recovering Ultimate car as well at least Jean-Baptiste Le has some forward motion for that car. It's an odd one isn't it and he has now got a lap down because there is Jot van Utert overtaking Ooh. the 17 That was under car. yellow. That was under yellow. Now, uh, mm. what do you do about a car that's causing the yellow flags, though? I mean, well, no, this car isn't. The eight car that we can see in the distance is. But this is a sick car making its way back. You have to overtake it. But also, yellow flags tend to mean slow down and be prepared to stop and certainly the SMP Racing um, Delara was not going sufficiently slow enough to do that and very nearly ran into the back of Jean-Baptiste Lahaye who's doing quite a good job actually of get nursing that car home he's not on the racing line but Victor Scheitar well and truly caught out there Confirmation by the way from the uh, team that's uh, number 22's problem in the hands of Phil Hansen was a puncture after contact. We saw very clearly, Johnny, the damage to the side of the car. So no car. On, on the dollies, then off the dollies. Here it is. Back up again. Is there an issue then with the internal jack? No, it's gone up this time. That's going to go in the garage. And the dollies there that go underneath the car enable the team what to spin it here? round. So this is the engine noise of Jean-Baptiste Lehay. he's frantically flicking switches on the dash, pressing buttons on the steering wheel, trying to do a soft reset by the looks of things whilst on the move, maybe gearbox Graham signalling, maybe, I mean he had some go, was it stuck in gear has he got a problem with the gear linkage of the car that drive, so it shouldn't be a drive shaft we have seen a remarkable number I have to say of LMP3 drive shaft yeah. this week, good point, well the team 
clearly can't solve it on the apron. There's only a certain amount of team members allowed over the white line anyway to service the car on the apron, so get it in the garage and then everyone can attack it. Well, that's two potential race-winning cars effectively out of the running for the major places within a single lap in LMP3. Meanwhile, Panutert is five seconds up on reigning champion Sean Rahal. David Drew, meanwhile, coming back into this at a pace. There is Mathieu Lahaye with the headphones on. He'll be doing the, some driving later on, fingers crossed. But some concerned looks there from Mathieu. Jean-Baptiste at the wheel. And Francois Herriot is the third driver. Electronic. Uh, that was an electronic control box being prepared. I wonder if they believe it's just electronics. Mm, might, might be. Meanwhile, side by side again between Duncan Cameron and Liam Griffin. So the two Ferraris were ne neck and neck. And now Griffin is ahead. Well, that's... Uh, Liam Griffith learning his trade in GTE and doing it rapidly he's clearly been watching Duncan Cameron and learning the Ken Engineering car comes through on the 55 car there was a risk then that the Duquesne car was going to shoot at the inside of Cameron and I wasn't sure that Duncan had seen him but thankfully hard on the brakes went the Duquesne Engineering pilot and who's at the wheel then of the 29 car it's Pierre Rag who's got that car at the third position now car 47 now under, under investigation of a possible overtake under yellow may not be the last we'll wait and see how that one goes but uh, David Drew meanwhile now looking for a way by Sean Rahal can't do it there through comes the 39 car which seems to have shed all the parts it's going to for now yes it did it not come in? No, it hasn't made a stop. No. So clearly uh, the uh, bodywork's been sort of rubbed away from the wheel and yeah. hasn't caused a puncture, fingers crossed. So it can carry on for the time being, but it looked well damaged down the Mistral Strait a few laps ago. We did get a, a warning from race control that it was shedding parts. Yes. Bits of uh, superficial bodywork, but uh, with much of that being carbon fibre, a tyre can get cut very easily indeed. There's the G-Drive car slotting in front of the third-placed LMP2, LMP3 of David Drew. And then there is Sean Rahal, who's quickly got up to second position in the class then. Remember, these LMP3s will be making something like three stops, and two of those three stops have to be to a minimum pit stop time. So you can't do it as quickly as you want to. Uh, the pit stops are timed from pit in to pit out. Those two have to be timed. The third stop, though, can be as quick as you want. And it doesn't have to be the final stop that you make. You might instead choose to do the quick stop at the start of the race, and that's the reason why LMP3 can be fascinating and so difficult to read. We saw this, didn't we, in the early days of United Autosport being involved, where they would, would almost always do the two long stops first, then come back into contention. Yeah. There's a better chance, I think, that it's just debris from the infield, you know. Yeah, actually the car looks relatively straight underneath that on the front right corner and for Harrison knew it's been a case of working out what the car's doing Whoa. that was the was that 360 racing machine number six yes uh, running in sixth place in class now with James Swift doing the driving he's behind Giorgio Mondini and Matt Bell back in the LMP2 ranks here is the United Autosports car number 32 of Willow in. Yeah, Willow in trying to get past the 31. Consecutively numbered and together on track. And uh, coming up to deal with Tracy Crone in the 83 Crone racing car. 
Pierre Rag running third, but right with him now is Andre Negrau. Fourth for Signatech Alpine, Matmut. And Tim Bouray is only 1.4 seconds behind the Signatech car, the Alpine A470. So third, fourth, and pretty much fifth are together now on track. In the distance there is the Proton Competition leader, Jean-Luc Aroda. 88 leads, 80 and 86 in the GTEs. The Porsche looking very strong this weekend at Le Castellet. Best Ferrari is fourth. And Liam Griffin far more concerned with battling with Duncan Cameron. As up the inside, oh, there yeah, goes the Grau. I was just about to say, we had, uh, we've had we got two of the new LMP2 teams to the championship in second and third place. Second and fourth now. Great move from the Grau. Gold-ranked Brazilian driver. And an inter Dallara battle here, SMP Racing, ahead of the 49 car, the high class racing car. This is the battle for seventh position, so 49 car has come right up in the order. Yeah, two driver lineup for this squad. It's Dennis Anderson and Anders Fjord back once again, both Danes. And Anders is generally the quicker driver, he's rated as a silver. Dennis Anderson, his bronze co-driver, but uh, this is a chance then for the high-class racing car to maybe get into the top seven, up against another silver driver in the form of Victor Scheitart. Started 15th, that car, so he's made great progress. Decane Engineering, by the way, for losing that position, have pitted. We've already had half an hour of the four hours of Le Castellet. 3.28 to go, and down towards the first corner comes the all-Italian battle then in terms of chassis clattering the curves that rear wing really does move around quite a bit but it's designed to flex to some extent as Harrison Newey now is being attacked by Willow in round the outside here comes the United oh. Sports car has to go straight on and surely we'll have to give that place yeah. back again to Harrison Newey sure that will be the case off the track to do the overtake Will's argument will be, well, I was forced out there, so I had little choice. Doesn't matter, you just can't take that advantage. Porsche now uh, of Mike Wainwright starting to be reeled in by the Ferrari of Liam Griffin. So this is interesting. Now the Ferrari's just getting slightly faster during the stint. Unless Mike's made a slight error somewhere. but uh, Mike's pace hasn't really changed. Okay. Um, Liam Griffin, I think, is just getting used to this car. It's through come. And uh, the 32 have not. Has not given back that place. Nope. Notice that. So Willow in, is motoring on. Who's next on his list then? Memo Rojas in the IDEX Sport car. We were, I was partly expecting Willow Ooh. in to give the place back to Harrison Newey. And now it's seeing Porsche off the track and very nearly cleaning Harrison Newey out on the other side. So Mike Wainwright may be getting a little flustered here. Just ran a bit wide because he's being pursued by Liam Griffin. I think he's realising I need to up my pace a bit here. I think Duncan Cameron may have got past Griffin there in that right. flurry because I think uh, Griffin just lifted out there as he saw a potential accident in front of him. This is the delayed 54 car. Back out of the garage and back into the race. We'll look to see whether or not the JMW and Spitter race cars have exchanged positions again. It looked mighty close as they pulled away from the scene of the near accident. Yes. We've had a few of those this weekend into that pinch point at turn nine when faster prototype cars want to get by GTs. Good avoidance driving there from Harrison Newey. Here's the race leader. And he's pulled away from Norman Nato, I think, who must yeah. have had some pr troubles and traffic. That's happened fairly recently. Norman Nato 
was within a second. It's dropped back to now six and a half seconds back. But uh, Lapierre's pace, nothing wrong with that. This was the moment when Will Owen drove off the track. There might have been a little bit of contact there as well. So Will Owen will argue, well, I was punted in that direction and then had to rejoin. Has uh, gained a place, though, as a result of going off the track. So may Dun well be investigated. Duncan Cameron has made that move ahead of the JMW car. And uh, the Spirit of Race car in the hands of Thomas Fleur joins in just behind that pair, but uh, laps down. We're going to see that again now. That was the near impact. Then Liam Griffin, the back end, uh, stepped out as he lifted out there. If you watch up the inside, no, we didn't quite get to see that. Duncan Cameron took advantage and has made that move. Yes, so there is the green Ferrari up ahead of Liam Griffin now and behind another Ferrari but not in the lead battle. That is a rejoining Thomas Fleur, isn't it, it for is. the spirit of race? Seven laps down on the leaders, five laps down on that battle. So it's actually Christian Reed behind Liam Griffin but not close enough at the moment to be seen. It's 12.3 seconds actually between the Brit and the German. Tracy Crone is seventh in GTE. In LMP3, it is the RLR M Sport car of Jock Van Utert. David Drew, from pole position, uh, slipped down to something like fifth place, but he's now got back up to second in the number 19 YMR car, and Sean Rahal running third for United Autosports. Fighting away, five and a half seconds, Van Utert has pulled out and retained that gap. Let's see what David Drew can do now. The uh, team is telling us that they believe the... Norma has a speed advantage here, so the, the uh, well, effective elimination of the DKR car. Controversial driver line up here, all three silver drivers. Takes out one of the Normas from the equation. Also caught a glimpse there of the almost Leighton House blue of Nefis by Speed Factory, the number five car being driven by Timu Boguslavski. Good to have uh, Nefis by Speed Factory in the ranks again. That team has gone through various uh, iterations of team members. The five car once again back in the LMP3 ranks. Trio of Delaras there together with the AVF car joining in the fun. Still under Thior back looking for a way by Victor Scheiter. Looks up the inside, no way through there. And in fact, this week it's that AVF car that's put in the fastest the LMP2 lap of the week, of the two weeks in fact we've been here, 141-0 in the LMS prologue, goes up the inside of what one is now two of the inter-Europol cars 13 and 14 all the way down but actually the 13 car coming up nicely through the order there was Boguslavski again approaching turn one, here is Anders Fjord back for high class racing so this might be about right for a first stop. Getting close to it. Yeah. Not quite 40 minutes done. If you're still trying to identify the various different cars, by the way, um, catch a glimpse of the side numbers. If it's blue, like that one is, it's an LMP2 car. If it's purple, it's LMP3. And if it's amber, it's a GTE car. And also, the number ranges give you a giveaway because LMP3 is a number between 1 and 20. 21 to 50 are LMP2s, and then anything above 50 is basically a GTE car. We've got eight of those cars in the field. As through turn 12 comes the race leader, flashing the lights, Nicolas Lapierre. That 
Sneaky leak. look up the inside there from the number 19 car. Oh, and Lapierre's caught on the wrong side here. He's off the track and he's sideways. No grip at all on the runoff area there. And Lapierre tried to read the situation. The problem was there was a Porsche sitting in the middle and Lapierre's going to come in for a stop. Now, was he going to do that anyway? But Nato's right with him. Yes, he is. But, of course, Lapierre, bearing in mind this may have been a pit stop lap, wanted to get to the right-hand side of the circuit. Bearing in mind, you know, when you exit turn 14, you have to be that side. The problem is the Porsche is trying to stay out of everybody's way and took Lapierre with him. That La- was the Lapierre 77. was already off. Lapierre was already off. He realised its momentum was going to carry him into the back of that Porsche and opted to take to the right-hand side. But that's lost him all of his lead. The two cars pit less than a second apart. It's now going to be down to uh, teamwork. That was Christian Reid in the 77. It was... David Drew in the 19 and a case of a rare moment where an LMP2, LMP3 is trying to get past a GT car and then a P2 is trying to lap both of them and there just wasn't enough track for all three as you say Lapierre was actually off track quite early on then and it's a tight left hander at 13 anyway and they run together in the pit lane away goes the Dragonsby car where is the racing engineering car Speed Mechanic pulling our cameraman out of the way because I think pretty clearly they're quite close together. Way he goes, but Dragonspeed, I think, won that little contest. We'll have a look as they clear pit lane. Five seconds to the good. It's a minute and three on pit lane from, La- from Lapierre. He stays aboard. Nomonato stays aboard. A minute and eight for the newcomers. Yes, and that will give uh, Racing Engineering a shot in the arm then because they'd slip back to something like six or seven seconds behind all of a sudden they were right with Lapierre coming into the stop slightly longer stop though for Racing Engineering remember Dragon Speed are well versed in doing a stop quickly what we can't tell you is necessarily whether each of the cars has done tyres as well because uh, you now can do tyres and fuel at the same time so it's less obvious from the pit stop time leaving their entry pretty late there was the 36 car this is Andre Negrau in from the race lead and bringing Tim Bure with him so 36 and 23 making their stops also had in the uh, number 40 G-Drive that's the Graf car which James Allen has been in and out Sereshenko's done the same with the number 30 AVF Delara as the Syndetech Alpine team go to work well drilled squad this of course Front left, Dunlop being replaced. This is a replay of the Vilorba Corsa car battling with Duquesne Engineering. Not for position, Duquesne trying to get oh, the place. Oh, no, no, no. Both spinning and giving the opportunity there right behind to, was that the 26 of Roman Rusinov or the other G-Drive car? Might have been James Allen, actually, on the outlap. Yes, it was. So uh, James Allen on an outlap and maybe gaining more places as a result of that. But the 29 was just trying to lap the 47 thought there was a gap there and it closed very quickly meanwhile the Cinetech Alpine Matt McGraw car is back on the move there's the racing engineering machine going through turn one and by virtue of the pit stop cycle it's now Victor Scheitar that leads but that car owes us a pit stop Cinetech Alpine back out as well it'll still be Dragon Speed that lead the race when all this shakes out and where will Racing Engineering fit into this? Probably still in second place, despite losing about five seconds in pit lane compared to the 21. Yep, that's uh, part of the endurance racing code. The Spanish team will know they've got some work to do. Five seconds is a chunk here. Yep, 
hard fought for on track. So here's the current race leader, number 35, expecting this car in probably at the end of the lap. And that means Nicolas Lapierre will resume as the front runner and leads Racing Engineering by 2.8 seconds. So it's actually very close, despite those five seconds being lost in the pit lane to the Spanish team. The contact between 29 and 47 is under investigation. No surprise there. 39 in and out. Meanwhile, uh, in LMP3, meanwhile, a little while to go before we see those cars down pit lane. Around the hour for an LMP3 car. Nuvoli Turks for first time in a little wee while in the last lap. Uh, that gap dropped down to under five seconds, was uh, let back up with the young Dutchman putting in his fastest first sector of the race. Idex Sports are in. This is the 27 car of Patrice Lafargue and the race leader, Victor Scheitar, then. Uh, wasn't the race leader uh, the, you know, for, for the first stint, but uh, by dint of the pit stops, came in from the race lead. We'll rejoin him probably something like 7th and 8th, because in a moment or two, the 21 car is going to dart past. In fact, has already done so. Down towards turn three comes Nicola Lapierre then. And where is Norman Natto? 2.8 seconds yep. behind. So from five seconds, six seconds back, uh, despite the fact that they had that uh, slightly fumbled pit stop, he's closed the gap. Great first run in the European Le Mans series from Norman Natto and from Race Car Engineering. Interesting. Uh, Quick rear wing adjustment there for the 35 SMP car. It's moving now, but they've deliberately chosen to just burn a bit more time in pit lane. Victor Scheiter stays on board. Yeah, Norman Nato is coming, coming quickly here. Two and a half seconds back now, and just the uh, into Europol car, 13 car between the two. And Norman Nato, I think, fancies his chances here of closing this gap, getting firmly onto terms with Nico Lapierre. He's closing under two seconds. Just dropping a couple of wheels there onto the painted blue asphalt. You don't want to do that in the wet weather, but no hint of precipitation today, thankfully. Jot Van Utert giving Willow in plenty of, uh, Phil Hansen, I beg your pardon, plenty of racing room there in the 22 United Autosports car. But that RLRM Sport machine of the Dutchman leads LMP3 and by five and a half seconds from David Drew. Sean Rahal is third in P3 from Matt Bell and Giorgio Mondini. And Matt Bell is catching Sean Rahal at the moment. Matt Bell's 101st race for the United Autosports team. Turn up yesterday in the Michelin Mont Cup. And that was an engine cover blowing off somewhere. Yeah, well... It, it went way, way across to the, uh, the outfield. That was... Well, what was that? Well, it, there was a car carrying damage down the Mistral Strait. And I was trying to work out whether it was one of the IDEC cars or not but something's failed on that machine and as you say engine cover coming off but also leaving a bit of the bodywork vertical on the car we'll catch a glimpse of that again in a moment I'm sure here are the two United Autosports P3 cars Ray Hall ahead of Matt Bell but Matt Bell by the looks of things is coming there's Duncan Cameron in the dark green Ferrari Duncan's still fifth in class and trying to hunt down Liam Griffin but it is Sean Ray Hall the United Autosports P3 with a little bit of red on the visor then, just ahead of the dark blue visor of Matt Bell. Let's have a look at what happened then, down the Mistral Strait. There Bang, it goes. There it goes. Just underneath the bridge and has left shards of carbon fibre. As you say, it lands well clear of the track, almost the other side of the chicane that is in place this weekend 
for the EuroCup Formula Renaults, and that will need retrieving by Brave Marshall. And with a 27 car, that has pitted. Yeah, so it was one of the IDEX Sport cars, and that is in now to receive, well, a bit more bodywork, but it's broken quite a lot of that car. That's a very unusual failure. It's gone with a serious bang. Well, it's actually, it's, it's peeled off, hasn't it? The, it's... Some of the, the uh, panels of that uh, rear engine cover are still still actually clipped to the car. Yeah, the there bulk it is. of it's there lying on the ground. It's uh, William Cavayas, by the way, who was doing the driving there, having taken that car over from Patrice Lafargue. They're all bronze-graded drivers, so here as uh, an enjoyment factor, I suppose, as well as trying to get a good result here and there through the course of the year. But it's the gentleman entry with the faster drivers in the 28 car remember the 28 started on pole position now remember that yesterday that car spun during qualifying and got a big old clout on the right side so whether that's unsettled something as the 12 car goes for a spin meanwhile uh, I just wonder whether that's a legacy of the incident yesterday at the end of qualifying oh. Max Hanratty in the 12 has spun and and a clatter between the speed factory car and one of the Dallaras and that's caused damage to the number 5 car yes Bogoslavski, 12 car gets going again. Max Hanratty. And a smoky Nefis by Speed Factory car. <coughs> so that's a tyre rub, I think, on the rear left corner. Maybe a suspension failure as well. Still, uh, you can see uh, Nick Manazian there, who's the sporting director of Edex Sport. Now they're now discussing how did that happen. Frankly, is, it, is it safe to actually send that car out again? I'm yeah. sure would be one part of it, seeing whether or not there's any further damage to the car. Clearly the, uh, the air has got underneath a very small crack on the bodywork and just torn Boom. the back of the car off. And they're going so quickly down the Mistral straight, that would not take too much. Trouble uh, for Max Hanratty's car as well. This car is losing fluids, we're hearing. The Oregon team in their familiar livery of pink, yellow and green. Multicoloured for the Italians, who ran regularly in the Renault Megane Trophy, which then became the Renault Sport Trophy with the RSO1s. And now, sadly, that championship doesn't exist, so they have found their racing in the European Le Mans Series instead. Two new drivers to get our heads around, including Ricardo Ponzio, who started that car. Andres Mendes has been racing for Oregon for a few seasons now. Another, another new co-driver, Clement Matto of France. Meanwhile, darting there to the right is a Delara to put a lap on. That's the, I thought it was the ultimate car, beg your pardon, it's not back in the race. Nope. So that LMP3 working its way through. He's uh, just heading out of turns one and two now. There's the high-class racing car of Anders Fjord back. We didn't get a driver change in that machine. Darting up the inside into turn three just to dispatch some of this slower prototype traffic. Nicola Lapierre continues to lead on lap 28 by just two seconds. So Nato is still improving here and there. Wasn't quicker last time around, actually three-tenths gained by Lapierre in the Dragon Speed car. But this is going to be a very close-run thing. Car 32, meanwhile, gets ten seconds added to their next pit stop. It's the United car, isn't it? 
Yeah, that will be probably because Willow in went straight on at turns one and two, having made that uh, overtake. Didn't give the place back to Harrison Newey, so the payment is, the penalty is, ten seconds during the next stop. Just at two tyres, by the way, in that first stop for Willow in. OK. It's worth bearing in mind as far as tyre management is concerned. Remember, LMP2 is where we find the tyre battle. Five cars on Michelin tyres, they being the Dragon Speed race leader, Panis Competition, the two IDEX Sport entries and Duquesne Engineering. Everybody else in LMP2, though, on Dunlop rubber. And Dunlops also are the spec tyre in the GT category. Here's the Nephis by Speed Factory Machine carrying damage, as we've mentioned. 51 minutes into this race, it's been dramatic, really. Yeah, it has. Uh, Non-stop. And if this is your first sample of the European Le Mans series, don't forget, uh, despite the fact we've got Nick and Lapierre and Norman Nato uh, heading off into the relative distance at the moment, there's something like 17 seconds up on Pierre Thierrier and uh, Tim Bouret. Uh, remember, there's the pendulum swings both ways in uh, this form of racing. We've still got the non professional drivers to come in those two lead cars so things can head back in the different direction probably real appeal here this really truly is a team sport see the damaged tyre coming off that uh, speed factory car oh trouble for the 66 the Griffin and he was right with by the way back right with the 86 car, the Gulf Racing car, which, by the way, is closing in now on the EP Motors car of Raymond Narak. Let's have a look. He was there, took the inside line, and no, no oh grip dear. there. Well, slowed. I think Liam Griffin thought he, he realised he was heading towards some sort of incident. Taken too much kerb there, and that offers not a great deal of grip. Also, the camber of the road has thrown the Ferrari into a spin as well, and he was. A little wary of not involving Mike Wainwright in the incident. And that, by the way, just disappearing in front of shot was EB Motors car. That is the gap. It's a couple of corners. Giorgio Mondini with a nice bit of uh, avoidance there because he nearly tore into the back of the Ferrari but needed to address his line very quickly indeed. And that car remains in fifth position in the hands of the Italian for Euro International. They are an American-flagged team. Predominantly... Italian engineers and mechanics and indeed drivers in the number 11 car well Mondini from Italy K van Berlo, the new signing at Euro International is Dutch and bronze ranked meanwhile there's the David Drew car in second position in LMP3 the 88 Porsche leads GTE with Jean-Luc Aroda doing a cracking job here to stay out front by nearly 12 seconds. Yep, Gianluca Caroda and Raymond Narak, two of the most experienced GT drivers, both amateur races, of course. Both risk them indeed. Delightful to see Gianluca back in a Porsche. Twice, I think, winner of the Porsche Cup. That is the contest held by Porsche for the leading non-factory driver in a points-based competition across all, uh, all racing. Some little while ago, though, and since then contested races in the Labra competition Corvettes and then in Ferraris but back in Porsche this though is Raymond Narak in the blue and gold does look very good that car, the same livery as we saw on the Lamborghini last year that blue certainly suits the 911, as through come a pair of battling LMP2s 
trouble for the 25. Oh dear, off the track for Mark Patterson for the Portuguese flagged Algarve Pro Racing crew. And here, um, that was, I think that may have been contact from Liam Griffin. Oh dear, okay, so Liam Griffin has had an action packed last couple of laps. The 25 is parked up off the road, not quite in a gravel trap there, but uh, a more sandy area. And just wondering how much grip that will offer now, Mark Patterson, as he looks to recycle the car get it back in the race. Meanwhile, the sister car at APR, driven by Harrison Newey, has had that uh, bit of debris removed and the dive planes do appear to be fully intact on the front right corner of the 31. It is still Harrison at the wheel. Catching Francois Perodo here, the yes. 33 car. 0.183 of a second at the last split. And the 47 car now is about to be lapped by the G-Drive number 40. That is done safely. So James Allen remains at the wheel of the G-Drive racing car from Graf. And he's in fifth place, looking to chase down Tim Bouray. Porsche sitting in the middle of the corner there. Didn't have much choice, really. There's another car the off. BHK car, I think. OK. 16, it is. BHK with Oof. a big moment into turn one. Watch this. Wow. And that stepped away incredibly early as the car was slowed for turn number one. And it's Francesco Draconi for BHK Motorsport who should be credited with a nice bit of car control to eventually get it pointing in the right direction and to keep it out of the barriers. You can just about drift an LMP3 car by the look of things. It's proven there by so, the Italian. So Harrison Newey now ahead of Francois Perodo, powering away in the 31. Now a drive-through penalty for the Chetelavi Norba Corsa car. That was because of overtaking under yellow flags. Probably the yellows that were out for the DKR engineering car at turn uh, 13. So 47, judged to do some illegal overtaking. And it'll be a drive-through which takes about 25 seconds. Costs you probably closer to about 15 seconds though. You are still moving but at a much reduced speed. Out of turn seven goes the fight for third and fourth in LMP3. They're the two baby prototypes from United Order Sports. Tucking back into line then of the Villorba Corsa car, which will probably be pit-bound at the end of this lap. James Allen in the orange car. Here's Tim Bouray in the number 23 Panes Bartes Competition machine. Pick that out easily with the golden arches on its nose. Yeah, the United Auto Sports LMP3 car is still in that same order at Belcourt, but has not yet passed Sean Rahal. The head of the order, Lapierre from Nato, is 5.2 seconds now. They're working their way through traffic, though, so that is expanding and, con and uh, compressing, depending on where they're catching the slower runners. Just a little over five seconds, and then it's more like 20 seconds back to Pierre Thierrier. Tim Bouray trying to reel that car in, but struggling again at times through the traffic. It's James Allen, who's arguably the most on the move, as here comes the 47 to take the drive through. Yeah, a markedly different livery, very similar theme to the 47 this year. The silvered blue looks magnificent in the sunshine. All Italian squad in there. Well, looking onwards and upwards with this effort, they did take a look at putting in a second Delara this year. They've got. Uh, Eyes on the potential for maybe taking this effort in a year or two's time to the WEC. But they're very welcome here for the moment. Fabulous bunch. 
Yeah. Well supported as well. Love their racing. Real enthusiasts for the European Le Mans series. And uh, can occasionally pull off a real shock result. So we wish them well this season. This is the GTE leader making a first stop of the race. There'll be a driver change as well. I'd imagine it's Gianluca out and Giorgio Roda in. G. Roda Jr. Matteo Caroli to come in this car as well. And he's going to make this thing go very, very quickly. Those uh, The two roaders getting used to a Porsche after racing Ferraris in more recent years with Andrea Bertolini. Also in, Phil Hansen. Remember, he had that early stop for the puncture on the left rear of the 22 car. This is his first more routine stop. So he's off the pit cycle of the remainder of the LMP2 field, or the undelayed LMP2 field. Off goes the 88. From the first of the pit stops, EB Motors then in the hands of Raymond Arak leads the GTE field, 31st position now for that car. Matt Bell still trying to fashion an overtake on Sean Rahal at the moment. He's getting close. This is reminiscent of Matt's battle with Andy Merrick yesterday in the Michelin Le Mans Cup. It was a, a different team battle, though. Andy races for Motorsport 98 and Matt Bell for United Autosports. These two are team players and I think that's being taken into account so maybe not Matt Bell on uh, full attack mode yeah bumped into Matt after that race that was a cracking battle between the two of them and uh, whilst with a degree of non-amusement at having managed to find his way through pretty clear I think that both of them quite enjoyed that well worth a look if you've got a couple of hours spare after this race look back on the broadcast the series YouTube channel information in the Mon Cup meanwhile Palace Partes in the Juvenile Racing car this is James Allen in the number 40 Graf Run car looking for a way through goes to the outside coming into scene the end of the Mistral straight and does it got the toe and used it very very effectively indeed Kimbure drops down to fifth position James Allen, under 30 seconds back from the lead, and going pretty quickly right now. He's on lead pace. Pit stoppers, meanwhile, from the GTE class. The number 86 car. Is that? That is a driver change, I think. A drive-through penalty for another car. It's the 29 car this time. That is to Ken Engineering for causing that collision, I'm sure. We saw earlier with the... Was that the 47? Yes, it was. And they both spun, didn't they? Um, sort of synchronised spinning, going sideways at turn 10. So, yeah, there wasn't really a gap there. OK, the 29 was doing the lapping of the 47, but it has to be timed right. The opportunity has to be there. And certainly, 29 pilot uh, Pierre Rag wasn't fully alongside at that point. An hour done, two hours and 58 minutes still to go then of the opening round of the European Le Mans series. Thank you for joining us. It's Graham Goodwin of DailySportsCar.com and Johnny Palmer. The two Ferraris are back with each other again. It's been quite an intense battle. This is good stuff for me, Griffin. Remember, this is his first race in this car. Um, yes, he had a bit of a whoopsie trying to get to terms with the Porsche, but uh, it's recovered. And now, well, 
as they come towards their pit stops, and I'm sure they won't be very long. The lead upon the one GTE, the uh, EP Motorscore and the car is on pit lane now with Renan Narak. Won't be very much long before they see the two Ferraris in. There were Sean and Matt, Ray Hall and Bell together down the Mistral Strait. Meanwhile, that's, that's James Allen, I think, trying to slice his way through some of the LMP3 traffic. This middle part, the uh, towards the end of the session for the LMP3s, by the way, Jörg von Utert is pulling away pretty dramatically now from uh, David Drew, who is the EB Motors car. 14 seconds to the good now in the RLR 15 car. I think we've got a star in our hands in that uh, class, Johnny. We saw what uh, the young Dutchman could do as a recovery drive yesterday in Michelin Le Mans Cup. John Ferrano. And he starts the race here, takes it to the lead, drives away. Not an easy thing to do. No, certainly not. When all the cars have the same engine and the same gearbox. Yes. Yes, it's uh, not quite a spec category in that there are different chassis available, but as you say, gearbox and engine all the same it's the Nissan 5 litre V8 engine and performance down the straight different when you compare uh, a Norma M30 with the Ligier nevertheless the Ligier is pretty nifty through the corners and it does take a while to master these cars but Jochen Utert has taken no time at all here's Liam Griffin again maybe with an opportunity to get up the inside of Duncan Cameron who goes wide at turn 10 and there's the opportunity the two Brits switch places once more gutsy stuff from Liam Griffin if he keeps this up for the season I'll have no complaints great fun <laughs> great fun yeah. uh, we're beginning to get into some LMP3 stops by the way now we've got uh, both United Autosports two and three together on pit lane Griffin's done uh, all sorts of disciplines of racing in the past, has had a spell in the British Touring Car Championship and done some British GT racing as well, so that will be GT3 Aston Martins with teams like Motorbase but good to see him in a GTE now for 2018 and clearly he's working out how the car uh, operates but getting more and more used to that. Let's get our first update of the race from the pit lane now and Charlie George. Yeah, I'm down here at DKR Engineering. Now, these guys, this is their first race since stepping up after winning the Michelin Le Mans Cup last season. Jean Glorio, obviously, this is not the start that you wanted to your ELMS career. No, it's uh, quite a sad start. The, um, the, uh, our start at the beginning of the race was, was not too bad. I lost a couple of places, uh, mainly focusing on uh, keeping the car clean in good shape, uh, managed to do that, uh, established uh, the P7, was fighting with P6, finding the good rhythm, and after 30 minutes of racing, uh, I think three, four LMP2 cars were uh, catching up quickly, leaving some space for the first two, three cars, but then uh, we crashed, uh, crashed together with, uh, with the third or fourth car, and, and that, that was the end of the race. Is there much damage to the car? No, but uh, we had a problem to restart. I had a problem to restart. There was a lack of battery performance, so damage was quite was not too big. But um, I didn't manage to restart the car. I tried 30 times, but not a success. Sorry, and better luck next time. Thank you. Yeah, well, they uh, had an awful lot of success. Did DKR in the Michelin Le Mans Cup last year, winning many of the races, actually seeing the championship with a round to spare. DKR going well in that championship for 2018, but it's been a tough 
break into the European Le Mans series for Jean Gloria and his teammates Alex and Miguel Torrell. We wish them well for Monza. Uh, both the leading cars in London P3 in the next pit stoppers. So, Yepponitet uh, has been into and out of the pits, stays aboard the number 15 car, waiting for David Drew to do the same. Looks to me to have taken his quick pit stop at the start of the race. Okay, Cameron brings in his 55 car, JMW, to the lead of the race, for the moment at least. So, the British Racing Green Ferrari, it's a livery designed by Duncan Cameron, who owns the car, and runs the same paint scheme in the British GT Championship as well, has done in the past anyway, when that's a GT3 car, of course. And he's about to rejoin get the feeling that the 55 and the 66 may be neck and neck for much of this race. We're now well into the second hour then of the first race of the year for the European Le Mans series. Here comes the SMP Racing Delara, car number 35, pursued by 32 Will Owen. And in the background, Porsche number 88, former class leader and Giorgio Roder should resume out front once Liam Griffin comes in also for his stop. Yeah, also on pit lane, the number 77 car. This was a, a storied week. The other uh, of the Proton Competition 911 RSRs this is been started by Christian Reed. Uh, Marvin Dienst uh, will be aboard this car later in the day. Also, Dennis Olsen, Porsche Junior driver. We were due to have seen Joel Camathias uh, experienced Swiss driver but had a terrible time in testing crashed the car, not this car uh, on his very first time lap and basically did the chassis I'm afraid so uh, what we've actually got is the 88 car is the 911 RSR that uh, Proton Competition were due to actually enter the 80 car until after Le Mans is the, the uh, first of the uh, WEC cars until EP Motors received their new car post Le Mans. The 77 car is now the other WEC car, uh, whilst the original 77 has a replacement chassis procured from those good people at Porsche. Mark Reed, the head of customer racing at Porsche now. Of course, Le Mans winner and world champion was here overseeing that. Got a couple of laps himself in the 88. The JMW car, after a fine stint from Liam Griffin. By the way. A splendid move by James Allen around the outside of Pierre Thierry to snatch third place, and that happened at turn three. I didn't think he was going to get that move done, but uh, around the outside came the orange car, and James Allen now into the top three positions. Really good stint here from the young Aussie. Very crowded house in, heading into turn three on this lap as well. But the SMP racing car, which is ninth, Victor Scheitar still at the wheel, and he's got hot on his heels Willow in, in 22. Will now just putting a lap on Matt Bell. 32, Will Owen. Uh, 32, thank you. Yeah. 22, by the way, just as an update, and with thanks to the United Field Sports and to Stephen Kilby in the press room, um, it suffered, it suffered a broken exhaust in that. Uh, that this is the, this is the move pass. from uh, James Allen round the outside of <sighs> Pierre Thierry, who gave him racing room, in fairness. Thierry just a little bit slow on the entry. James Allen swooping around the outside that's third place and now has something like 25 and a half seconds to try and find on Norman Natto who is second and 
he in turn is eight and a half seconds behind Nicolas Lapierre. In the 23, it's still Tim Bouret, so a double stint for him to kick things off. The car running fifth and is the lead Ligier at the moment in the pack. So it's Dragon uh, Speeds Orica leading from the Orica Race, Racing Engineering. The G-Drive Graph car, another Orica. The Alpine A470, that's an Orica in fourth. Then it's the Panis Bartes Ligier. Then the AVF by Adrian Valles car. That is the first of the Laras. So three chassis, six places. Here's the 22 of uh, Phil Hansen. And the car behind is the 49. That, therefore, is not for position. Phil Hansen currently in 16th position. 49 Anders Fjord back almost a lap ahead, therefore. The yellow wing mirrors charging their way down the Mistral straight then. And Anders Fjord back trying to get a good run on the 22 in the 49. Delara cracking move that. Lots more pace carried through turn seven. And obviously with the uh, little slipstream that he managed to pick up there, was able to get the move done. Here's the race leader, Nicolas Lapierre in the white car, darting up the inside of the pole position setter from yesterday, number 28, from IDEC Sport. And that car is down in 13th place. So a lap on the 13th place car as Norman Nato had dropped back to nearly eight seconds back, puts in the fastest lap of the race, a 142.540, to bring the gap down to 6.2 seconds. Yeah, car 28 still with Memo Rojas at the wheel, who started it. Here's the number 18 car from LMP3 back in the pits. Nathan Biel, which has had a troubled run so far. Biel had an early spin. And the M Racing Weimar car now in for a scheduled stop. So fuel going in. Michelin tyres have either already been changed or they're going to stick with the same set for the next stint. It's the 55 car still being driven by Duncan Cameron, being pursued this time by Ricardo Perra in the number 80 EB Motors car. So Ricardo Perra, who shares with Raymond Narat, that means we've got the gold driver Fabio Babini still to come probably to finish the race off for the number 80. Yeah, Perra looking for a way by Duncan Cameron. That didn't happen there. So Duncan got a good run down the Mistral this time around. They've now got some P2 traffic to contend with, but there comes... Contact! And he's at the Speed Factory car that's gone spinning that in the middle of the P2 track. That is a P2 car. Is it? That's a P2 car. OK. That so. is the 31 car, I think, or is it 25? It's, it's one 25. of the APRs. It's the 25 car. That car went up on the kerb and then got a smack from the left and pitched it very quickly into a spin. That's Mark Patterson. Shouldn't do that kind of thing to an old gentleman like Mark. <laughs> it's not very polite. There was all sorts happening here. Where did the contact come? Oh, he ran a little bit wide and then tried to dart at the inside of the was, Ferrari. It was the, yeah, nothing the Ferrari could do there. 55 Ferrari of Duncan Cameron, which actually stayed pointing in the right direction. Duncan will have felt that. Mark Patterson, I think, desperately trying to get out of that manoeuvre, realising he was in a sticky situation. The EP Motors Porsche had to run off the track to get around the incident as well. Which means that uh, Dow in the JMW cars closed right in. So we've got another three-car battle again in GTE, led by uh, Giorgio Roda now, with Ben Barker closing in fast 
in the Golf Porsche. So it's the 88 from the 86, then that trio, Spirit of Race 55, the 80 EP Motorscar and the 66 JMW. Race leader not on the track. So what happened there for Nicola Lapierre? Where's the racing engineering car of Norman Nato? The 21 is slow. Is it's that a front trouble, puncture? Trouble. Racing engineering take the race lead there. Norman Nato has been sitting, waiting for this opportunity. The white flags were out briefly as well. That was for Nicola Lapierre. And I'm trying to work out whether the front left Michelin is flat. It looked like they were fine. OK, well, the car's going to come in the pit late. I just for a moment saw Nicola Lapierre slowing and he was off on one of the alternative routes here at Ricard. I think you might be right. The, the front left does look down. It might not be flat. could be a slow puncture. But it's all of a sudden goes just straight on, doesn't it? That's at turn 10. And actually the 19 car very nearly followed uh, Lapierre off the track. Driven by um, number 19, no. currently has at the wheel, Nicola Ferrer. No problem that front left. Bizarre. Unless it's a slow puncture, it's damaged. I'm sure there's a cut in that tyre. It's not flat, but it's certainly not ideal. Let's see whether the team do anything else to it other than change the Michelin tyres. They're going to change the driver, certainly. aboard the car. Otherwise, why would Nicola Lapierre just steer left through a hairpin bend? Something awry with that car. Not going to do any work to the suspension, so away it goes. And Henrik, all the best, mate. <laughs> we'll see how you get on on this opening lap. Yes, indeed. Alec Riddell, by the way, has gone by Duncan Cameron, so the JMW car back up to fourth position. Giorgio Roda, there we go. We're probably going to see that now. Porsche and two Ferraris and yes the 80 car oh it's not made the oh corner dear. at all and nearly ended up in the barrier there's no tyre wall there either so that would not have been a, a slight off for the number 80 car good driving from Ricardo Perra to keep it out of the fence but he'd gone far too hot into turn 14 and they love filthy dirty tyres now he will he watch himself turning into scene here isn't he and the Ferrari behind then is, Alistair, is uh, Alex McDowell rather and he takes that car over then from Liam Griffin the number 66 in the background Duncan Cameron in the 55 but the class is led by Giorgio Roda it's Ben Barker look for him to come through very shortly in the golf racing Porsche in fact he's only 1.8 seconds now off the back of Roda so we could very shortly have a lead change in GTE bearing in mind Ben Barker's Vast experience. He's a gold-graded driver up against the silver of Giorgio Roda. Yeah, Alec McDowell, uh, ex-Aston Martin racing driver, of course, uh, now looking for a way by this Porsche. Porsche has got pace advantage in large parts of this circuit. Uh, 28, it export car, Memo Rojas. Right down the order, isn't it, that car? Team manager of Duncan Cameron's car the 55 from Spirit of Race being summoned to race control by the way we may find out what that's about a little bit later on Tim Ray in fourth position we were briefly on board with that car number 23 Panes Bartes Competition is the Nefis by Speed Factory car the one I was mistaking for that P2 that spun from distance admittedly a little while ago that was the, uh, the 25 that had a spin Mark Patterson but it, at the wheel of the Nefis car um, that car currently 16th in class. That's not a positional. Uh, that's not a uh, fight position. The other two cars in that little group 
the 12 and 13 Oregon's uh, Norma and the 13 into Europol car are right together they're less than a tenth apart it's Daniel Pronenko the Russian driving the Nefis car by the way two Russians and a Ukrainian are the lineup for the Spanish squad this year as into turn 13 comes James Allen in second place about to put a lap on the 35 car which is currently 14th with Matevos Izakian driving it Izakian should be able to get that SMP Racing to Lara into a more respectable position here was Tim Bure pulling out from the slipstream of Pierre Thierrier in the Signatech car so Signatech in the dark blue and Tim Bure in that red and black machine makes the move at scene corner as we head back to the pits with Charlie George and Nicola Lapierre. Yeah, and down at Dragon Speed with Nico. Nico, fantastic start for you guys. A bit of a strange moment at the end of your stint there. What happened with the car? Yeah, we had a puncture front uh, left tyre, so we lost a bit of time. We have to investigate what happened, but uh, there were a few debris on track, so maybe we took one of those. We need to check now. It's a shame because it changed our strategy. We had to stop a few laps earlier, but... It is how it is, the, the pace is good, the car is great, so we'll have to fight to try to get this time back. Thank you. Well, that answers the question. Spot I on. Think Spot on. Well, you were right as well, though. The tyre wasn't fully deflated. No, 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 it wasn't. It was, a, it was a slow puncture, and if it's picked up debris, then maybe the air was just creeping out as Norman Natter, who now leads the race, remember, comes in on this, this the right. 45th lap. Yeah, so Dragon Speed not that far out of sequence with that stop just a couple of laps maybe but Norman Nato uh, now with a 33 second lead as he uh, comes in from James Allen and Tim Bure uh, but we've got Allen, Bure and Thierry separated by just a second and a half by the way got a car off the track and that is that is Bure that's the third place car off track as the racing engineering crew go to work it's a driver change for them I think this is going to be Paul Petit into the car Turn nine, and Tim Bray just taken third position. In comes the then second place car of James Allen. Another driver change underway here. So drama on and off track right now in the leading order. Well, James should be firmly congratulated for that cracking stint. He overtook so many cars, and particularly the Pierre Thierrier move around the outside at turn three. That car looks to be bang on the mark in terms of setup. So, 40 car. Ready to go. 36, by the way. Signature Alpine in the hands of Pierre Thierrier take the lead with these pit stops underway. Panis Bartes. That car, I don't think, has got moving again. Oh, there he is. There he is. You can see evidence of a bit of a wild ride with the uh, windscreen wiper just sitting off the screen. Yeah, and the rear left tyre down. So that car is going to have to be nursed back to the pit lane, making sure that the Michelin tyre doesn't start to shred and then eat away at the bodywork. You want to get back to the pits as quickly as possible. Oof, that was a wild was off, seen? wasn't it? Or the next corner, but it's uh, yeah, you don't have a small incident at turn eight. And if a tyre's gone, oh, it has well, yeah, 
is it as a result of him going <laughs> off? Yes, well... Or did it send him off? Could just as easily have been the other, couldn't it? Because uh, there was a lot of tyre smoke. And it is starting to flail now. And obviously Tim Bure wants to get the car back to the pits as quickly as possible. He doesn't want to do damage to the car, though. I hope this is his pit bay and he's not just ended up there. No, these look very familiar guys to him. So oh, that one incredibly helpful. They are, aren't they? <laughs> well, seeing as you've arrived and you're in a bit of strife, we'll change your tyres for you. So Tim clambers out for, um, well, a cup of tea and a sit-down, I would imagine, after such a scary moment. And we'll hand over to one of his teammates. That'll either be Julian Canal, probably will be Julian, actually, and they'll be holding Will Stevens back for the final stint at Panes Bartes. That, I think, is the lead. It is Ben Barker in the lead of the GTE race for golf racing. Now, this could be very, very interesting. Golf racing, I don't believe, have won a race. Is that right? Uh, in this, guys. Yeah. Well, there's an opportunity here to write that with Ben Barker charging on in the number 86 car. Remember, Porsche appears to be the car to have in the GTs this weekend. Well, one, two, three at the moment, uh, Johnny, for golf racing, Proton Competition's 88 car, then the EP Motors car, in the hands of Ricardo Pera. But. Uh, this anchored by a fine run from the back of the field let's not forget by Mike Wainwright in his 86 car this team by the way have got a second of these beautiful Porsche 911 RSR there you go two class leaders actually not class leaders at the moment are they because Signet Galpine owes a stop so it is indeed Paul Petit Paul Small 31 seconds back from the Signet Galpine team but this, this would be, as well, by the way, not just a first win for Golf Racing UK, but a first win in the first race in private hands of that 911 RSR. Yes. And bear in mind, in factory hands, I think it's only ever won two races. That's pretty impressive. It certainly is. In an eight-car field for GTE this weekend, it's Porsche versus Ferrari. We have had cars like Aston Martins in the past, and uh, they are very much welcome later on in the year but it looks to be Ferrari 488s versus the brand new Porsche for the time being that was Paul Petit off the road in the second placed racing engineering Orica and that was through the right hander at seed as well I think a big twitch mid corner no that won't work did incredibly well to react to that straighten the steering then t put a bit more input in then straighten up again oh. another spin for the 19 as well which has led the class in fact it took pole position yesterday it was David Drew to start the 19 it's now Nicola Ferrer taking the M Racing YMR car over and that was a spin right in front of at the 40 of Jose Gutierrez just clipped the curb didn't he I yeah. think uh, meanwhile, racing engineering, Paul Petit in uh, what well, has to be some sort of dramatic lap, retakes the lead as down pit lane comes Pierre Thierrier, Signatech Alpine, also Will Owen down pit lane in the number uh, 32 United Autosports car. And there it is. Yeah, 32 then in for a stop, and this is from fourth on the road, although um, had, had been running about 10th. Willow in, presumably out with new co-driver. So be switching to either Hugo de Sadelier or Wayne Boyd. And as he leaves, in comes Jonathan Hershey in the 39 Graf car. 
Round the outside goes Paul Petit, still trying to clean those tyres after a big moment a lap ago. Exiting scene in the racing engineering Orica, trying to dart up the inside there of a United Autosports LMP2. I hope he got that move done. Yes, three. he did. It's the three Speed car. Three. It's the number three car, and it is Garrett Christ, Canadian, Canadian. Yes. yes, indeed. His uh, birthday this week. We chat with the guys when the team trooped in with a birthday cake. So over the line goes Garrett now. Nearly another half an hour ticking on by in the first race of the year for the European Le Mans series. There is the now race leader, Paul Petit then. Dragon Speed is second with Henrik Hedman at the wheel of the 21. Pierre Thierrier has pitted on that lap. So that's the pit stop, the 36 Odus. And it's going to rejoin probably third. The 40 car, after great work from James Allen, was taken over, as I mentioned, by Jose Gutierrez, the uh, Mexican driver. So he's the silver in the combination. Enzo Guibert still to come. That 32-second lead, by the way, it's a uh, 32-second well, gap, rather, that Paul Petit actually inherited from his teammate down now to 17 seconds and in no small part that will have been because of that off as we've got Ricardo Pereira under pressure now from Alex McDowell in the JMW car looking for a way by yeah McDowell trying one side then the other into turn one just trying to sh uh, throw Pereira off his stride a little bit but the Porsche stays in front a real big rear diffuser and it's the diffuser basically was the the thinking behind switching the gearbox and the engine around in that Porsche to make it a mid-engine car. You can't buy one of those on the road, of course. They're all still rear-engine Porsches, but the radical design was so that the diffuser could be made bigger and the downforce better to rival its, uh, the other cars in the GTE category. Cracking run here from Alex oh. McDowell. Cuts out a line. Is he going to run out of no, ponies, though? I don't think he's going to get there, is he? This is going to be about... Oh, he's can, he, can he, can he, can he? Very close Who turns indeed. In? No, he can't. Well, Alex McDowell allowed Perra some racing room there, but there's inches still between <laughs> them. Heading onto the brakes now for the right-handers at turns 9 and 10. It's kind of one long horseshoe, effectively. And then a short, sharp burst of the throttle into 11, which is a tight left-hander. The swoop of 12. Out of 11 now, clipping the kerb and then hug the red and white kerbing through turn 12, accelerating through the gears and then back onto the brakes through this tight left-hander and you can come from way back to stab up the inside sometimes. We've seen that through the years. There goes a car, in fact, it's the Duquesne machine, wasting no time at all, picking off that spot from Alex McDowell. And car 29, now driven by Nelson Pantiatici, where you can almost tell that from the body language of the car. Nelson is sixth place and got his way past two GT cars very swiftly indeed. A surprise to me, drive-through penalty coming for car 55. That was Duncan Cameron causing a collision with Mark Patterson. Well, OK, maybe we didn't get the right angle. I'm not sure about that one for myself. Uh, we're also going to get another stop, by the way, for the 32 car uh, because one of the belts wasn't done up properly. 32 for United is the United Order Sports car. It's the Willowing car, wasn't it? Um, didn't see who got back aboard that car. That was, was Wayne, Wayne Boyd. Boyd. Yeah, Wayne in his first uh, LMP2 start for the team. Mm. He'll be doing the full LMS this year. Rewarded for 
his spirited efforts in the LMP3 cars. We should have a quick look at LMP3, by the way. Van Utert uh, is pulling away from Sean Rahal. 40 seconds to the good now. Remember, that's a slight misnomer because there's, I, I believe that uh, he's taken... There he goes, actually, by the JMW car. Um, he's taken one of his untimed pit stops, if you like. Uh, yep. I believe United have burned their first longer pit stop. So at least 10 seconds of that was in the pit stop. Vanutet at work now, looking to see what he can do about uh, Ricardo Perra. Takes the outside line. Will that work? Porsche drifts out. He thinks better of it. Goes to the inside. P2 car there. High class racing, I think. No, he's the Corsa. Saw it was a Delara. So, a good example here of all three different classes on the same bit of road. There's the 15 RLR M Sport P3. Porsche from EB Motors, obviously a GT car. And away goes the Villorba Corsa 47, now driven by Andrea Belicki. Very rapid driver indeed. Goes by the P3 car before the breaking point for turn one. Belicki is oh, the trouble goal. for the 86. Oh, oh disaster no. for the 86. So you said that this team hasn't yet won a race at this level and there was a real opportunity for Ben Barker and co. Mike Wainwright, who owns the car. And Mike's done a cracking job in the early part of this race, handing to Ben Barker. We're also due to see Alex Davison, the Australian driver, for the final stint, quite probably. But that car now having to be recycled. It's just off to the left there. So that has happened just before turn seven onto the Mistral straight. Well, well, well. And that area is now covered by yellow flags with car 86 indicated on our screen has stopped at turn six. Here's the 25 APR car. Yep, that says... Oh, Mark Patterson. Radio still connected. Out. Now it's been detached. And Mark, a huddle on the floor there, is going to have to be uh, picked up. And uh, he's a fit man. He's going to hand over. I think it's Taksung Kim, um, I Taksung think. King, yeah. Kim, yes. So, actually got Taksung in very swiftly after that incident because the car's already on an outlap. Here is the Porsche of EB Motors being watched from Alex McDowell. These two have been together, well, pretty much during the whole of this stint. But Alex has had a good old go at getting by down the Mistral last time didn't quite make that work the Porsche's carrying good horsepower down the straights this weekend the yellow sidewalls of the tyres indicate that all the GTs are on Dunlop tyres once again and they accelerate over the grid hatchings out of 14 with the Inter-Europol competition car two of those in the field this year remember just shadowing their move that's the 13 in fact so Kubish Mihovsky in that number 13 car, seventh place in LMP3. This is now the battle, of course, the second and third in uh, GTE with golf racing car still stationary, I'm afraid. Not great news for that 86 crew and continues to drop down the order. Also, the 24 car is under investigation, which is the race leader under investigation for overtaking the Signatech car beyond the track limits. Mm. So there's a little bit of a question mark now above 
the race leader after that car was driven by Norman Natto, remember. It was handed over to Paul Petit, and I think that overtake off the track, if it was off the track, was done by Petit on that 36 car of Pierre Thierrier, who stays at the wheel of the Signatech car. Meanwhile, G-Drive machine trying to get by the GT battlers off the road as he does so. Dowell's going to make it this time, I think. I think he's going to make it stick. He yes, does. Just. And it was a matter of inches when McDowell just lost out a few laps ago. This time he gets by and the Porsche's going to have to make space for Kubis Michowski in the yellow and green car of Inter-Europol. Looking at the 22 car. And the, 20, and the 33. Of Hansen with Lloyd Duval tucked in behind for IDEC Sport. Phil Hansen's adventures in motorsport continue. Not his first race of the season, of course. Already has the Daytona 24 hours and the Sebring 12 hours behind him with a glittering array of talent-sharing Ligiers with him. Fernando Alonso and Lando Norris at Daytona. Paul DiResta and Alex Brundle. Who will be your super sub next round? I, so I understand. Yes, yes, indeed, for the European Le Mans series. Yes, next round of the championship is the 13th of May, by the way. I have to be elsewhere, so there'll be Graham and Baby Brondel, as we like to call him. It will be. It is now a rule, by the way, that we're not allowed to have drivers in unless they're racing LMP1. OK. So that's why I had to go and get that drive with the uh, CFC TRSM. Well, Janetta? I, I would still argue that uh, the little bit of commentary work I've done with him has actually helped him get all these drives. I think so. It, his career, driving career, really exploded. He was terrible up until that point. After being a commentator with me. So I'll take all the credit, thank you. Um, Loic Duval with TDS Racing, I beg your pardon. I mentioned it was EDEX Sport. I'm getting the colours confused again. So TDS Racing coming through the order there with Duval, no doubting his speed. And is now in front of Phil Hansen. Yellow flag's still out, though, to cover the Porsche number 86. Alex McDowell, having made the move on Ricardo Perra, is now pulling away in the JNW Motorsport Ferrari. And there is Paul Petit, the race leader. This is the 54th lap. Yeah, he's closing in on Ryan Cullen here, who's in 10th position to lap the 31. That was a very rapid lap indeed from Paul Petit. Must have those tyres thoroughly clean now. And for the first time in a while, outpaced the cars chasing him down. But, uh, behind him, that field is compressing nicely. Enric Edmond going well, but being caught by Pierre Thierrier. Jose Gutierrez, quicker than both of them at the moment, just five seconds back from Thierrier. And behind them, Chavez, Enric Chavez, in the AVF Delara, is catching all three of them. That is Alexandre Cugno for Graf Racing, managing to get by Henrik Hedman, by the way. So not a move for position to get in front of Dragon Speed, but gaining a lap back effectively. So that graph car in the blue and the red and the white slipping by at scene corner. You notice in the middle of that pack, by the way, the ultimate car is back out on track, but laps and laps down, I'm afraid. 35 laps down on the race leader, 31 laps down on the class leader. After I think that was electronic problems for that car. Just trying to work out whether the 17 is back up to full speed. I'm judging it against LMP2 pace, I realise, so it's tricky. There's the AT Racing P3. Really holding up Henrik Hedman, who's just looking for some track that he can occupy. And bear in mind, the car right behind him is Pierre Thierrier. So that's the third-place car trying to get in front of Henrik Hedman. The lights are flashing, and Hedman so far is keeping that Dragon Speed machine as wide as possible to defend second place. 
So Petit in the red and white Orica leads it. There's your second and third place scrap. And Jose Gutierrez is closing as well in fourth position for G-Drive Racing. In the 40 car, another graph machine, effectively. Henrik Chavs, the Portuguese in the AVF by Adrian Vias car, is in fifth position. That's the 30 car, and also motoring on well. 146.0 now for Chavs. That is looking ominously quick, the number 30 car. Mm. And the moment... That is, what, 48 seconds off the lead. Ten seconds back from Jose Gutierrez, but last time around took a second and a half out of its nearest rival here. Meantime, for second position, Pietri looking for a way back by Henrik Edman. Edman racing here in the LMS in support of the effort the team are actually making with him in LMP1 in the FI World Endurance Championship. So valuable track time, valuable racing time for Henrik Edman. Still got Ben Hanley to come, of course, in this car. 20 minutes away from the halfway mark, Johnny, and this has been gripping stuff. Certainly has. Long way to go yet. Five cars that have recently done pit stops now have those stops under investigation, intriguingly. The 360 Racing crew in P3, together with AT Racing, and in LMP2 United Autosports, the number 32 car slight question mark over its last stop and then two GT cars the 55 from Spirit of Race and the 83 from Crone Racing as there is the move for second position Pierre Thierrier a long way back but is better and later on the brakes than Hendrik Hedman Tech Alpine, Matt Mutt, a round of applause from their garage because Pierre Thierrier is now ahead and can start to set off down the road maybe in pursuit of Paul Petit yeah, Thierry's last lap was a 145.9. That is faster than Paul Petit, who leads on this 56th lap. There was Paul just creeping through shot. The downside for Pierre Thierry is he's got to find near enough 32 seconds. Two hours and 20 to go. Here is Jot van Utert, keeping his number 15 car very wide indeed, leading LMP3. Just waiting for opportunity to get to allow the P2s behind him passed, safely passed. One creeps by at turn 12, the other at 13, and there's another P2 car queuing up as well. That's his Luke Duval in the 33 car. So busy for these LMP3 pilots. Obviously, it's intense anyway because they're prototype cars. You're being hustled around in the machines, a very tight cockpit, and you've got to... Keep your eyes trained on the road in front, but also always be aware of traffic closing in from behind. Tricky being the middle class of any race. Down towards turn three goes the 31 car. With Ryan Cullen, as Graham mentions, at the wheel. In the 28, it is Paul Lafargue and Loic Duval tucked in behind, so less than a second separating those three cars. Meanwhile, the 22 is in for a stop. This is Phil Hansen staying aboard. This is right. going into a triple stint. Remember, he's out of sequence after that early contact. Broken exhaust and a puncture. 31 going side to side here with the 28 car. I am reliably informed, by the way, by Matt Fernandez that we shouldn't be calling it export, but heat export. Heat export. Heat export. Okay. So just a tip to the team. You need an H there. <laughs> well, Memo Rojas called it Idexport, so I started to change my pronunciation, but then again, 
it's a French team and he's Mexican, so maybe he doesn't actually know how to pronounce it correctly. So Matt Fernandez is French, so uh, yes. we'll bow to his... We'll bow to his, despite me having spectacular English, Absolutely. we'll bow to his greater uh, knowledge. I did examine his papers, he definitely is French. Born in Tete Rouge, by the way. No way. Not in the middle of the track, I mean. The There's a little house there, I might even know his actual place of birth. Yeah. Uh, so, out of turn 12 goes the battling LMP2s, and it is the 33 of Loic Duval trying to find a way by uh, the Paul Lafargue-driven Hedexport car. And they go over the start line once again. So Paul Petit leads the way after 57 laps, but we're going to hear a word from Alex Davison now to find out what happened to the Gulf Racing Porsche. Yeah, I'm down here in the pits at the Gulf Box. Alex, really disappointing. It looked to be going so well for the Gulf Porsche. Stopped out on track. What's happened? Uh, well, it's simply lost fuel pressure while Ben's been driving around, so uh, obviously the motor's not going to run very well in that state, but it's so disappointing because Mike had a fantastic stint from the back of the grid. Um, was, drove the best he had all week and had awesome pace. Ben was charging forward, got to the lead, so we were, we were back in the fight, which we weren't sure if we were going to be able to do today, but car's running great. Thanks to Porsche and everyone for you know supplying such a fast car, but very disappointing that we couldn't get it to the finish today. And disappointed you don't get your go either. Sorry, what was that? Disappointing that you don't get to have a go either. <laughs> I know, there's going to be plenty of time this year. Um, I'll get my chance, yes, but disappointing, of course. My first race over in Europe this year would have been nice to uh, take part in it. Will we be seeing you guys back in ELMS this season? I believe there's a chance we'll be doing one other race. Um, still to be confirmed, but the, the focus is on uh, WEC, obviously. Thank you. Thanks very much. Well, it will be great to see them back because they clearly have a strong car oh, and it's a, it's a potential race winner, isn't it, Graham? And great to see Mike Wainwright in that kind of form because that does show that, one, that car suits him and that, two, he does seem to have found some pace in the off-season. Oh, Alex Davison, it's a long way to go home, isn't it? <laughs> when you've not been in the car but uh, able to spot on through it, not seen Alex uh, for a good decade in Europe. I did FIGT for a season with Phil My Proton, rather ironically way back when it's uh, great to see him back big smiles despite the travails of the day we have Vanutet by the way uh, on track there is 24 24 by the way is going to have 10 seconds added to its next pit stop and the gap at the moment is 33 seconds so that is going to close up next time the car comes down pit lane so after that latest investigation for the 24 what a start to their European Le Mans series campaign this team is having. Pierre yep. Thierry pulling away, but not dramatically from Emmerich Edmund. Edmund showing good pace today. And then behind that, Gutierrez is being caught by Chavez and caught quickly as well. 144.473 by Chavez, who himself, by the way, has been caught by Nelson Panciatici. So this is going to get interesting as we get towards the end of this fuel stint, isn't it? Plenty of overlapping in this phase of the race, as Graham's point from quite a bit earlier on there in the race, in that uh, as we get new drivers on board cars and drivers of differing pace, differing experience, then you get this uh, 
yin and yang element to the race really where okay you can start to read what's happening in the opening stint but it's all change come the first pit stop or the second pit stop in some teams cases Paul Petit not carrying the same sort of speed as Norman Natto so that means that uh, there's an opportunity for some of those guys to catch up a bit of the lost time still temperature hovering around 20 degrees Celsius there is the bright red and yellow colours of racing engineering of Spain they're heading now into turns one and two with conversations being yeah, had the gentleman with the uh, sunglasses there you go uh, just the, the sun drama out there that might be just them getting the message about the 10 seconds that is Alfonso de Bourbon who's the team owner team principal here at uh, racing engineering a fine fellow Team, great history in the Spanish Formula 3 Championship and the World Series by Nissan, as it was called at the time. They run cars, they have run cars in the GP2 series of old as well, now Formula 2, of course. Great pedigree in single-seaters. I think they ran a Porsche GT car at Le Mans about 20 years ago, you know. Did they really? I think they did. Okay, so in effect, they're coming back to their roots with the longer-distance stuff. But... uh, Good to see them now in the ELMS, having run cars in the FIA Formula 2 Championship, as I say, and uh, Spanish Formula 3. So, Norman Nato coming across with them. Team founded just a little under 20 years ago, so it's been going a fair old while now. 2 hours and 13 minutes to go. And there is the number 40 car, formerly driven by James Allen, now with Jose Gutierrez at the wheel. It's a Mexican-Portuguese battle. It's getting closer and closer is Henrik Chaves in the AVF by Adrian Vias car. Speaking of Spanish teams, and Adrian Vias with a busy weekend here at Le Castellet, running EuroCup Formula Renaults, as he always does. And now a first venture into the ELMS. Again, adding more weight to the argument that uh, single-seater drivers can also gain an awful lot of experience and knowledge from doing the odd bit of prototype racing. Yegor Rudchev and Matevos Izakian did exactly the same with SMP Racing last year. And they're back for more in 2018 under the tutelage of Warren Hughes. Good to have uh, such raw and young talent at the wheel of these beefy prototype cars. Yeah. Was a trouble when you go into that garage with uh, SMP Racing to just get somebody to you know, understand what's being said to you. It's not Rojev or Zakir, it's just one of those. Oh no, they're fine, they can speak English perfectly well. He's a bit northern. <laughs> Nothing wrong with being northern, says the northerner. Uh, by the way, I uh, was almost correct. Racing Engineering under the Repsol Racing Engineering, the first ever Spanish team to contest. The 125 back in 2000 with the GT Class Porsche, including Giovanni Lavacci mm. on the squad, together with Thomas Santana and Jesus Diaz Villarreal. But uh, they, I know, keen to get back there as quickly as possible. Watch for this team in the future. I think they're going to be a very familiar part of the endurance racing family. These the first steps in order to do that. Then, as now getting by the 40 car of Gutierrez is Henrik Chaves of uh, Portugal, so the AVF by Adrian Vias car now up to fourth position. There it is, number 30 car. We mentioned that was motoring on. He's got uh, nine seconds to get on the terms with 
Henrik Edman and he's currently going about two and a half seconds a lap quicker than Henrik and Nelson Pacciatici very much a going concern too in the Duquesne colours we're used to those in the LMP3 ranks well Duquesne making the move to LMP2 for 2018 their black and dark blue livery Duquesne running an Orica 07 this year. Here comes Pantiatici from way back and keep and uh, catches Shavs napping there. So bags fourth position into turn 14, and that was almost a classic Nelson Pantiatici move there, leaving it very late indeed, and then darting at the inside at turn 14. So 29 now leads 30 and the 40 car. Matebos Izakian for SMP in seventh position ahead of. Alessandra Imperatori for G-Drive Racing, the 26 G-Drive car, that is. Loic Duval is ninth and 10th place for uh, Paul, uh, Paul Lafargue in the Edex Sport car. Um, been corrected, I'm afraid, by um, Stephen Kilby, my deputy at Delhi Sports Car. He'll be punished for that later. Oh. But he is correct uh, because they may actually, Racing Engineering made, or their predecessor to it, made their Le Mans debut. Uh, six years earlier than that, I'm delighted to say that uh, it was a Ferrari, and amongst the drivers was indeed Alfonso de Orléans Bourbon with his correct title of Prince Alfonso. Mm. So he's indeed a Prince of the Spanish Ferrari. Good knowledge, killer. Side by side there for a Delara and the 31 APR machine. Didn't quite make that move stick, but that is Ryan Cullen trying to get by Dennis Anderson so this is a move for position Anderson is currently four oh there's a, an incident Drama. that we're going to tell you about in a moment but Dennis Anderson high class racing is 11th but oh there it's is the Dragon's the Speed car in the 21 it's Henrik Hedman in the 21 and the 55 car still being driven by Duncan Cameron but that's the fifth place GT car and perhaps more significantly for their LMP2s, former race leader, the Dragon Speed car is off with no longer a nose on that car. I think that's as a result of clattering the barrier. Ooh, that's a, a big, big hit. hit for Henrik Hedman. And Duncan Cameron goes in afterwards in the 55. But how did they end up there in the first place? Presumably there was contact or one car had a moment and the other goes off in sympathy. Full course yellow is coming in just a few moments' time to allow recovery here. Henrik Edmund had the door open that car very quickly. That is at turn ten. nine. Uh, well, nine and ten. Yes. They kind of uh, fall one after the other, and the yellow flags being displayed as a result. So it's not at scene, it's the next one round. And here are the cars now entering scene with the full course yellow now active. So this is like in effect a virtual safety car imagine that uh, there is a safety car out on track and everyone is um, told to go 60 kilometers per hour no faster no slower they all have a, a speed limiter in the car so it's a question of just pressing that button but sorry 80 kilometers per hour I should say rather than 60 and you're counted down to that moment so that uh, every car comes to a reasonable speed at the same time the last thing you want is one car slowing up and then cars behind not realizing what's going on they went off track a long way mm. and at high speed and the Ferrari showered with the debris from the, seven, from the 21 car and then hits the arm code to add insult to injury. We seem though at the moment to have only caught the back end of that incident so I'm not sure how the cars ended up there. Well that's going to allow uh, Floria pit stops in comes the 24 from the race lead Paul Petit 
having put in, by the way, the fastest first sector of the race before that incident happened. So it's Petit in. And well, Henrik Edmonds got that limp car back, isn't he? Surely can't get that car back. That was a big hit. Moved the barrier, didn't it? Under investigation, unsurprisingly, the incident between 21 and 55. They build these Orica 07s very strongly indeed. Well, they build them here. Actually, if you, if you well, this is a good over, advert, isn't it? Yeah, hop over the back fence, and uh, this is where this car was born. I'm afraid the uh, damage is so uh, sufficient, though, that it's broken the rear wing end plate too. So that rear wing... Well, that whole section comes off in one bit, so they could replace that. It'll obviously need a new nose as well. Is there more damage, though, more significant damage done underneath the skin to things like suspension, brake calipers and wishbones, things like that that aren't easily fixed? I'm sure it'll go up on the dollies. They'll be wheeled into the garage so that the Dragon Speed crew can start to fix that. Same cannot be said, though, for Duncan Cameron's car, which looks relatively straight compared to the prototype. I should but say, by the way, that Henry Kebman on the previous lap had put in the fastest third sector of the race. Mm. So we're certainly going at a decent speed. So, action-packed first couple of hours. We're five minutes away from half distance. And it's been thirsty work for many. We're a couple of pit stops in for the LMP2s, a single pit stop for the LMP3s. And this is an opportunity for many then to get a quick stop in, fill the tank, new set of boots potentially as well. But many congratulations to Henrik Hedman for limping this car back again. Reminiscent of some big incidents at Le Mans to see cars coming in minus a nose. It's Pierre Cather-like, this, it and the is. infamous run down the spa pit lane, the only difference being that Henrik's not on fire. <laughs> now, can he get it turned in? Uh, because, be obviously, there's very little steering for this car, and there's also a car parked in the bay as well. They're going to get it up on the internal jacks. The dollies will be slipped underneath, and now they'll be much more manoeuvrable. It's done big damage to the nose of that car. This is all carbon fibre, remember? Well, this is what it's designed to do, remember. this is, it's, it's designed to absorb the energy of an impact. It's exactly what that nose has done. Bang! That, that shifted the barrier substantially. And unfortunately for Duncan Cameron, it was the bit of barrier that he then hit. Yes. Yeah, so it's pushed a number of the struts that keep that arm cape barrier intact back, which might mean a prolonged full course yellow to get the barrier safe again they might even the marshals down there stick a couple of tyre stacks in front of the damaged area but they've got to make sure that if somebody else clatters into that barrier he doesn't push it back even further and the floppies are going to be reinserted as well these are fresh floppies I wonder whether that was the sort of thing that was picked up by um, the 31 quite possibly. On the race. quite possibly because remember it was Harrison Newey, wasn't it, running round with what we thought was a damaged dive plane, but turned out to be something that the car had picked up on the way around. The flatbed is now in attendance for the 55 car, and this will be a straight lift. It'll be a little time hit. There yeah. may be some barrier repair required there. I think you're probably right. The tyre marks are actually from the Ferrari, I think, just going straight on. And hopefully we'll be able to grab a word with either Duncan or Henrik or both to find out exactly how both of those cars ended up there another pit stop for the 25 
And that is Taksung Kim bringing the car in. Phil Hansen stopped for United Autosports, number 22. And Hedman we know about, but an awful lot of other cars have stopped as well, including Paul Petit for Racing Engineering. Andre Negraus back at the wheel of the Cinetech Alpine Matt Muck car. Nelson Pantiatici came in from third position for Duquesne Engineering and has stayed at the wheel. Henrik Shavs and Jose Gutierrez in for a quick stop as well. And they return to probably similar positions, fourth and fifth. We didn't, though, see a pit stop for Alexandra Imperatore, at least on that lap. He may have stopped a lap before, actually, for the 26 car, because he's also stopped now three times. LMP3 is headed by John Ferrano, so a new name in the RLR M Sport car as the... Safety car is out. Is that the safety car? That is, is the safety the circuit car. Vehicle? That's the safety car. Yeah, safety car boards are out. Uh, now, this hap, is... I have to say, by the way, because uh, we hadn't seen him, Duncan Cameron standing by the armco there Good. and seemingly absolutely fine. The reason why we're going safety car now rather than full course yellow is to get the field into a long line and therefore give the marshals opportunity to repair the barrier because even with cars going around at 80 kilometres per hour... That's not a safe environment for marshals to be straightening an Armco barrier. So if you get all the cars in one long line, what it does do, of course, is close all the gaps. So we're going to have a closer restart, but it also just creates a much better environment for marshals to repair this damaged wall at turns 9 and 10. So they're going to shuffle this order until the 24 car, which is just three cars back in the train, two now with the uh, inter-Europol car going by. There she is, behind the... Nefis by Speed Factory car. That will find its way behind the safety car. That could prove to be quite interesting in, some of the, in terms of where the order ends up. So it'll take us a lap or two to get this sorted to the point where we can reliably tell you what the race order is. But, uh, well, we are 30 seconds away from halfway in this race, Johnny Palmer. We are. And... It's, well, the gift that just keeps giving, unless you're Emmerich Hedman and Duncan Cameron. <laughs> Indeed. Safety car, now onto the Mistral, and this is an opportunity. Ah, it's got the leader. That's the 24. So now everyone else will stack up behind Paul Petit. And I reckon 24 is now ahead of something like the 28 car, which is way down the order. So... This is a great opportunity to half distance then to look back at all the various incidents of the first race of the year for the 2018 European Le Mans series. It was a busy start and it's remained busy ever since, really. 45 cars taking the start here at Le Castellet, just east of Marseille in the south of France. And they got stuck in very early on indeed. That was Harrison Newey receiving a bit of punishment through the first sequence of corners. He picked up a floppy marker board as a result. Jop van Outert, the star of the show in the LMP3 category, quickly getting the RLR M Sport car to the front of the order. And this was battling between M Racing and the Ultimate crew. Slipping through there. Oh, an incident for Jean Gloria for DKR Engineering, sadly putting the number eight car out of the race. This is what happened. A glancing blow. That's all it took from an LMP2 car. And then spearing the eight into a... Quite a spin. He went round a couple of times before clouting the barrier. There have been mechanical dramas for the ultimate number 17 car. Jean-Baptiste Lehay was at the wheel. That car's now back in the race, but way, way down. An off-track moment for Mike Wainwright, and he nearly ran into the side of Harrison Newey then as well in the same incident. 
Mike was being hassled and harangued by Liam Griffin in the JMW Motorsport Ferrari. Side-by-side action here between Duquesne and the Viloba Corsa car, and they spun in synchronised spinning style out of turn 10. Also, there was nearly contact there for Liam Griffin, who took way too much kerb, and the 66 Ferrari spun as a result. He was trying to make a move on Duncan Cameron, and eventually that move was done. After a great drive, actually, from Liam Griffin, eventually that car got handed over to Alex McDowell. This was a big moment for the race leader of the time, Nicola Lapierre, front left Michelin tyre going down. Nicola suggesting it might have been as a result of debris after quite a bit of contact in the opening hour and a half and the tyre was badly cut and losing air Porsches side by side Ben Barker taking the class lead then and uh, ducking underneath Giorgio Roda for the GTE honours sadly shortly after that the 86 car would grind to a halt that was a big off-track moment as well for the 23 Panes Bartes competition car with Tim Bouret at the wheel this car the Norman Natto driven machine and then handed over to Paul Petit has led the race until recently and still is there in fact the 86 this is that car slowing down at turn 6 and Giorgio Roda coming out of the final corner continues to lead the GTEs although is currently in the pits for a scheduled stop and this is the reason why we're now under safety car conditions a huge accident for Henrik Hedman and Duncan Cameron where the fault lies there, we can't tell you because I'm not sure how those cars ended up being spear, uh, ended up spearing off the track to the left and into the barrier at turn nine. But it's meant big damage for Henrik Hedman's Dragon Speed Orica and Duncan Cameron's Ferrari is there, as you can see, sitting on the back of a flatbed. So we're under the safety car, under two hours to go. So more than halfway through this four hours of Le Castellet here at the circuit. Paul Ricard, opening round of the 2018 European Le Mans series, and it's not been short on drama, as you've just seen over the last uh, moment or two with Johnny Palmer and those first half highlights. The 55 car is now behind the barrier. We'll wait to see whether or not the uh, there is going to be a need for barrier repairs as well. It looks to me as if there might well be. Yeah, and I think the fact that we are circulating behind the safety car would emphasise that fact. Here we go. Here's the repair crew. Oh, no, they're, what they're trying to do is put the remnants of Henrik Hedman's car in the back of their boot. It's a, it's citron, a, bit of a ca- citron cactus. So uh, I'm not sure they're going to man- manage that. The front somehow. end of an oracle not going to fit. Unless it uh, protrudes slightly and they're going to run round with the boot hatch open. But that barrier still requiring quite a bit of repair, as you can see. Safety car coming around for at least one more lap. So let's get an update from Charlie in the pits. Yeah, I'm down at Dragon Speed with Ben Hanley. First of all, Ben, that was a big off for Henrik. Is he okay? Yeah, he seems to be okay. Um, The car's a bit too much damage for us to be able to repair it. Um, So, yeah, there's... Yeah, we we don't have the time to repair it now during the race, so... That's it for us, but up until then it was a, a really strong strong stint by Nico at the beginning and then Henrik was doing a great job, but unfortunately there was contact. You know, we didn't see the start of we just saw the end like like you have done on the on the T V screen. So yeah, it's a shame because we were we were running pretty strong, so yes, yeah, that's it for us unfortunately. So you're not exactly sure what happened to cause it? No, I didn't No, I couldn't I could we, we we just saw what you saw on the on the T V so not sure how it happened but he def- definitely got a big contact 
on like the side of our car. So, yeah, I think it's just a case of we've not been seen. Uh, yeah, that's the only thing I can think of, really. So, Okay, thanks, Ben. Well, the incident is under investigation, and as Ben says, we've only got that footage to call it by, and it's very tricky from that perspective, but rest assured... Eduardo Freitas and the rest of his crew will have many different, many other angles to view it from, from various locked off CCTV cameras in some cases around this Paul Ricard circuit. So they will be reviewing the incident. They'll have onboards potentially as well that they can call upon. And the incident is under investigation. So I'm sure there'll be a decision made, whether that's in one direction or the other, or indeed it might be a no further action. Here's the Porsche that Ben Barker was driving. Is he been trying to do some on the spot no, repairs? I've, I've been watching one of the CCTV cameras we've got uh, kind of intimate access to here, and he has been trying to repair that car, Ben Barker. Uh, so let's wait and see. I think it may be beyond. Uh, the fact that that's not been sec- as secured as it otherwise would be. It, there's no urgency there from Ben, is there? So And don't fear, that's not Ben looking for the engine in that end, by no. the way. I no. think, you know, he's, he's been m- driving Porsches for long he enough. He may be a racing know. driver, he's marginally cleverer than that. <laughs> yes. Although I have to say, for the first time, did see one of the, eight, the 911 RSRs with the rear bodywork taken off. And it is an extraordinary sight. See a 911, you can't see the engine at no. all. No. Behind a bulkhead, way in the middle of the car. It's not a small move for that uh, flat six. Fabulous piece of engineering, that car. And I would imagine mechanics that work for teams like Proton and Golf Racing, who've been working on Porsches for years and years, I mean, that's a, it's a recalibration of their brain that is required as well, just to know how the thing operates and how to fix it if it goes wrong. But uh, the way Ben was looking in the front of the car then, under the nose cover, that suggests it's more of an electrical issue and maybe just trying to find the ECU reset button. Ah, tyre bales That's what they're going to do. have arrived. So they're not going to repair the barrier, they're going to protect it with tyre bales. Yeah. That's a smart move. And uh, I'm now reminded of your uh, story, one of the stories on DSC from earlier on in the week, saying that the wind was that strong at one point. They weren't tyre bales. They ah. did look like it. It was, okay. uh, they were kind of, they were, yeah, we, we did have a day where the, the wind here was, well, not a million miles less than hurricane force to be honest with you and the fear was because a bale of something ended up in the pit lane entry row didn't it and several several of the the kind of protective bales they're kind of I guess half a container like yes uh, but they are uh, crushable deformable barriers okay uh, but we're blowing down the start finish straight so they're now going to do that's a good way of getting on go back in the shape just reverse it it back in there yes (laughs) Some power to that uh, Manitou, the 4x4. So the guy on board that uh, machine just reversed into the Armco. That straightened it up very nicely. And it will now have tyre bales possibly put either side of the Armco to give it some rigidity for the rest of the race. You'd like to hope that the Paul Ricard Circuit Insurance Company weren't watching that head of the claim they got on Monday morning for the Manitou. Got a dent. Yes, true. In the car park and they just, they just, they just drove away. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure that's in any of the handbooks, but it, it works and it's quick as well. So I have to say, it's spectacularly good here at Paul Ricard. But, uh, you were saying actually earlier about the uh, the number of angles that uh, Eduardo Freitas and Co have got to look at this. Remember, the heritage of this circuit is a test track. Huge number of cameras here, like a UK shopping centre. One hour and fifty-one minutes to go, and. 
The racing engineering car in the hands of Paul Petit leads the race. Andre Negrau second for Signatec Alpine Matmut. The 36 car to Ken Engineering with Nelson Panziatici at the wheel of their 29 Orica third. Then the AVF by Adrian Valles car. Enric Chavez fourth in their number 30 to Lara. Jose Gutierrez in the 40. There's the Graf Racing Energy Drive Racing Car. Alexander Imperatori in the TDS Racing Energy Drive Racing Car. Then TDS in the hands of Luke Deval. That's uh, there's three Oricas in a row then, down to seventh position. Paul Lafargue, I think we had in the Heat Exports. 28, Orica. And then the APR Rebellion Racing, Ryan Cullen in the 31. Rounding out the top ten, it's the 49, Delara, Dennis Anderson now aboard the high-class racing car. That's your top ten in uh, P3. Well, before you do give us the LMP3 order, we may have an opportunity of shedding a bit more light on the incidents involving the Ferrari and the Dragon Speed car. Here's Matt Griffin from the 55 crew. Yeah, I'm down at Spirit of Race with Matt, who is the teammate of Duncan Cameron, who's involved in that incident. Um, we couldn't see really what happened apart from the back end of that. Do you have any more information on that? Not really, just the, just the info we got from Duncan that he said he was hit, uh, I think hit, hit in the right rear by the LMP2 car. Um, obviously, it's disappointing we're, we're out of the race. It was, it was a tough race, but our strategy was on point and Duncan had been doing a great job. Um, it, it's disappointing. I think, you know, also, that, that particular LMP2 car had had a problem earlier in the race, so it's way down the order. So, when a car is, is way down the order, really, it should be a bit more circumspect and a bit give a bit more margin, I think, to, to cars. But uh, we don't really know what happened, only that Duncan said he was hit and our race is over. So, uh, not the way we wanted to start the season, but uh, Spirit Race is a great team. We've got a good uh, driver lineup, and we'll just push on a Monza. And Duncan's okay? Yeah, yeah, he's fine. Um, we were trying to get the car going, but for some reason uh, he couldn't find reverse. I don't know if the car was stuck in the barrier. So, um, you know, even if we could have got the car back, repaired it and got back out and scored some points, it would have been a bit of a consolation. Um, unfortunately, in this championship, when you have like six races, uh, a DNF really hurts you um, going forward in the championship. But uh, we'll, ju we'll just knuckle down, get our heads down and try and come back at Monza. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, Matt Griffin putting a brave face on things. I remember speak, speaking to him at the back end of last year saying, God, you know, we had a really good car through 2017. We just didn't have the luck. And as he says, one DNF, that's your chance of scoring, say, 18 or 15 points gone. And then it's, it takes a real lot of coming back from that. Uh, I'll take issue with Matt on one thing and one thing only. I, 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 I hold his opinion dear on most things. Dragon Speed were not way down the order. They were right up at the cutting edge of it. They did have that, uh, that problem, but uh, Nico Lapier managed to get that car back and back out uh, in pretty good order. So they were still there battling second or third position, I think, at the time of that incident, yeah. way up. Well, yeah, it was, it was third because the Cinetech car had just got by uh, Hedman. So, yeah, certainly it was a car in contention, and Henrik Hedman was pedalling as fast as he could to make sure he stayed in the hunt and... As I say, so was the 55 as well. I mean, there wasn't a mo moment to lose for either of those cars. And sadly, they've met each other and big style. The safety car is going to come in at the end of this lap, Graham. It is indeed. It's, this is the point where we should be telling people the net effect of this. Because safety cars are pretty unusual nowadays in uh, international 
uh, endurance racing. One major change is in the order for LMP3. John Ferrano is now aboard the car as we go back to green, the 15 car that leads the race, I believe has a lap on the field as a result of that, was in the right place to rejoin the pack. And I think uh, RRM Sport has just been given an absolutely massive bonus with that. It's a similar thing. Josh Barrett just noticing the same on Twitter, by the way, with the top three in the GTE class. Now headed, by the way, by JMW Motorsports. Uh, Liam Griffin back at the wheel of the car. Giorgio Roda is now second. Raymond Narak third. And that, that change will have happened in the pits, I believe. But those three now a lap ahead of the second Proton car and Nick Johnson in the only other non-delayed uh, GTE car because there are problems with three of those GTE cars, two of which would appear to be out of the race. The other thing that the RLR car has in its uh, favour is that it's done three stops and that might have been an extra stop under the safety car to uh, just give it a bit more fuel. But if they burned their second time stop there, that is a big advantage. Yes, it is. So yes. they are now at a minute and 44 seconds, confirmed on timing and scoring ahead of John Falb in the chasing number two car. The full course yellow speeds on investigation, almost our traditional uh, <laughs> part of the uh, post-safety car game. So Ferrano from Falb, from, uh, it's Kevin Burlow in the Euro International car, leaping up the order in the number 11 Euro International car, but correct, Johnny... Uh, just about every car behind the lead car in LMP3 has done two stops. Yes, and uh, there's nothing to say you can't uh, uh, use up one of your longer stops in LMP3 under a safety car. What happened here? This was a 30 side, car having to car. dart across the kerb and that having... Was, that, was, that was contact with the 12 Euro yeah. International car with Andrea Dromedari. Henrik Schav's doing the driving in the number 30 car. He's um, third at the moment and looking to make progress. That, uh, that He's been really helped by uh, that safety car period. He is now 12 seconds off the lead, going very quickly indeed. But he's got Nelson Panziatici right behind him in the Duquesne engineering car. So there's Schav's in the uh, red and white car with a Delara just in front as well. The 35, not on the lead lap. No, they had some time in the pits, S&P Racing. Um, the, during that uh, that safety car period, racing engineering being away uh, with Paul Petit getting away eight seconds to the good from the safety car team. Out of seven goes the race leader Paul Petit. Eight point five seconds is the lead for the racing engineering car. Then on lap seventy one, it's the fourth car in the train. Is the second place car in the race? We've got two lapped cars in between, both LMP two cars. That looks like one of the Hedex Sport cars and then the 31 car with Ryan Cullen aboard. But the fourth car in the train, the deep blue, Alpine blue car with the white roof, is the 36 car of Andre Negrau pushing on now. So it's a ch driver change as well aboard that car. Expect Will Stevens to be very fast as well in the number 23 Panes Bartis competition car. There it is. As off, go, off the track goes That's the Henrik 30. Schabs. Now, is that because he's pushed too hard or was the damage from that side-to-side -side contact? That's the Decane Engineering car looking to make hay there and get up into third place in the hands of Nelson Panciatici, and I think he's going to do that. Looks to be steering from the rear, that Chavs car. I now, don't it think might, it's, it's... It might be a puncture. It's not, uh, I'm not suggesting it's a broken suspension, but it's not a happy car, no. though. And obviously going that far off, it might just be a load of muck and grime that uh, Henrik has picked up going so wide. He goes to the right, he does, he's going to the pits mm. from, from fourth position. 
So damage, it would appear to be costing the number 30 car a chance at a, f- a run to the front here. So Pantiatici now up to third place in that dark uh, blue and black Duquesne engineering car. At that point, by the way, Johnny, we had three of the top four cars were debutant teams for the European Le Mans series with racing engineering leading the way. Then Cyclotech Alpine, a double championship winning team in ELMS, but returning just as a guest car here. Duquesne Engineering, certainly debutants in LMP2 rather than the championship, yeah. my apologies. And then um, we had the AVS Point Adrian Valles car. So it's been a topsy-turvy race. Two G-Drive racing cars are together. Remember, they're not from the same teams, though. From the G-Drive backing... And the 40 leads the 26. They're 2.2 seconds from one another. It's Jose Gutierrez in the fourth-place car. It's Alex Imperatore in the fifth-place, number 26. Loic Duval keeping out of trouble. And this is a drama for the 25 car of Taksung Kim. Algarve Pro Racing Machine slowing on the outside of turn uh, turn three, that is, or turn five, rather. So that is uh, quick corners that all fall 3, 4 and 5 and that was an off-track moment for high-class racing's yep. Delara as well as the 35 car goes by that is 11th position it's gone there there's Izakian by the way going very quickly indeed at the moment making good time up heading towards the top 10 well Stevens quicker still though and looking to close in on Ryan Cullen in the second of the APR cars the uh, APR Rebellion 31 Orica Back across the line goes Nelson Pantiatici doing a 144.3. The car immediately ahead of him, Andre Negrau, is quicker on that lap, but Paul Petit being reeled in by the two of them. Jose Gutierrez for G-Drive Racing. The graphic version is in fourth place, and then Alex Imperatori, the other G-Drive car, still in fifth. What's happening in GTE? Here's your race leader, JMW Motorsports Ferrari, but right behind is Gianluca Roda. That's Giorgio Roda now, I think, isn't it? Uh, it, was Gian, it was Giorgio for a spell, but the timing screen tends to say G. Roda Jr. Yeah, when right. Giorgio's at the wheel. As Giorgio got, as Gianluca got back in. It must have happened at the last stint. We've still got Matteo Cairoli to come, remember, and in the JMW Motorsport Ferrari. Miguel Molina. I've heard of him. He's quite quick. He's reasonably quick. So across the line, those two cars go and Ferrari leading Porsche despite Porsche looking to be the dominant car here at Ricard during the testing earlier on this week and free practice and qualifying Ferrari against all odds lead but Gianluca Roda making a menace of himself right behind Griffin right getting back up to speed in LMP3 by the way there has been a significant change John Falber's dropped behind Kay Van Berlo so the number 11 year international car is up to second the real advantage because that 148 or 145 I quoted was immediately after the safety car. It's a minute and 15, and it is coming down, and coming down quickly. Last time around, John Ferrano with a 159, that followed a 158, but I think it's 155 and a 154 from Kay Van Berlo to 10 seconds in the last two laps, taken out of the advantage, the lead advantage for RLRM Sports. RLR still have uh, Rob Garafel to come in that car, but John, uh, John Ferrano pushing as hard as he possibly can to retain the advantage We've got Taksung Kim over to driver's left at the end of the Mistral, making his way back towards the pits off the racing surface. 
Yeah, remember Taksung had had a moment at turn five as here comes the Euro Interpol car trying to slot up the inside there of the second placed GTE machine and that gap was closing and closing and the Inter-Europol competition machine wasn't able to get through in the end. Just trying to work out whether that's the 13 or the 14 car that is pursuing these two GT machines. It's the 13. So Martin Hipper at the wheel of that now, having taken over from his teammate Kubis Michowski. So Liam Griffin keeping the Ferrari in the yellow and the black and the red colours of JMW Motorsport as wide as possible here. Out of 14 they go and across the line. Gianluca Roda trying to force a very slight error, not forthcoming at the moment. And confirmed both by Stephen Kilby and the Duchess of Dunlop that uh, it is indeed Gianluca back in the car, goes to the lead of the GT race. Mm. Cracky move there, late on the brakes into turn one, gets it done properly through turn two. And Liam Griffin playing the long game here, I'm sure. Didn't want to be held up too much by being over-defensive. The race will come back to the Ferrari as the rest of these, uh, well, just over an hour and a half uh, unfold. We're at an hour and 37 to go in the opening race of the ELMS. Yeah, and Bremen Nerak, by the way, just a couple of seconds behind this battle and closing on Liam Griffin as well. Two G-Drive cars together, 26 ahead of 40. This is the battle for fourth between Alexander Imperatori. I think it's just gone by. He yes. has Jose Gutierrez. Correct. So the TDS pedal car, head of the Graf pedal car, the two TDS cars, by the way, G-Drive car in fourth. Luke Duval is pushing on really hard and is closing on this pair in the sixth place 33 car, the WC guest guesting car. Should be in shot, actually. There he is. Just a corner or two behind this battle. And the ex-Audi factory driver, Audi factory driver, um, still pushing very, very hard indeed. 143.2 for Loic last time, and 147.0 for Gutierrez, 145.7 for Imperatori. Alexander Imperatori, who said earlier in the broadcast, do you only need to do this race for this team? Coming in for Jean Leclerc, who I believe is set to race for the remainder of the European Le Mans series with the team. Tom Kim, now the tricky part, getting across the pit lane. Oh, he's managed it. He did that beautifully, actually. Yes, and despite the battle for GTs going across the line, is that Griffin behind now the EB Motors car as well? Yes, it is. It is. So Raymond Narak got in, got ahead for EB Motors. It's a Porsche 1-2 again with the JMW Motorsport Ferrari down to third. Taksum King of Korea comes down pit road then and Stuart Cox's team, Algarve Pro Racing, ready and waiting for that machine way off track there for Dennis Anderson at the wheel of the high class racing car Dennis currently 14th in the number 49 car that uh, was started you'll remember by Anders Fjordback his long time driving partner down towards turn one comes the 32 car which has at the wheel now Wayne Boyd now that's not a battle for position although he is being caught by Imperatori indeed it's going to be a second drive-through penalty of the race for the number 47 car speeding in the pit lane Giorgio Senegiotto will be serving that penalty Stuart Cox and friends attending to the 25 Alexandra Cunha is rocking and rolling I notice in the 39 car 12th position but that's the fastest 
uh, lap for that car in the Another race so car far. Way off the 27 this car this time. Refettled, of course. Now they've uh, got the rear engine cover back from orbit from the 27. The original item blowing off in fine fashion oh. on the Mistral. That was William Cavallez sharing with Patrice Lafargue and Eric Maurice for this season. There's your race leader, Racing Engineering and Paul Petit, the red and white, uh, red and yellow car, I should say. Out of 13 into 14, it goes and powers its way through the gears once more to complete 76 laps. 3.2 seconds behind, though, Andre Negrau. So Negrau keeping Petit honest here. Nelson Pantitici trying to get through the traffic as quick as possible to be up with the two leaders. Briefly on board there with Liam Griffin, third place in GTE, chasing down Gianluca Roda and Raymond Narak, but remember has recently lost that second place to the dark blue EB Motors Porsche. Into turn three goes Andre Negrau, who is catching the race leader, Paul Petit. The gap's now down to two and a half seconds as he heads out of turn five and into six and seven. The red and yellow car of Racing Engineering. There's the second place car. First to second time, this time at three seconds with, thankfully now for Paul Petit, a bit of clear air ahead. He's got to his right, Henrik Chavs, who was on the lead lap a minute ago. It feels like a minute ago, but he had an off-track moment. He had to come down pit road and... Oh, very nearly goes off the lead lap, not quite. Paul Petit, I thought, was just ahead, but that was the foreshortening of the camera down at Scene Bend. I think a pretty fired up Eric Chavs as the 25 car back out from the pit carriage. And they get that car underway. So Cox stalks back into the carriage. A bit of a think about what's been gone for the last few minutes. Through turn 12 goes Paul Petit. He has right behind now the 28 car. So it's the 30 and the 28 that are on the same lap here. And the race leaders got caught between them. So Shavs versus Paul Lafargue for Hedex Sport. 30 and 28. They are battling over 7th and 8th positions. And kind of not where he wants to be here. Paul Petit would much rather be clear of this traffic although Shavs is very fast in that Dallara should really be paying Paul Petit a little bit of respect yeah, here because there's some lapry necessary and the Grau is coming yes, and the Grau is, is just two cars back Shavs off the road I think a little bit angry Shavs probably right frustrated knowing how quick the car underneath him is so again a new team the Adrian Vias run AVF and now sweeping around in the background is the 28 car which is trying to get ahead of uh, Shavs remember so that's uh, Paul Lafargue oh, meanwhile ultimate. more drama for the 17 ultimate machine looking for an opportunity to rejoin and this was yeah a bit of a kiss on the side from the 26 so off the road again and at turn three in fact, uh, they might have even avoided some contact there, but the Norma having to take evasive action. So, at the wheel of the 17, way, way down, we know now, is Francois Herriot. Top two, nose to tail, with an hour and a half to go. It's Paul Petit against Andre Negrau. 
0.388 of a second when they cross the line with Panciatici less than 10 seconds behind this pair now the ground with the Dayglow yellow helmet in the colours of Brazil and he heads then out of turn 14 has to take evasive action around the Euro International LMP3 car and over the line goes the 36 and now they've got some clear air ahead of them can Paul Petit get the speed out of the 24 car under the ground? We know he's super, super quick in this Orica 07 slash Alpine A470. Top five cars, six cars, by the way, separated by under 25 seconds. Petit from the ground, you can see. Eight seconds back now, Panciatici. A further 12 seconds, 13 seconds back, Imperatori. With Gutierrez two seconds further back. And a second and a half back from that, Loic Duval their way out of turn seven and down the Mistral straight for the 79th time and we now have exactly 90 minutes to go of the first race of the year of the 2018 European Le Mans series Graham Goodwin of DailySportsCar.com and Johnny Palmer enjoying very much the first race here at Le Castellet at Paul Ricard in the south of France change not quite that was the 28 trying to draw alongside and get past the 30 from AVF well he did at the timing point but yeah. by the time we got to the breaking point or on the turning in point here and it changed back again yeah that uh, happens quite often actually and the two judged to be separated by one thousandth of a second at the end of sector two which is about two thirds of the way down the back straight here the Mistral but into scene, it was decided in the favour of AVF. Oh, a little bit uh, slow through the mid-corner there, purely because there was a United Autosports LMP3 car in the way of Paul Petit. When I say in the way, as politely as possible, I mean that, because the LMP3's got to be somewhere. It doesn't carry quite as much mid-corner speed as these LMP2s. That, I think, was John Fowle, although it might have been Tony Wells. Still trying to tell those two, the, the two and the three apart. I think it's the two, though, with the red it's the two. visor. It yeah, the two. so it was John Fowl. Uh, Duval, by the way, up to fifth position. He's gone by Gutierrez as they cross the line, in fact. Both camps looking relatively chilled, actually. Racing engineering and Cinetech Alpine enjoying this fight. Out of the little kink onto the Mistral straight they go. 28, by the way, has got by the AVF car now. That will be for seventh position. The far ahead of Chavez. And they're being caught by Will Stevens. Both of these leading cars on Dunlop tyres, by the way. An awful lot of pickup has already appeared on the exit of scene corner those marbles the blobs of rubber which you really do not want to be running over because they offer zero grip the racing line is very clean indeed just a marginal lock up there from Paul Petit and the Andre de Grau Orica just looks a little bit more pointy I would suggest Somewhat more manoeuvrable, maybe, at this phase of the race for Sinutech. A spin for the Euro International entry, number 12. It's the 11 car that's far better placed in the order. That's Andrea Dromadari in the 12th, though, who has to recover quickly. The 11 car going about its business very quietly, but always tends to do well in the opening couple of stints. 
in yep. LMP3. That's thanks in part to Giorgio Mondini, but now Kevin Berlo of the Netherlands has taken that car over. It's just a two-driver combo. Catching the leader yeah. uh, under a minute. So I think all things taken into consideration, the real gap at the end of the safety car was around the 1 minute 20, 1 minute 25. It's taken around 30 seconds out of John Ferrano in the early part of this green flag running since then. Paul Petit doing a fine defensive job here against uh, the talents of André de Grau. Meanwhile, Nelson Pantitici continues to lap, well, at least on that occasion, faster than the two leaders. I think the ground, Pantitici's pace will be similar. Paul Petit generally can't live with the speed of the car behind him, but, as you say, stout defence, 0.4 of a second, that time through the sector split down the Mistral straight. Significant news of the pleasant variety for racing engineering. That's a pit stop penalty. We're going to get an extra 10 seconds, remember, on their pit stop. Has been cancelled by the stewards. So appealed and rejected, it would seem to be. As the cars reach turn 12, with more P2 traffic to deal with, but the driver of... 27, I think. 27, that would make sense. The heat export entered to the gentleman yep. combination. And car 27 currently being driven by I'm struggling now to uh, oh there it is uh, it's still Cavaiers yep. but unfortunately on page 2 of the timing screen that's why I was having trouble locating it 18th position and behind De Jong's Algarve Pro Racing machine two cars at close quarters there was LMP2 on LMP3 that was Alex Capardia taking over from young mm. Christian Olsen another addition to the ACO Rules family this year young Danish driver that likes Capardia moving across Marl RM Sport this year in ELMS stays with them for the Michelin Le Mans Cup that car running in 8th position at the moment and Alex rapidly catching Martin Hipper in the 13 into Europol Matevos Izakian doing a good job in the number 35 SMP racing car the 81 laps now completed by Paul Petit, still fending off Andre Negrau's approaches. Let's get some word now from Proton Competition down with Charlie George. Yeah, I'm down here with Giorgio Roda. Giorgio, your first race in the Porsche looks to be going very well so far. Yeah, so far so good. I received the car P1 and uh, I ended P1. It was a bit confusing at the end due to the safety car, but uh, still, uh, still good. We are now leading the LMGT category, so so far so good. Now we're more used to seeing you in the Ferrari. How different are the two cars? Uh, uh, the big difference is that uh, there is a great peak with Porsche at the beginning, and then there is a big degradation with the tires, so you have to manage the tires from the beginning to the end of the stint, but still uh, we were able to do that, so all good. Now after qualifying, Matteo said he hasn't been feeling very well this weekend. Is he okay today? Yep. He's feeling uh, a bit better. He took uh, some medicine due to some fever, but uh, we hope he will be really in shape for the last stint. Thank you. Thank you. Now that a good night's sleep has helped Matteo as well, and a little bit of medication, as Giorgio Roda describes. There's the overtake for Gianluca Roda then on the Ferrari of Liam Griffin at the time, and Ferrari number 66 
still third behind Raymond Narak's EB Motors Porsche but it's the 911 of Proton Competition that leads the way the sister car 77 driven by Christian Reed is fifth and Nick Johnson doing a good job in the Crone Racing Ferrari now he's got that 83 car up to fourth place one light flashing on the Cinetech Alpine car that runs in second position that's Andre Negrau I don't think actually flashing the lights it might be just a the sticky front right turn light cluster there so may have to address that in the next pit stop perhaps well often if a light is faulty they just replace the whole nose section which solves it absolutely top five all of the 144s last time around changes to a little lower in the top 10 so when Stevens goes by Rick Chavez in the AVF car Panis Bartes back up to eighth Zakian now all over the back of the AVF car that does seem to have lost pace since that scuffle uh, a few laps ago Johnny. Paul Petit moving around an awful lot in the cockpit of that car as it uh, heads through turn 14, changing down the gears, an indication of how much g-force is at play there as well as the car slows the camera gives us um, it, it doesn't quite relay how much of a hard stop into turn 14 that is and indeed slowing for turns 1 and 2 quite dramatic as well there are tenths of seconds between the two leaders as uh, Andre Negrau thought about a move there at the inside of Paul Petit, who was just a bit off the apex. It wasn't a car's width, but maybe half a car. That's all Andre Negrau needs as an invitation. Half a second is the margin between the two leaders in the first round of the year of the European Le Mans series. And as these two play with one another... The Duquesne Engineering Nelson Pantiatici driven car is there in the background. The black and dark blue car certainly closing. Nelson putting in that car's best lap of the race last time around, a 142.5. The Frenchman's coming. Uh, as indeed are Alexander Imperatore and Loic Duval, fourth and fifth place. Not perhaps catching Pantiatici, but they are catching the leaders quicker uh, that time around. Will Stevens as well. He is increasingly rapid here. He's been taking time out of the 28 car ahead. Lafarge, I think, has had the hurry-up call. The 28 car quicker last time around. But, uh, Will Stevens, I think, is going to get to the stage where there might well be an opportunity to unlap himself here. Yep. Not down in eighth position because of. One or two issues during Tim Bure's stint, including a big off at scene corner between eight and nine, in fact. And that car is trying to recover now with Will Stevens at the wheel. The safety car procedure, which uh, all happened because of barrier damage done at turns uh, nine and ten, that is now under investigation, I read. And a nice little battle developing for third place in LMP3 as well with Nicola Ferrer. Just four-tenths of a second off the back of John Falb. I think that's possibly John being caught rather than having recently got past that position. And a brief glimpse of John Ferrano as well in the LMP3 race lead. Let's get an update from Henrik Hedman down, uh, down at Dragon Speed with Charlie. Yeah, I'm back down at Dragon Speed. Henrik, we're, we're still trying to decipher what happened there with that accident. Um, can you give us any more on that? Yeah... I was coming into sink corner and I had the uh, Ferrari in front of me, but he was far ahead of me, so I could keep 
full speed through same corner, so I got a perfect exit. I just went on the inside, like I normally do, and uh, clearly ahead he just hits me on the side. Uh, I think he didn't see me and just turned in like he normally does. Cause, uh, and it's unfortunate. We had a great race going, and I'm just glad that both of us are okay. And, you know, for sure it was not on purpose or anything like that. And, and I'm committed to the inside, and looking at the car, his front wheel is touching, coming on to our car right under my front door. So I just think he didn't see me. I don't know. I'm going to go and talk to him after the race. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, it all seems sort of amicable. Obviously, we've got two damaged race cars, thankfully not two damaged drivers, but uh, some understanding there from Henrik Hedman, who has raced Ferraris in the past, we should point out, Ferrari Challenge. So, uh, And the visibility out the back of these Ferraris, notoriously pretty bad, but, you know, without actually seeing the incident. Either way, Henrik will not be happy about the involvement, not saying not unhappy with Duncan Cameron, I think not unhappy about the, the consequences there. Look, whatever else, he is, you know, he is a non-professional driver, but he's a gentleman. Yes. You know, he wants to do this cleanly. That was the, the clearly no intent by either of those guys involved there. No. I think it looks to me like a racing incident, one of those things. And it does show, doesn't it, particularly when you're able to carry that speed through somewhere like C, which is horrendously rapid in an MP2 car. You can't do that in a GT car. And it may just have been at that point that, uh, that Duncan Cameron was surprised by how much speed the Dragon Speed, the 21 car, could carry through. Yes. Yeah, just never, never even thought that Henrik Hedman would be able to get to the apex quicker than him. What we need now, if possible, is Duncan's side of the story. And I'm sure, if necessary, then uh, the guys in race control will have a word with both drivers as well to get their take on it. Kudos to Paul Petit here. This is a good defensive drive from Paul Petit. He's fending off Andre Negrau in fine style here. Still got Olivier Pla to go in this car, remember. Makes the way through what was a snarling little pack of LMP3 cars, the, the, the duo there, in more or less in exactly the same order as they, they approached them. So Paul Petit having a great drive here. Still less than a second last time through, just over a second as they cross the line. So Paul Petit just grabs a few tenths there from that. But, uh, keeping an eye on those cars looking to try potentially to unlap themselves. Mateo Sizakian, by the way, has managed to pass the AVF car now. So that car that had been in contention, even possibly for the lead, has dropped down to ninth position. And is not able to maintain those lap times, I think, carrying a problem. That 30 car. Louis Duval is pitting. Just uh, in the background over to the left there, you can see his pit crew about to welcome the number 33 car in. That's TDS Racing. And also Jose Gutierrez choosing to pit on this, the 80, well, the end of the 86th lap. There's John Ferrano for RLR M Sports. This car started by Jot van Utert of the Netherlands. You can see the Utert branding on the side of that car as well. They make really fast racing drivers in the Utzerts yes, factory. Yes, I think that's clear. Nice paint job on that car, though, for RLR this season. Yeah. And we will be uh, seeing Rob Gar- Garifall, of we course, will. before the end of the race. So they've decided to put the quicker driver in to start, the bronze driver in to finish. And Euro International's Kevan Berlo is also closing in. Now 43 and a half seconds. So that gap's certainly coming down between Ferrano and Van Berlo. So Petit and the Grout continues 
Well, still at massive pace. Nelson Panciatici is closing on them. It's something like three and a half seconds back from Petit now. And in the chasing pack, the Will Stevens Mateus Zakian battle is now for seventh position, with Zakian catching last time around Will Stevens a little. The gap, by the way, uh, on track to the next car up. This is Enzo Gibert. He's leaving the pits now. It's over a minute between Gibert and uh, Will Stevens. Stevens off the lead lap, courtesy, I think, for the most part of that safety car. Panis Bartes, of course, had that dramatic off spin off to the outside, but uh, recovered. So it is one, two, three, four, five are all still the various dramas. Orica chassis mm. and and six. Some movement at racing engineering. I notice this is about right. Yeah. So the leader is due to make the next stop, and Cinetech Alpine's new driver also preparing himself. That's got to be Pietieri because it's only a two-driver squad, of course. Here. Yes, good point. So, Negrau out, Pierre Thierrier in. Now, Will Racing Engineering have learned a little from their earlier experiences. Remember, they lost a few seconds in their earlier pit stops to their nearest competitors. Could this be the key moment? You can't make it to the end from here, by the way. These uh, P2s generally do about 40 minutes on a stint, so it's going to have to be a splash to get them through the final. Now... Only one comes to the pit lane. Through okay. into the lead goes the Signetic Alpine. Another lap before we see Pierre Thierrier. But Paul Petit, it is down pit lane now. Together with that, uh, Nelson Panciatici, Andrea Pizzitola, by the way, has jumped aboard the 26 car after its latest pit stop. It's the G-Drive car from TDS. So in and tyres being changed, the car being fueled, and there's a driver change taking place as well, so Petit clambering out, Oli Pla in. Yep, it will be Racing Engineering's Ginger Ninja, Oli Pla climbs aboard. So, an hour and 12 left on the clock and therefore it's going to be something like a 30 minute stint they'll have to do at the end of this 40 or 45 minute effort, so not quite a splash and dash, it's going to be a significant amount of fuel, that for, ooh, the tear-off slight drama there the man on the uh, nose of the car actually pulling two tear-offs off by accident but that's fine didn't actually cost them a great deal of time and some quick thinking from the gentleman involved so that car's back on its way Oli Pla at the wheel of the racing engineering machine with Andre Negrau still driving the 36 that's due in imminently too another one minute eight second stop so Alfonso the moment happy with the efforts of his crew John Falb in the number two car for United Autosports leading teammate Tony Wells by the best part of half a minute the 19 car though is battling John for position in fact Ferrer is in leader in the pits and here comes yes the 36 car big pump Ferrer stayed out John Falb stayed out but the 36 car comes down pit road to be serviced and it is Andre Negrau out Pierre Thierrier clambering on board. So it will be Pierre Thierrier versus Oli Pla versus Nico Yaman. 
Andrea Pizzitola. Mathieu Vazavier has taken over from Rodival. So, very rapid men in for the end of this race. We're not done yet, are we? Just 11 minutes to go until the final hour of this four hours at the Paul Ricard circuit. Hours of track time that we've had over the last 10 days or so. Although some of the teams are staying on the test tomorrow, they just can't leave it alone. These guys, interesting to see no tear offs on the Alpine, instead, lots of elbow grease used. The more traditional method of cleaning the screen with a little bit of detergent based solution, I'm sure. And that's done quickly to send the 36 car back out again with Pierre Thierrier. So, Oli Pla, there he is coming round now and into turn number one it was then for the racing engineering squad a pit stop of 1 minute 8 seconds 36 did it in 1 minute 04 and the other car Duquesne engineering with Nico Jamal as, as uh, Graham says 1 minute and 12 seconds into the right hander at turn 5 goes the red and yellow car from racing engineering so an advantage gained by Sidney Alpine. Is there at the back of that uh, group just as Olivier Poir storms onto the Mistral. That's the gap. It's a visual gap. And uh, Oli Poir, by the way, relishing this battle. Long chat with Oli. Obviously part of the uh, Chip Ganassi 4 GTE efforts in the WEC. It's, uh, really looking forward to this racing engineering effort. Porsche number 88 leading the GTE class and by nearly 10 seconds from Raymond Narak. So Gianluca Roda doing a cracking job here of uh, well, getting his head around the brand new Porsche. Raced Ferraris last year. And... Oh, oh a little bit of contact with the former race leader. That's the 24 car then, with uh, potential damage now for Oli Plar, who didn't want no. to race any time at all. Looks okay. Yeah. No damage to the dive plane, certainly. He's going to deal now with the BHK Ligier. Well down the field. He's uh, 15th in LMP3, 36th overall. Deals with that one pretty quickly. We'll watch that again. So, Gianluca Roda in that Porsche. We, it was sort it, of I, similar to what happened to Nicola Lapierre earlier on in the race. I think he saw the car coming and guessed he was going for the inside. Guessed wrong. We've seen that a few times now with prototypes going the high side at turn 13. The GT drivers not working out where they are. I mean, visibility out the back of these cars is not like uh, peering out the back of your road car, by the no. way. It's very tight indeed, and some of them actually carry rear-facing cameras, but if the car behind goes out of that frame, you don't have a clue where it is. No, trouble for the SMP Racing Group. For the second time of the race, the car is in the garage. It's not to be a repeat win for them. Their new car has not bought them. Good luck. 35 in the garage, and will drop down the order. He drops out of the top 10 immediately. Panis Bartes, Julian Canal aboard the car up into 10th as a result United Autosports with Hugo Sadelier the next man to profit from that Bruno Senna by the way is aboard the 22 car I want to double check but I think at least a triple stint from Phil Hansen yeah 
Well, I would agree with that in the number 22 and he's only got the one teammate remember Bruno Senna due in the car he's in now so that change made and the 22 will pick up a bit of speed but that's not to detract from Phil Hansen's triple stint where he's done tremendously well and good consistent average lap times Thomas Fleur a uh, tired man yes after I mean, it's warm work out there we haven't had ambient temperature much of this week but 20 21 degrees when you've got a, a hot race car and a hot engine immediately behind you you will certainly know that you've been in a motor race by the end of the stint Oliver last seven seconds to make up on Pierre Thierry but Oli very much a professional driver Pierre Thierry one of the best non-professional drivers out there mentioned Thomas Fleur, that was the 54 Ferrari and he's handed over now to, to uh, co-driver Francesco Castellacci the car's sixth in class. This is all about getting Thomas Fleur more seat time in that Ferrari WC campaign of course. And what do we have here? That is the six car going by the three Ross Kaiser in the 360 racing car taking the inside line into scene as the race leader comes behind them and this might just delay just for a moment or two 36, not a lot, not there. Three car, let him go. Tony Wells. And this is the leader. Being tightly strapped in to the number 15 car. And is that Rob Garifal leaving? It should be. An hour and five minutes. It's pretty tight on fuel. Yes, that's true. So Rob will have to maybe get a bit of fuel ma uh, management into his mind as far as that's concerned as well high five though for the rest of the RLR crew yeah. caught for a glimpse there Jock van Utert on the right of shot that was John Ferrano clambering out with the helmet on there is uh, we uh, briefly caught a glimpse and I think we might be able to have a chat in a moment with Jop yeah. Yeah. Rob's viewpoint on the uh, the car uh, RLR M Sport yeah. Rob Garfield rejoins in fourth position but obviously has that pit stop in hand over the rest of the field so uh, Big emerging story, isn't it, RLRM Sport? Showed signs of real progress last year. This new signing, new young Dutchman, Jupp van Utrecht. Here comes the number four car down pit road. This is Alexandre Croigny for Cool Racing. And at the head of the order, the gap's 1.3 seconds now between Pierre Thierry and Oli Pla, the two Frenchmen then having a cracking fight at the head of the order. Now, as trailed a few moments ago, we will be able to go down to the RLR M Sport garage with Charlie George. He's managed to grab Jop van Utert for a quick word. Yeah, here I am with one of our newest drivers in the ELMS field. Jop, that was your debut drive in ELMS. It went very well. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, it's cool. I like the track. Uh, the LMP3 is cool. Uh, was for me the first time racing together with LMP2s. Uh, yesterday I did the Road to Le Mans race, so I already had a feel for a stint. But now uh, to double stint and to get a, a one minute lead was just amazing. I want to thank the team. They did an awesome job the last couple of days, improving the car step by step, and I was able to do absolutely everything with it what I wanted to. Clearly being on double duty doing the Le Mans Cup and the, um, and the LMS today didn't wear you out, just like a warm-up really. Yeah, it was. I was ready on the start, feeling strong and I think somewhere in lap 2 or lap 3 I was able to make the move for the lead and from there I was just managing everything. 
thank you. Good luck. Thank you very much. Well, they're in a great position. The car now rejoining with Rob Garofal at the wheel and labelled as on the timing screen fourth position with John Falber ahead. Nicola Ferrer for M Racing is second. Kevin Berlo for the 11 crew, Euro International, leading the way. Indeed, but uh, focus back to the lead battle for the overall uh, lead. LMP2, Pierre Thierry had a poorer lap a couple of laps ago, 148. That allowed Olivier Blanc to get a real sniff of that lead, and he's, he's hanging on in there. 144, 8 last time around for Blanc, 146, 8 last time around for Thierry. And all of a sudden, it changes perspective completely, doesn't it? Because Pla is just reeling in the Signatech man. And there's traffic ahead. P3 and P2 variety. Oli Pla, I think, is lo looking for the opportunity to force Thierry... tiny error that he'll need and could it be here having a sneaky look at the inside there of turns uh, 9 and 10 through the left hander at 11 and now the fast right hander with the wide kerb on the inside of 12 meanwhile we're not very far away now from the latest and the last what should be the last bout of pit stops for the GTEs and Miguel Molina preparing himself to take over the JMW Motorsport Ferrari from Liam Griffin. You can all do just about an hour, these GTE cars, so bang on schedule as far as that's concerned. The safety car doesn't seem to have had too much of an impact on their strategy. Well, 0.2 of a second across the line. This is where he's been particularly strong in the last couple of laps. Technical part of the circuit. Six from 24 is it going to be the return of the champions double champions in fact in this one-off race for the Sydney Tech LP Matlock squad or is it going to be a first win for the brand new team to the LMS Racing Engineering transferring their single-seater skills to the endurance code behind as well, Nico German isn't out of this either, he's just 5.6 seconds behind and going quicker by 2 seconds a lap than yes. either of these men Oli Plan needs to get by he's going to try and do it here, you can see German in the background, the dark blue car around here the outside no, can't do it there left it a bit too late, was well in the slipstream of Pierre Thierrier but uh, hadn't quite gathered the momentum by about 2 thirds down the Mistral straight, pulled out a line tried it it just wasn't enough of the Mistral straight left to finish the move off. And as you say, Pla will now be feeling the heat a little bit with Nicolas Jama approaching in the Duquesne engineering car. He's 6.2 seconds away from the racing engineering machine as the pit stop for 66 now takes place. So Miguel Molina taking over from Liam Griffin. Watch the 66 Ferrari fly now with the Spaniard at the wheel as the overall race leaders head across the line. There is an hour to go here at Circuit Paul Ricard in Le Castellet in the south of France. And this race has, well, at least three different cars that could win in LMP2. The 36 looking strong, but being hunted all the way by Oli Pla in that 24 machine. 
And in the distance, look out for number 29, Nicolas Jama for Duquesne Engineering, their first race in LMP2. Watching in the background as well, the 28 car of the, uh, the, Hidex, uh, the Hidex Sport car, uh, Paul Upchatan, is going to look to try to unlap himself here. He is quicker as well. He's in the 143s as these guys battle. He's closing up. Well, under the, into the final hour, Johnny, and real dramas here. Well, this is always the fun part of the race where, generally speaking, teams put their fastest drivers in the cars and leave them to battle for the remaining 60 minutes. This time, it has Oli Pla managed to get alongside? No, is the answer. Pierre Thierrier carrying good speed down the Mistral straight and doesn't look like buckling under the pressure here from Oli Pla. Going to take different lines into turn 10. No, very similar approaches, in fact. Bit of kerb, not too much. And staying well off the red and white kerbing through turn 11. Arguably not quite hitting the apex there. And ran a bit wide then into 12. In both cars, one maybe going off in sympathy of the other. And Nicolas Jamat, I wouldn't be surprised to, to see him gain even more time now on the leading duo. Duquesne Engineering is certainly coming. Good speed from Mathieu Vazvier, as Graham points out. A 143 last time around for Vazvier for TDS Racing. Andrea Pizzitola is now at the wheel of the 26 G-Drive racing car. It's Enzo Guibert in the other G-Drive. Paul Upchata, who qualified the Hedex Sport car yesterday, number 28, is seventh ahead of Julian Canal for Panes Bartes. Hugo de Sadelier, United Autosports, and then the Graf car is 10th, number 39, driven by Tristan Gomendy. Slight delay, slight bit of balking there, not intended of course, but that's given Olivier Pla another uh, nibble at the rear wing of the City Attack Alpine. 24 on 36, 28 just hanging in there behind, see whether there's an opportunity to get make that unlapping manoeuvre. Closing, closing, Nico Jamat now under four seconds back from both of these men. Olivier Plant in a hurry to get by. Meanwhile, in LMP3, Kayfan Berlo is building a lead. It's nearly up to 20 seconds. Here comes Olivier Plant, duking it out again with Pierre Thierrier. Surely third time of asking. Yes, finally, round the outside at scene corner. And he kept it on the track on the outside, which is kind of crucial at that bend. We've seen many cars shooting off towards the barrier to the right there, but tremendous driving from Olivier Pla. Had to have faith in the tyres beneath him, the Dunlops that uh, Racing Engineering run, and needed to get the move done as early as possible in the stint because now he can start to disappear up the road a little bit. Yeah, that's a huge commitment through there, wasn't it? Absolutely enormous commitment. Uh, but still the 28 car hanging in there, like taking a look now at Pierre Thierry. And I don't, I think we're going to see the 28 car unlap itself from the second place car uh, pretty quickly here. Through to lead, lap 98, 56 minutes to go. Racing Engineering take the lead. 36 car in second place, closing even more. Nico Jaman just 2.7 seconds now behind the leader, 1.8 behind Thierry. Great stuff. Cracking race. It certainly has been, and I'm sure the final 56 minutes will not disappoint. There is Ross Kaiser in the number six, 360 racing, entered LMP3. And Ross doing 154, so lapping at the moment faster than John Fowle. 21 seconds to try and make up on the American. John's in third. Nico Ferrer for M Racing is in second, but the gap, if anything's 
growing now for the Euro International crew. This is 31 and 22, I think. 31, possibly, yeah. Yep. So an overtake for Menezes on Senna. Senna. So American versus Brazilian there. Gustavo Menezes based in California, although he's been racing in Europe for the last couple of years. Teammates at Rebellion, of course, the LMP1, those two. Yes. Here's the LMP3 leader then. And it's a two-driver combination. Giorgio Mondini did the opening stint. Kefan Berlo now at the wheel. And in the 156s. Although tricky sometimes, really, just to pluck a, a lap time out of the equation because you uh, you never know how much traffic's been encountered on that lap. But 156 is decent. And Nico Ferrer trying to close that gap of 20 seconds in the remaining 55 minutes on board with John Faub third place for him in LMP3 and his target is Ferrer in the M Racing car as you can see on the graphic eight and a half seconds to try and find in order to do that GTEs, the race leader in GTE is now on the first page of timing and scoring, that's the first time that's happened in the race with Matteo Cairoli pushing on a 155.959 is that car's best lap of the race second is Miguel Molina for JMW Motorsport and then it's Fabio Babini in this car the number 80 EB Motors Porsche third yep, Fabio on his out lap I think and Molina on a very quick lap at the moment in the second place JMW car it's the cat amongst the Porsche pigeons of course rather is 66 car Miguel Molina very much firmly now part of the Ferrari GT factory family will be a pro car at Le Mans 24 hours since at least one of these three drivers that will not be with JMW at Le Mans this year he too leaps up into the top timing screen 154.7 so quicker than Caroli at the moment now the gap is 16 seconds the weight transfer for the Porsche there as it comes out of turn four and the driver Matteo Cairoli sets it up for the fifth corner on this Paul Ricard circuit which is tight and technical start of the lap very twisty the end of the lap is also about momentum and carrying speed through mid and slow speed corners the middle sector is all about the back straight and how quickly you can motor down the Mistral no chicane this year last August for this uh, the corresponding round in the 2017 season the chicane was in use so hard braking a left and a right hander that was another overtaking opportunity we had quite a bit of incident there through the course of last year's race but it's dead straight this year and that gives us a good viewpoint on uh, the individual chassis um, ability to negotiate that part of the track they're all the same engine remember Gibson's for LMP2 the 5 litre Nissan engine for the LMP3 the exception being of course that uh, Ferraris in GTs funnily enough run a Ferrari engine and we've got the four, flat 4 in the Porsches Ken Engineering will be keeping a very close eye on this one Nico Jamin is right behind Pierre Thierrier Olivier Clark has cleared off 4.8 seconds up the road Jamin will want to get by until he can to keep in touch with the racing engineering guy. Whole lot new here in prospects. Whichever way this finishes, racing engineering and all three of those drivers never have won an ELMS race, including Olivier Pla. Olivier Pla, I believe I'm right, 
hasn't won any race uh, since 2016. Wow. So this is quite a wait for him on his 100th lap now in the opening round of the 2018 European Le Mans series at Le Castellet, Paul Ricard and Olivier Pla has cleared off in the lead of the race a little bit of corrective steering it looked like there for Pierre Thierrier to get the car pitched in at the right angle at turn 13 Nicolas Jamat for Duquesne Engineering being watched by the team notably as well by the way that uh, the 28 car has unlapped itself from the second place car So, Paul Upshata will be looking to see what he can do about sticking in there with uh, Olivier Pla to get the Edex Sport 28 car back onto the lead lap. 3 4 and into 5 goes the second place fight between Signatech Alpine and Duquesne Engineering. TDS Racing's matchup as of yet, still in the 143s, so continuing to catch. The battle for second place. Andrea Pizzitola, 144. So that's not too shabby either for G-Drive Racing. The gaps are closing at the head of the order, apart from the one between Pla and Thierrier. That's nearly up to six seconds now. So working their way through. Turn eight at scene, second and third place cars. And in the distance there is Vazivier. TDS off the road was the Porsche. Now, was that the 88 race leader or was it perhaps more likely to be the 77? Did the car just go off the road to allow space for the prototypes to get through? 77, Yeah, just looked a little bit slow there coming through turn 11, did car 77. Matteo Cairoli's lap speed though still very impressive and leading the JMW Motorsport. Uh, car by about 15 seconds now being caught a little by Miguel Molina but it's tense mm. 49 minutes to go it's uh, just tense being nibbled away traffic did Pierre Terrier a good turn so 77 starts another lap in amongst quite a lot of traffic that might have just been a bit of driving from Dennis Olsen to stay well off the road all the prototypes through traffic does tend to clump together around this place so not only are you going to want to be lapped by one LNP2 but probably four or five in one go it's ever more prominent in a year where we've got 45 entries for this first race of the year and back onto the Mistral now go the race leaders there's the 36 Pierre Thierrier Jama has dropped back a little bit on this lap, I notice. It's a slow first sector. Yeah, two seconds now from what was 1.2. Into the pits for the final time we would expect the Euro International car, which leads LMP3. Kayvon Berlo, I think, due to stay on board, but that means that Nico Ferrer will take the race lead in LMP3, at least for now. But all of the cars ahead of the RLR Sport car, which is in fifth, do need to stop again. And it was under a minute back from the lead of the race. So with Rob Garavel's pace at the moment, he should cycle back into the lead. What we don't know is whether Rob has got enough fuel. 
Well, yes, because... They stopped with an hour and five minutes to go. Yeah, and that might be a stretch for one of the uh, LMP3 fuel tanks. I notice Cave Van Berlo's stop is being timed, so that suggests it's one of the, the longer, uh, longer stops. stops. And therefore, are we getting one of those scenarios in LMP3 where it's slightly misleading? The 11 car looked to be in a healthy position, but Cave Van Berlo now back on the move. It was a... 1 minute 19 second pit stop we know Nico Ferrer's car, uh, the stop has to be a timed stop because this last one was 57 seconds mm. and that was his second stop that's a remarkably quick stop were they aiming for a 1 minute 20 there Euro International because it's come through as a 1.19 that's uh, slightly concerning for me but those pit stops are timed not just to the second but to the thousandth of a second so race control will be on top of that as well to make sure that all the regulations are adhered to the time in pit lane remember is the condition here yeah from pit in to pit out Kajiman, by the way just on the fastest middle sector of the race in his continued pursuit of Pierre Thierrier gap uh, gained through traffic by Thierrier and down again, it's a single second through sector two on their lap 103. And the new leaders now in LMP3 pitting on the same lap. So this is the 19 and the two after we had the 11 car, of course, come in from the race lead. So Ross Kaiser, if he doesn't stop, let's wait to see whether the 360 car comes in looks like Ross has stayed out so Kaiser to the head of the order in LMP3 and Nico Ferrer and John Faubon now back on pit road they're going to be drive-through penalties for four cars here the 2, the 31, the 28 and the 27 2 is the John Faub machine and he is currently serving a regular pit stop but he's going to have to From do a drive-through yeah, from the lead of LMP3. Going to have to do a drive-through probably next time around. The 31 car is the APR Rebel crew. 28 is, well, the car that started from pole position, the Hedex Sport entry of Paul Lafargue, Paul Chata, and Memo Rojas. And the 27 is the other Hedex Sport car. So it never rains, but it pours for that French squad, I'm afraid. The gentleman entry is going to have to come down pit lane as well for a penalty. But it's not a stop-go, it's just a straight drive all the way down pit road which takes 25 seconds but probably costs you closer to 15 or 18 and that is Nico Jaman through on Pierre Thierry I think he is so up into second place comes Nico Jaman Duquesne Engineering uh, but now nine and a half seconds back from a charging Olivier Pla I'll correct myself and with thanks to Josh Barrett by the way Olivier has won in the LMS back in 2012 in the dark, dark days of <laughs> tiny grids at uh, Donington Park. But, uh, in the new era, this yep. is the first time he will have won if he makes this to the end, the lead of this field. And I wouldn't bet on it right now because Nico Jama has got the, well, not quite literal bit between his teeth. Garrett Grist back in the race after the number three United Autosports car stopped, by the way. And also the number two is back on the move. We've got the M Racing YMR car returning to the race as well, Nico Ferrer. 
meanwhile, with the pit stop cycle firmly underway in LMP3, Ross Kaiser moves through to the lead for 360 racing, but needs to stop again. But I think that is a short stop coming from Kaiser. Rob Garifal, though, is only 5.7 seconds behind him. Perhaps more significantly, and this might be very significant, depending on how much fuel saving Rob's going to do, Kayvon Burlow is third, 24 seconds back from the RLRM Sport car. And we'll remind you that Rob Garafall rejoined the race with an hour and five minutes to go. That's tough on a full tank of fuel in an LMP3 car. So he'll have to have uh, tippy-toe stuff on the loud pedal there. Probably lifting and coasting into certain corners as well, just to save fuel here and there. John Fowle back in pit road then to serve his penalty. So the message has, re has uh, reached United Autosports. 104 laps completed for Olivier Pla, who's now 11 seconds clear of Nicolas Jamat. Very impressive drive this, though, from Duquesne Engineering. Cinetech Alpine Matmut third, with Pierre Thierrier half a second off the back of Jamat. And here is Mathieu Vasvier as well for TDS Racing. So Vasvier could yet have a say on the podium positions. Back across the line they go, 42 minutes to go, and 36 and 33 are right together. Vasvier with a little sneaky look up the inside. Not the opportunity that time into turn one, but they're all together here. 29 from 36 from 33, there's mere seconds between them. The two guest entries for the moment at least from the WC together for a battle for a podium position. I think we are going to see a bit more of the 33 car this season. Probably not from the 36, and it may well be just a one-off from the City to Galpin team. So TDS, I think, are looking at uh, a larger programme, but I think Vazavier's got him here. Right there, long side. Yeah, and is ahead. I'm sure we'll get the judgment as they go over the timing loop at the end of Sector 2. Thierry's got the better line, but is he ahead? here and he does he toughs it out but can Vazavier hold it around the no he can't so no shortage of commitment there from Pierre Thierrier 13 thousandths of a second was the split as they headed through the well the uh, timing loop at the end of sector 2 so Vazavier lasts him around 2 seconds quicker yeah now that's the quicker of the two cars certainly you've got to find a way to get by and safely so through 12 they go, into 13 and 14. What is the exit going to be like for Vazvier this time around? Wallop the curb a little bit there through 13, which just jumped the car briefly up in the air. Exit speed possibly compromised as a result of that. And Pierre Thierrier using all the cars on track just to tow him along where possible. The little LMP3 there was used as a towing mechanism down the main straight gaining an extra couple of kilometres per hour out of turn two and towards three then goes this battle for third position as Nicolas Jama not quite checking out he's also caught in quite a lot of traffic here they found John Falb who is returning from his pit lane penalty Ross Kaiser's just on the stop as well 
That was a one minute and four second stop, so that's a short one as well, as you suggested, for 360 racing. Garifal there for in the RLR Sport car uh, then goes back into the lead of LMP3. And it's now, well, a question of whether or not they can make it home. 65 minutes on the fuel stint. Kay van Berlin, meanwhile, 26.8 seconds back from Garifal. Debris on the track, we're told, in the straights. Not the place you want it, either. Where has that appeared from, I wonder? Was there some contact, or maybe it's just blown onto the track? Still quite blustery here, particularly on the Mistral. Also keeping an eye on the lead battle in GTE, separated by the cool racing LMP3 car, Matteo Caroli and Miguel Molina. Uh, what are they now? They are 14 seconds apart. So here is Mathieu Vazvier, again with a Dayglo yellow stripe across the middle of the helmet. Easy to pick out. Olivier Pla, just sticking into the lap on the 360 racing LMP3. With Ross Kaiser in fourth position in class. Pla makes quick work of that car between turns two and three. Now turns sharp right at five. The far more open bend at six then flat between six and seven taking them onto the long back straight which is slightly downhill for the first section you then reach the bottom and then climb up towards scene corner realize that when you come to walk the track or ride a bicycle around it the cameras though tend to level everything out here at Ricard that's the 47 Vilorba Corsa entry of Giorgio Cernigiotto, 14th place for that car, heads a long line of machinery down the back straight and includes the third and fourth place fight, Simutech from TDS, normally they are battling each other in the World Endurance Championship but on board for the opening round of the ELMS here in the south of France, nothing changing in GTE with Matteo Cairoli Opening up the gap, if anything. Oh, big puff of tyre smoke there. I think from one of the cars these two are approaching. Possibly the Villorba Corsa car. Yes, Proton Competition lead GTE from the JMW Motorsport Ferrari. That gap is coming down still. It's down to 11 seconds. Yeah, that's a 15, I reckon. That's a slightly less impressive lap from Matteo Garoli. Could just have been some traffic there. Do you know, as uh, Charlie was saying in pit lane, he's been under the weather part of the week. Let's keep an eye on his pace. Yeah, 12.2 is the gap between the first two GTE runners. Fabio Babini's third, fourth for Andrea Bertolini doing the final stint at Crone Racing in the bright green Ferrari number 83. And then it's Dennis Olsen in the 77 Proton Competition Porsche. In comes the fifth-place G-Drive car in the hands of Andrea Pizzitola. He stays aboard the car, silver-ranked driver. Also in the 28 car, Paul Chatin. And high-class, the 49 car. So we're getting into, deep into, fuel window now for these cars to complete the race. And the tear-off from the 26 windscreen. In comes the other G-Drive livery car, the 40 car. It's the Graf Racing entered. G-Drive back car. 28. 
Taking that car out. She drives still in the hands, as we said, of Pizzatola. High class and his field back rejoins. In export, it is Pollup Chatham to complete the race. Mm. And we wait to see just how this is going to pan out with leading cars due in any time now, Johnny, for fuel. Yes, with. 35 minutes to go but bear in mind we always knew that this stint was going to be a little shorter than the LMP2s can potentially run. As of yet, pits now from fourth, so the top three cars all still to pit They all stopped, well the key players stopped with about an hour and 13 to go, so I suggested that the final stint would be about half an hour rather than the 40 or 45 minutes that they often run. Here comes Racing Engineering's Olivier Pla and the team are preparing themselves based very close to Jerez in Spain. And this is where the race could be won and lost, of course. A clean pit stop, everything going to plan is what they want. They've got the driver that they would ideally want behind the wheel as well. Pla uh, has shown that he knows this place very well indeed being a Frenchman of course but doing his racing all around the world these days absolutely he's pulled away by the way from Nico Germain 13 almost four, 12 and a half seconds now to clear the last uh, timing beam or sector beam but, uh, it's been a stunning run from Olivier Pla through to and away from the uh, chasing pack 24 car but this is the first event with the new pit stop regulations where you're fueling and changing tyres at the same time. I have to say, take some convincing about that. In comes Pla. Well, it was easier for us to know what had happened during an individual pit stop from the time it took because yep. the, the two things were separate. You couldn't fuel the car and change tyres at the same time. Whereas now you can. You can do everything altogether and it means a much quicker pit stop possibly a little less strategy involved because some teams would risk double stinting tyres now the sets are still limited whether you run Dunlops or Michelin's in LMP2 so you still have to manage your tyres well enough and also limited of course is the number of men you can have over the line yeah. to change these tyres two wheel guns you can utilise these days and it's three chaps then looking after things there also in Duquesne Engineering Signatech retake the lead for now arms are up waiting for fuel that's fuel comes thing. off that's the defining factor the nozzle is removed the car's fired up and it goes back into the race Nicolas Jamat really good in lap that time from the Frenchman this is I think going to close the gap a little, but it's the length of the pit lane, basically. Duquesne Engineering not quite at pit in, but not far from it. That was a 1 minute 4 from the Racing Engineering. It was a longer stop from Duquesne. It was a 1 minute 9. It's cost them 5 seconds, and Pierre Thierrier, remember, hasn't yet stopped for the final time. So here is Pierre leading the way, but due in either at the end of this lap or the end of the next remember to get the car to the end well we're, we're certainly within the window now 
and it's just a question of putting the required amount of fuel in to get the car through the final 32 minutes or so we may have an extra bit of time bolted onto the end depending on where the leader is at the time that the chequered flag needs to come out if uh, the leader crosses the line with let's say five seconds to go we'll go around one more time it's the first lap completed with the clock that, when the clock reads zero effectively that the chequered flag will come out and the 36 does not stop on lap 111 so around we go again with Pierre Thierry at the wheel Plar on an outlap Mathieu Vazivier has not come in yet for TDS Racing Nicolas Jama has for Duquesne Rising up the order, by the way, quietly but effectively, it's been the number 32, United Autosports. DJ Hugo Sadler is in the car for this final stint. He is catching Julian Canal pretty quickly for what would be seventh position. And here Clark now back out and up to speed. And we see the real gap. Which appears to be 7.8 seconds. Oh no, because that's, that's, sorry, that's Vazivier and not Jaman, isn't it? It's 12.2 seconds. So Vazivier has gone ahead of Jaman in that because they took, they, they didn't take tyres. Okay. A, it's a, or they took rather less fuel, rather. They, so TDS have pulled a blinder there. If they've got enough fuel in that car... Well, that's the doubt, isn't it? It's 10 seconds quicker in the pit stop, and that has put TDS Racing into a firm third position. Yeah. But have they, as you say, done? Well, have they uh, got enough fuel in the car and done that to stop at, at a sufficient time in the race? We'll wait and see. They were in around the right time for this to complete the race. Okay. It's for their fifth stop. Nicolas Jama and his car has been in six times for the Duquesne crew. There's the EP Motors Porsche, Fabio Babini in the number 80 car running around in third position ahead of Andrea Bertolini but trying to chase down the GTE leader Matteo Cairoli looking unlikely to change although the gap again has come down it's about 10 seconds now between Cairoli and Molina I'm sure that's the Italian just managing the gap though and not pushing excessively so as to risk an incident just keeping an eye on the race control screens at the moment a number of team managers have again been called to race control, including the GTE leader, who is un just over 10 seconds clear, Matteo Caroli, the 88 car, off the JMW Motorsports team. Wayne in the lead into the final half hour as the Alpine team are out on the pit apron. Is Pierre Thierrier. He is 45 seconds to the good, but requires a final fuel stop. It will not be quite as long as the stops required for the cars that are pitted already by dint of the fact he needs less fuel. Yeah. Rob Garifold finding some good speed in the RLR M Sports car actually managed to do the fastest middle sector of anyone in his squad a little while ago, so faster than Jop van Uchtert. Well, we were worried about fuel for them. I've sent a couple of cheeky messages out and my mole inside the team says they are very confident on fuel. Fine. OK. Is that a double bluff? I wonder, here comes the 36 car then from the lead of the race, Pierre Thierry turning right and left and we'll find the team in a moment or two that should mean that Olivier Pla will resume as the race leader, hurtling his way into turn 9 
as he does so. Door opens for Pierre Thierrier to get uh, a bit more drink in the bottle. Tyres are going on. Four, four tyres changed. Fuel going in. Where is Olivier Pla? The number 24 car. He is heading through turn 12 now. And into 13 and 14 that end the lap. There you go. Still fuel going in. They've changed, changed the tyres in remarkably quick order. Away he goes. This is going to be tight. He's going to, 24 is going to lead. But perhaps only just. Remember that the pit lane here at Ricard is split into two separate sections. And there comes the 36 car now. Here comes TDS. TDS through as well. TDS with Mathieu Vazvier at the wheel. And how far back is the DK Jaman. car? Jaman is going to take him into this corner, I think. It's going to be really close. So retain third position, but Nico Jaman. He's uh, well and truly up to full speed. So uh, it's going to be Thierry versus Jaman, who has uh, done a number of laps since the pit stop now. So getting a feel for the stint, whereas Pierre Thierrier is just coming back out again. I, mean, I suppose it's not like uh, getting a new driver into the Simutech car, not as fresh as that. Pierre Thierrier had done a beefy stint before the pit stop, so should be pretty well in the groove. And is cop coping with the pressure from Jamin reasonably well. The gap's, though, just less than half a second. 26 and a half minutes to go. Jamin's speed down the Mistral straight is very impressive and he's almost got to the point now where he sits behind the Cinetech Alpine car and disappears due to the silhouette or the uh, eclipse from the 36 car but all of a sudden the 26 pops out the 29 pops out and back into view they splay out into turns uh, 9 and 10 and at 11 as well the curb, both Zero-Sevens here, running in third and fourth positions. Andrea Pizzi-Taylor in the fifth place car for G-Drive. Car 26 has just done the fastest lap of uh, that car's race. And so Guibert is in sixth place and then it's Konstantin Tereshenko ahead of Julian Canal. Paul Chatin is ninth and Hugo de Sadelier on an outlap for United Autosports is in tenth. Rob Garafal keeping this gap healthily at 30 seconds and uh, just jinking out a line there. Had to really, Nicolas Jaman. They're side by side this time, heading through turns two and now into three and gets the move done. The Jaman pressurising Pierre Thierrier from the outlet really for Thierrier. So that's a full lap that uh, Pierre had to soak up the pressure and eventually it, it tells with the 29 slipping up the inside into the braking area turn three 25 minutes remain Oli Pla from Mathieu Vazavier nine seconds of the gap there further eight and a half back to Nico Jamin racing engineering from TDS and Duquesne engineering Gilles Duquesne it was by the way gentleman in the wheelchair celebrating that move no mean racer himself and approaching scene corner one more time comes the Duquesne car watch as well in the background there just spotted a flash of orange that is Andrea Pizzitola mm. in the number 26 G-Drive racing car 143-1 last time around means that he's now closing on Pierre Thierry as well for fourth position 
We'll remind you that TDS in the 33 car are double stinting their Dunlops, we reckon. The only slight question mark then for the second place car is does it have enough fuel on board to reach the end? Olivier Pla is perfectly on schedule and heading into turn one. Very crowded down at that first corner. In stark contrast, here is Mathieu Vazivier on his own pretty much through turns one and two. Also, I think the excitement in GTE, uh, no doubt now, Miguel Molina is catching the leader. 6.9 seconds now, that's almost half the gap. Yeah, it's been doing that for a little while now, and the Spaniard in full health. We know Matteo Cairoli is recovering from a recent illness and expressed to Charlie George yesterday after qualifying that he's not been feeling great for the last couple of days. We had assurances from Giorgio Roda, though, that he is feeling much better today. Careful, Olivier, trying to stick a lap here on the high-class racing. Delara, the gap, though, closed very swiftly by Anders Fjordback. Pla tries the other side and is successful. Wally Pla sticking a lap on the 49 car, but uh, it, it could all go wrong every time you encounter another car to lap always got to be sure which side of the track they're going to go the better news still by the way for the uh, races to come on this power slide it through there um, is that there are a number of teams just had a little bit of bad luck here's one of them the AVF squad behind Panis Bartes another and for that matter the Edex Sport car those three cars in a row have been rapid this, mm. uh, this, this weekend all three of them potentially race winning cars for the races to come yeah certainly bodes well for the rest of the year doesn't it and Tereshenko uh, uh, does not stand a chance there versus Julian Canal, who throws one up the inside and Tereshenko gave him plenty of room so that is at seventh position now for Julian Canal in the Panes Bartis Competition car the AVF machine there's a slight risk here it's going to go backwards another place because Paul Lipschata is right behind as well in the 28 car and in fact Tereshenko is going to pit so is that a drama with the car or is it a bit more fuel that's required to get that Delara to the finish? 21 and a half minutes to go as out of turn seven goes Olivier Plard then on lap 117. And the gap is nine seconds back to Mathieu Vazvier. Gap continues to close between Matteo Cairoli and Miguel Molina. It's down to six and a half seconds now in the battle for GTE. And here it is. There at least is Cairoli. Keep an eye on just how far back Molina. Six and a half seconds, you quite rightly say, Johnny. And again, half a second trimmed in that first sector. It's more even Stevens, where the Porsche does seem to have an advantage in that second sector down the Mistral. There it is. It's roughly the length of the final straight mm. to pit in. And I think he's closed that gap again this time around. 5.6 seconds now. Not the first time we've seen JMW Motorsport chasing down the lead and the win in the final phases of the European Le Mans Series race here at Paul Ricard. Meanwhile, third position still being held by Fabio Babini in the GTs. EB Motors making the step up to the European Le Mans Series, having been... Michelin Le Mans Cup champions in 2017 with their GT3 Lamborghini and Fabio Babini one of the drivers last year as well with Emanuele Busnelli 
20 minutes to go darting to the racing line there was Pierre Thierrier still Pizzi at the wheel of the Pizzi senior on him. Pizzitolo is on him now That's that, that gap that was a six second gap two three laps ago yeah. maximum has closed remarkably quickly and Pierre Thierrier seems at the moment to be struggling a little for the speed he had earlier we can have some more penalties by the way mm. three of them one of them is for the 360 racing team fourth at the moment in LMP3 these are drive-through penalties the number five car as well gets one that is a little further back that's the speed factory car down in 37th position and the 47 also a little out of place here 15th overall for not respecting full course yellow speed so that is going to count 360 racing out of any real hope I think for a podium position sure it's going to be quite enough to put John Fowle back into fourth that's a shame for those guys but again it's a matter of fact with the speeds being measured not just through the three sectors that we have access to but there are many other sectors I believe around the track as well that race control can access and your speed has to be 80 kilometers per hour all the way around not just a case that you can lose a bit of speed here and gain a bit of speed there is very carefully policed to provide a safe environment for our track workers and marshals to deal with the various incidents. 18 and a half minutes to go, Johnny. 9.1 seconds is the lead gap. 6.3 seconds uh, back of that to the flying Nico Jaman, who is catching Mathieu Vazivier. Two seconds quicker last time around. We've got 18 minutes left. Pizzitola is with... Thierry now certainly is so the first car sort of not in contention of a good result in the top five the, the, the top ten rather Enzo Guibert because he's got a minute to try and make up on these two as the move is made there by Pizzitola very late and from quite a way back into turn six went Pizzitola to take the place away from Pierre Thierry but a, a nice move let's see it again haven't seen too much overtaking on Ooh. this part of the circuit big wiggle as well from the, uh, the from the 26 car but a great move very very nearly lost the front end there but good car control an indication of quite how hard Pizzi Turley was, uh, was accelerating out of turn 4 back to LMP3 this is Rob Garafal in the number 15 RLRM sport car now, Rob has been in, around the Le Mans series, the European Le Mans series, for quite a while. It's been a while since he had success, and a while since we've seen him. But RLRN Sport last won in LMP3 back in the very first season of the class with a Janetta of the University of Bolton. Yes. Uh, and it was Rob Garifal was one of the two drivers. I think Imola, wasn't it, uh, that race? If memory serves, yes. And somebody will correct us, I'm sure. It was Imola. There we go. Seven car with uh, Morton Dons. Yeah, that, uh, that doesn't feel like too long ago, but it's 2015, as you say. It's been a fair old wait before Rob can come back, get the opportunity to race LMP3 again. And it is great to have RLR M Sport present yep. in both the European Le Mans Series and the Michelin Le Mans Cup. They were in action yesterday also, yesterday afternoon Pierre Thierry won that race actually with uh, Thierry by TDS Racing still in contention, TDS mm. currently running second as we know at the end of these insurance races Johnny, anything can happen now what about the GT battle between Matteo Cairoli who we just caught a glimpse of and this Ferrari 
Miguel Molina, the rapid Spaniard, he's got seven and a half seconds to try and find. So the gap had closed to more like five seconds or perhaps six. It's opened up very slightly. Remember though, the 88 uh, team manager has been called for race control. We've seen no outcome from that call, but seven and a half seconds does look like Matteo Caroli at the moment is managing to hold this gap. As we've got two of the Porsches together on track. That is not, I don't think, a battle. It's a 77 car that's lapped down. Yeah. Dennis ultimately, but I think he's looking to take one of those back from Fabio Babini. Both yep. these cars actually, Proton competition owned cars, the 80 car a loner, if you like. Uh, a little bit of assistance being provided by Proton to the EP Motors crew from Italy. They'll get their own Porsche 911 RSR, the first of the next batch. And in the immediate aftermath of the Le Mans 24 hours, he's the race leader, though, making his way through traffic. That's uh, John Falb. Just noticed that our clock at the top of the screen has stopped, but it is still ticking on our other timing screen, so that's not due to any incident out on track. Frozen at 16.45 for some reason. We're inside the final 15 minutes in reality, and the Olivier Pla number 24 car leads the way then on lap 121. Leads by 10 seconds back to Mathieu Vasvier, but ground is being gained by Nicolas Jama by... Andrea Pizzitola and Pierre Thierrier losing a couple of places in the last few laps. Clock's back to normal now. 14 minutes and 21 seconds to go. Not been a dull moment here, has there? And all three classes have provided their entertainment and continue to do so. It's a gap. Credit to JMW. It was a bit of a wiggle there from the 14, wasn't it? Yes, there was. Has uh, come back down again as a... Uh, it's about well over half a second gained last time around by Miguel Molina. He's running out of time though here. That was Luca Di Marchi, the Italian driver, who uh, makes up one of three in the 14 Inter Europol competition crew. Henning Engvist from Sweden and Paul Scheusner, the German driver, are the new combination in our two car uh, Inter Europol competition crew. Out of 14. Time goes the race leader. It's 121 now in the books for Olivier Pla and a 145 for the Frenchman. 8.8 seconds adrift, Mathieu Vazavier. We'll see what Mathieu's done on this lap though. It's actually extended out to 10.7 seconds. So maybe Vazavier encountering the traffic that Pla did a lap or so ago. But Nicola Jama has sliced that gap down to 3.2 seconds for second position. He's coming for Duquesne Engineering. So, Matteo Vazavier, a dual task now, just to decide. And RLR are getting ready for the car to come in now. Wow. So, you were reliably informed that they would be absolutely fine on fuel. Is this a belt and braces measure? And have they got enough time in the back? No. 24 seconds. No, they haven't. It takes 25 seconds to go from one end of the pit lane down to the other for a drive through. Now, what's gone wrong here? Is it just fuel? Well, are they definitely going to come in? I don't think you can appear on the apron where they're not quite yet, but they will be in a moment. You can't appear on the apron and not stop the car, so it's not them trying to throw other teams off the scent. Kefan Berlo for Euro International running in second and maybe set to inherit the race lead here. This is early, though. This is early if it's fuel. RLRM Sport coming 
through. That's turn seven onto the Mistral straight. 12 minutes on the clock. Has Rob Garrafall maybe radioed to the team to report some other sort of a problem? Well, the reason that's five guys kitted up. If they're only fueling the car. Too many. Yeah, I would agree with that. Strange. Well, out of uh, that seventh corner has gone the car and down the Mistral straight. Your international could be set to inherit the lead here. And what about Lucas Legere for M Racing YMR, third in the LMP3 classification? Ahead of Ross Kaiser, John Falb, and Martin Hipper for 360, United Autosports, and into Europol, respectively. 2.1 seconds now is the gap between Macho Vazivier and Nicola Jama. There is the 11 car then, Kefan Berlo. How much will he know about? this potential stop up ahead of him. I think I've sussed this. I don't think they're going to stop this one at all. I think what we've got here, Kay Van Berlo has been upping his, uh, upping his pace, putting him under pressure to waste that, to, to basically use that fuel. Rob Garifold's pace, meanwhile, the last couple of laps has gone off a little. He's in fuel-saving mode as best he possibly can be. Yes. I think this is bluff. Well, I wondered that. I did wonder that because they look very relaxed at RLR. That doesn't look like a pit crew ready to go out into the apron, does it? So are they just trying to spook the guys at Euro International? And maybe the radio messages now from Euro International to Kayvan Berlo are, oh, ease off a little bit. You don't need to go as hot as you are doing. They need fuel. But maybe they don't. Ten minutes and 20 seconds to go. There are various teams up to uh, a little bit of bluffing here should we say could also just be a style statement on the path part of the uh, you know we Lancastrians like a bit of style well the safety helmets and the uh, goggles do look rather intimidating and if you're just going to stand in the garage like that like stormtroopers um, it can uh, certainly unsettle one or two rivals Yegor Rudchev lighting up the timing screen sadly his car is down in 16th position but the SMP Racing Dallara has just done the best middle sector of anybody and also great times from Macho Bazivier he's having to up his pace because Nicolas Jama is coming in third position the Duquesne engineering car far faster it would appear than TDS Racing's example and the gap's now 1.9 seconds that's been steadily falling well fastest lap of the race for Bazivier is bettered uh, by not the fastest lap of the race by the Duquesne engineering car the gap is 2.1 seconds through the latest timing, uh, t- timing sector. Pizzitola, meanwhile, passed through Thierry, is closing too. So the final order in the podium positions isn't done yet. Pla, Fazavier, Jama, Pizzitola, Racing Engineering, TDS, Duquette Engineering and G-Drive, the second TDS car. And that's a problem for the 31 car. That's a puncture. This is the APR Rebel machine driven by Gustavo Menezes. Was it a rear left that was down on the 31 car heading into scene corner? Not a good place for a puncture. I'm reliably front. informed. It's a front uh, left. Well, that does take a fair old battering round here as well. I'm giving it a moment. That's, that's not a pleasant place to lose a tyre. No, but uh, some good car control. He got on the anchors as quickly as possible. Livening up very nicely in GTE as well. That gap's down to 2.3 seconds now between the Porsche and the Ferrari. And those cars are on the back straight. And I tell you, 
the LMP3 traffic that uh, the Proton driver Matteo Cairoli might have to encounter fairly shortly will might well decide this there are something like three or four LMP3s up ahead of him so those GT, GT cars might have been catching on the back straight there here is the battle then 2.3 is the gap Porsche versus Ferrari certainly not done yet no 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 Meanwhile, by the way, just in case you're wondering, Lancashire's ugliest boy band are still in the garage and not on the pit apron. They're just going to stand there, I think, and uh, maybe called into action very late in the day. Gustavo Menezes has made it back to the pits. Here's the LMP3 cars then that, Matt, that uh, Matteo Cairoli may be being caught by. LMP3 should be quicker through the twisty stuff, but on the straights... GT straight line speed compared to P3 is pretty even. Yep, it's this going to give the opportunity for Miguel Molina as this traffic comes into play. The gap is 2.2 seconds. We said that that cool racing car might come into play with this. I think that's partly what's taken the edge out of the attack from Matteo Caroli. He's had the cool racing car go by him. That's a car, the front of this kind of group, but he's got one, two, three uh, P3 cars. And they're right across the road in front of him. That's going to give... Molina another opportunity he's only dealt with one of them still one more to go Molina meanwhile of course has got to deal with the same cars in turn six and a half minutes to go yeah ten seconds the gap between Pla and Matcha Vazvier the 24 car about to start lap 126 and we're doing 145 so it's got to be another four or three or four laps perhaps we'll know that obviously the closer we get but this is also dependent on how the GT battle is going to go it's now down to 0.7 of a second with the car off in the background that was an LMP3 I think Proton versus JMW and Porsche have been so strong this weekend but the Ferraris haven't been too intimidated by that they've gone about their business quietly and perhaps under the radar as far as Porsche are concerned some pensive looks down at JMW Motorsport they feel this is on Cristiano Michelotto builds these GTE cars for Ferrari there in the garage with them he's on him he's on him now it's going to happen if it's going to happen it's going to be this lap or the one after 35 back in the garage again meantime Andrea Pizzitola's not done he's closing in and closing in quickly on Nico Schaumann so battles in LMP2 and in the GTEs for the race lead in GTE, no less. And there's also this little bit of a drama as far as RLRM Sport are concerned with their pit lane crew, their engineers dressed as if they're going to bring that car in at any moment. They're not on the apron, though, crucially. Rob Garifal, we thought, was a little tight on fuel. There's no doubt he's easing off now a touch, but 25 seconds is the margin. He's over an hour on fuel now. It was a minute, so an hour and five minutes when he left the pit lane. We're under five minutes now. What dramas await? Plar onto lap 127 with four and a half minutes to go. It'll be this lap and probably two more for the race leader. Meanwhile, Miguel Molina is closing, closing, closing. That Porsche does not seem to have the straight line speed it had at the beginning of this race and a clear advantage. They turn in. Not losing ground to him, is he? Certainly not. And 
Cairoli. And still more traffic. We know is not at 100% health. Struggling with illness over the last few days. Is that having an impact on his absolute pace? A fighting fit, Miguel Molina tucked in behind. This will be thirsty work as well. I'm sure Matteo Cairoli somewhat dehydrated in the cockpit of this Porsche. It's a brand new car, remember, for Proton competition. Now the JMW Motorsport Ferrari is right with the Porsche and Cairoli feeling the need to keep the car to the right-hand side of the track in order to defend into Turn 14. Three and a half to go, but it's all about where Olivier Pla is as to when this race comes to an end. They're going to be going around at least two more times, these two GT leaders. Meantime, Olivier Pla going as quick as he's got in sector two before. Last time around, Nico Jaman now has got the hurry-up call. Uh, it's still having time taken out of him now. They're only in the tenths by Andrea Pizzitola. The two cars went through with to the thousandth identical times in sector one. It's 3.1 seconds the gap for the third place battle. 3.2 seconds the gap for the second place gap, uh, battle. 7.1 seconds the gap for the lead battle. In uh, GTE, you can see the gap. It's 0.25 per second. In LMP3, Rob Garifle goes through for the ultimate fastest. Uh, so his fastest time, that, that car's fastest middle sector, 24.6 seconds is the gap there. He's deep into an hour plus on fuel, and the Bolton boy band hasn't moved an inch. Two and a half minutes to go. We're on the penultimate lap for Olivier Blar in car 24, who leads by 6.8 seconds. Is Nicolas Jamin going to be able to get close enough to match Vazivier to get Duquesne up to second position? Meanwhile, here's the Ferrari maybe close enough to have a look up the inside of turn number 10 not quite this is very tight stuff Matteo Cairoli's raced enough in things like the Porsche Super Cup to deal with someone this close off the rear bumper so that won't intimidate him the problem is the Ferrari looks stronger as we've headed through this four hour race the prancing horse has got quicker and quicker whereas the Porsche though not slow certainly not at the uh, the upper end of its speed that it suggested during single lap qualifying yesterday out of 14 we go then a minute and a half still on the clock but the race leader's got one more lap to go so I reckon we're going to start the penultimate lap now for the GTs and the Porsches oh here we go here's the move perhaps for Molina not quite into turn one and Cairoli saw him coming JMW Motorsport started punching the air there but then decided no it's not quite going to happen here so it's the final lap for the race leader I still think the GTs though are going to have this lap and one more yep that would uh, fit in Graham's head as well and also Plar and Vazivier now only separated by four seconds as Molina has another look at the inside of turn five and through six but Cairoli's got that line covered off this is where he might have no choice though but to concede the lead because straight line speed there's not much Cairoli can do the Ferrari gains in this area of the rev range but then as they work their way through the gears the Porsche seems to have the ponies in gears four and five Ferrari is hauling it in and a little bit more but it's inches and I don't think the Ferrari's going to be quite close enough this time around earlier investigation by the way for several cars about the speeds under the full course yellow is going to be no further action as Molina runs right oh. off the road and that's going to delay him massively 
I'm assuming all tyres are still inflated. Yes, they are, but they're now rather grubby after that off-track excursion. But now there's traffic for both of these men with uh, LMP3 cars ahead, LMP2 car trying to make its way through. Olivier Pla, meanwhile, uh, bottled up behind one of the Euro, the Euro International, sorry, Euro International, the into Europol. Into Europol cars, makes his way by the 13 car. He's coming to the end of this race to take the flag for a debut win in the European Le Mans series by the racing engineering crew. A debut uh, win for Paul, uh, Paul Petit and for Norman Nato and a second ever win from Olivier Pla. And the door is open on the racing engineering Orica with Olivier Pla celebrating as the GTs are totally together. And as I say, we're going to get one extra lap then for the battle between Porsche and Ferrari. Here are RLR M Sport. They did just need that extra stop as they were trying to convince the rest of the LMP3 brigade that they did. That was just to unsettle Euro International and M Racing Wiremar. But it's tactics at play. No, he's not. He's <laughs> the wrong side. He might have him. No, he has. On the inside, Miguel Molina. Can Cairoli pull across the row? There's contact, I think, and Cairoli is elbowed off. out. He's off. Almost to make the point that there was contact. Cairoli shortcuts turn seven, and I don't think he's going to be able to cut through. Oh. He stayed in front. Unbelievable stuff. Matteo Cairoli <laughs> off the road. I cannot believe he's going to be allowed to keep this, but still, tucked underneath the rear wing is, Mi is Miguel Molina. And this time around, despite the Porsche running off the road at seven, he has made the move stick. That was better speed being carried through turn seven. And Molina, the Spaniard, now leads the way. It's not over yet, though, because Cairoli has got his dander. He's off track again. Has the 66 ever been in front, by the way, in the uh, GTE battle? This might be the first oh. lap it leads of the whole race. Unbelievable. There's still traffic, including another GTE car. They, th they come through. JMW on the inside. This time, I think it's done. Porsche can't get through the traffic. And the 66 and being just that bit further ahead. Cairoli's trying anything now. Cairoli is very, very angry indeed. He ran off the road at 7. He's off the road at 11 as well to gain some of the speed back again. Well, the question marks are going to be about the Porsche and the track limits for the 88 because the Ferrari's lines have been exemplary for this final tour. And I think, I have to check the lap charts, but the only lap that this Ferrari has led in the whole race is the winning lap and there is Liam Griffin who is on top of the debris fencing on the pit wall to call his man home Miguel Molina in the 66 Ferrari the JMW motorsport car that he shares with Liam Griffin and Alex McDowell well if you like your GT battling throughout the race and as close as you like then this will go down into the annals of history as a bit of a classic absolutely amazing stuff a debutant team in the European Le Mans series takes the win Olivier Pla with his first race win in the European Le Mans series since 2012 and I think his first race win of, at all in nearly two years JMW returning champions with an all new squad come home with that race win RLR M Sports with a massive new talent and new planet uh, with, with John Ferrano coming back and with the baby faced assassin that is Rob Garifal squeezing 65 minutes out of a tank of fuel take their first win in LMP3 since 2015 marvellous marvellous stuff and that GT battle um, will live long in the memory, I feel, because it had to come down to the final lap. And those saying that Ferrari would have no chance this weekend are now regretting that uh, prediction.
there are the racing engineering guys their headquarters state-of-the-art these days not very far away from Hereth and it's fantastic to have racing engineering as part of the ELMS for 2018 kicking their season off in style there is RLR M Sport and all the gang from the northwest of England celebrating with a victory to the tune of 32 seconds in the end over wow. M Racing YMR and I think it's well, fair to say International dropped back then they, 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 were, they had a pit stop penalty didn't they they dropped yes. to third yes. so what, M Racing YMR taking second place that's interesting okay so yeah your international slipping back behind M Racing and 360 Racing complete the top four ahead of John Fowler Sean Rahal for United Autosports as they begin their title defence into Europol getting one of their cars in the top six that's the number 13 of Kubis Smichowski and Martin Hipper EP Motors uh, make the podium in GTE on their debut in GT in the GT class here so well where do you start with that one <laughs> so many stories and I love a race that lasts the distance what more could you want than a lead change on the final lap? Probably best to keep the microphone away from Matteo Caroli for an hour or three, I should think. Yeah, possibly. I mean, he realised, I'm sure, that it was somewhat inevitable there was going to be a challenge made. And I don't know whether that was uh, tyres that had cried enough towards the end, whether it was Matteo, who wasn't full health, as we've said several times. There... That's Jupp on the right-hand side. On the right. As I say, baby-faced assassin Rob Garifal. Fantastic. Fantastic, he says. And it was fantastic. And John Ferrano, we don't catch a glimpse of. We did see him get out of the the car earlier on. So here's the GT battle then. Remember, final lap. Miguel Molina throws Cairoli a bit of a dummy. Goes outside to inside. Cairoli can't turn in. There was definite contact there, which resulted in the Porsche sort of being barged aside. Let's have a look at what it looked like from Molina's perspective. Plenty of curb taken there by the Spaniard. Uh, he and was, then uh, there was. I, I'll be honest with you, looking at it from that point of view, I was a little worried about JMW's uh, pass there, but looking at it from there, he was there. He was already on the, in the corner. Okay. Um, you know, my only concern was there weren't any Dunlops on the tarmac, but he was on the kerb, and it depends uh, what you define as track limits, because some uh, clerks will say, if you're on the kerb, then you're still on the track. Oh, bit of damage there from Miguel Molina, who doesn't really care that he's swung the Ferrari's door into the side of the LMP2 winner. It's the same paint, so it doesn't really matter, I suppose. I, I had that at Sainsbury's the other week. It's yeah, a terrible thing. He doesn't seem very happy about it at all, does he? No, not at all. And uh, after a full season in the World Endurance Championship last year, racing in GTE Am, thoroughly happy with that. I mean, it's, it's the way to take a victory, isn't it, on the final lap? Yeah, the, uh, that is John Ferrano with the baseball cap. The other man in RLRM sport gear is Nick Reynolds, team principal. Man of very few words, Nick. But um, that was... A spectacular performance from that team. What a big step forward they've taken. We saw signs of this last year, but uh, there is the overall finishing order. Yeah, racing engineering then into the European Le Mans series for a first year and the first victory already by 4.8 seconds over the TDS Racing crew number 33. Duquesne Engineering make the podium ahead of G-Drive, Sinutech Alpine, Matt Mutton, G-Drive Racing, the other uh, car in the orange and black colours. RLRM Sport take the LMP3 honours from M Racing and Euro International. And there's your GTE winner, JMW Motorsport Car 66, finishing ahead of Proton Competition. 
And the gap at the line was 0.835 of a second between Molina and Cairoli. Also on the podium, another Porsche from EB Motors, Fabio Babini's car, number 80. So congratulations to his teammates, uh, Ricardo Perra and Raymond Narak, who started the car. Loic Duval getting some congratulations there and the rest of the racing engineering crew as well. But four hours ago, we got this thing started. Cars three, four and five abreast, further back down the pack. And how we managed to get everyone safely through turn one, I'll never know. There were one or two that ran wide into three and four. And there was some contact as well early on for Harrison Newey in the number 31 APR Rebellion Racing entry. Down towards the first corner, this is the start of a really good stint from Jochen Utert of the Netherlands for RLRM Sport, sharing that car with John Ferrano and with Rob Garrafor, who finished it off. There was contact between the 29 and the 47, both spinning off in an identical fashion. And this early battling for Liam Griffin up against Duncan Cameron, the two Ferraris, 66 and 55. There was a spin later on in the race for Liam Griffin. A front left puncture for Nicolas Lapierre in the race leading Dragon Speed machine. That car, though, thankfully could be pitted straight away and they adjusted the strategy afterwards. Good move that for Ben Barker to take what was at the time the GTE lead. Sadly, the Gulf Racing UK Porsche would not make the end of the race. A scary moment for Tim Bouret at the wheel of the 23 Panes Bartis Competition car as he went backwards at scene corner. Car 24 led uh, to various points, eventually went on to take victory. That was it coming in for a pit stop. The Gulf Racing Porsche slowing and sadly retiring in a big crash involving Duncan Cameron and Hedrick Hedman in the Dragon Speed. Orica, bang, into the Armco barrier went Hedman. And sadly, that did too much damage to the number 21 Dragon Speed car and put it out on the spot. The 55 also retired. It required a safety car to repair the barrier damage. And then we were treated to a spectacular GTE battle. The 88 car of Matteo Cairoli taking the GTE lead there. This was the racing engineering car. One of its uh, five stops between the start of the race and the chequered flag. And battling as well for Singitech Alpine who managed a top five finish in the end. It could have been a bit more than that, but Pierre Thierrier struggled towards the end with some very fast guys getting by, including Nicolas Jama, who really impressed with Duquesne Engineering, made the podium in the end for the number 29 car, and that was Jama getting through, much to the celebration of uh, Gilles Duquesne. 24 car of Olivier Pla coming out of the final corner then to cross the line. He pulled way over to the pit wall, kicked up the dust, slammed on the anchors, celebrated with the team. It's a first win for Racing Engineering and this was a superb battle to finish things off in the GTE category. Final lap stuff, there was contact, there was uh, outside, underside uh, overtaking and flat to the boards, Matteo Cairoli, despite being way off the track, rejoined just in front, so, so close. But the greater straight-line speed for the Ferrari eventually told, and through went Miguel Molina. This was your uh, LMP3 winner from RLR M Sport, Rob, Rob Garofal bringing the car to the finish, and GTEs eventually stay in the order Ferrari from Porsche, but uh, the 66 JMW Motorsport Ferrari really didn't lead that many laps at all. The money lap, though, is all that counts. 
and over the line Liam Griffin and Mikel Molina tremendously excited about that result big points in the bag then for racing engineering for RLRM Sport and for JMW Motorsport after the opening round of the championship and here comes the top three for LMP2 and the fuel back and Dennis Anderson with an extra step on the podium so you can tell me what that's for Graham he's slightly puzzled but uh, that is the fourth step for those guys I just wonder whether there there is yeah Um, although if there is a silver cup Dennis Anderson's a bronze as far as I know anyway the third position going the way of Duquesne Engineering and Nicola Jama who finished that stint together with co-drivers Pierre Vague who started the car and uh, Nelson Pansy Ticci who did the middle stint here are the guys from TDS Racing who finished second on the road in car number 33 Mathieu Bazivier Francois Perodo who started the car and Loic Duval and the win though and a first win for Racing Engineering goes the way of Norman Natto who started the car Bon Petit and Olivier Clark big big cheers for the bright red and yellow overalls to match the livery on the car and they will take rightfully the top step of the podium in the opening round of the championship I can't remember ever having got the Spanish national anthem at, uh, at a European Le Mans series race but we're about to hear it we are indeed be a team representative on the top step it of the is, podium as well. It is Alfonso, Alfonso de Bourbon. I'm delighted for that. Here is the national anthem. So Dunlop caps going back on the heads of the three drivers in question, Norman Natto, Olivier Pla and Paul Petit. Uh, but not a clean sweep this time. No. Well, that might be the shape of things to come this season with the Michelin Blue on the Duquesne Engineering crew. Dunlop hang on for the moment, but this is looking like it could be another storyline, isn't it, throughout this year? Well, it is great to have a truly alive tyre battle to keep our interest as well. Nice to have a few more cars on the Michelin rubber as well. The two heat export entries, Duquesne, as we've mentioned, Dragon Speed, where might they have finished had it not been for that crash at turn number eight. And Panes Bartis Competition as well, who had a big moment at scene corner with Tim Bouret at the wheel. Trophies presented then to all of the drivers on the podium. Nice to have Dennis Anderson and Anders Fjordback represented as well. And trophies held aloft for the photographs taken down there below. The uh, fantastic podium here. It's in a great location on that bridge section between the two uh, pit buildings, effectively. By my reckoning, and even taking out of the equation the two guesting WC cars, one of which I think we are going to see again, I think at least half these cars, had things gone their way, could easily have made a podium today. That's great news for the remainder of this championship, this series. Five more races to come, five four-hour races to come, uh, plus, of course, very many of these guys involved with Le Mans 24 Hours. 
this is looking like it's going to be a corking season. I think it certainly should be. And it's not always the case that you keep adding cars and adding cars and Im- immediately make the racing better. You've got to have strength in depth. You've got to have the quality as well as the quantity. But it looks like we've got both of those for season 2018. Everyone was super excited at the start of this race. A brand new year ahead of them. Pierre Fion, Gerard Neveu, both here in attendance of the first race. And it did not disappoint. There was action aplenty, pretty much from the off. Cars slithering and sliding. Sadly, big damage for two cars there, the 21 and the 55, into the wall, as I've mentioned. And as the podium is redressed we may well get some reaction from some of the drivers as well including the guys at racing engineering three winning cars in each of the respective classes still sit beneath the podium and there is the trophy teams championship as we stand with one round done 25 points of racing engineering tds racing on 18 duquesne engineering with 15 points and we can get some reaction i'm pleased to say from olivier pla one of the winning drivers at racing engineering olivier what a fantastic start to this season for racing engineering their first season in elms how does it feel uh, it's unbelievable uh, i have to thank my teammates uh, norman and paul they did an amazing job first time uh, for for norman here and uh, in endurance racing coming from gp2 he did uh, unbelievable at the beginning keeping the pace of uh, nico in front and uh, paul also his team was uh, was unbelievable he had uh, a lot of pressure behind and racing engineering first uh, first race first victory um, yeah i'm a bit speechless actually but uh, i think you know they've been working really hard you know from the beginning and uh, they were on the top of it all the time i never had to tell them you have to do that or that so, uh, you know, it's, it's unbelievable and, and a big thank you to them. Congratulations. Very, very happy indeed. That was a hard stint for Olivier Pla to finish it off. Um, but the two co-drivers there thoroughly chuffed with their efforts as well. Good to have Norman Natto, very much a single-seated driver of the current age, making the trip across the prototype racing and realising you've got to be just as quick in this category. And uh, Paul Petit... No small part for him in this race. It was kind of crucial and hinged again, as it so often does on the silver-ranked stint. I thought he was—he did a splendid job, a really good defensive job as we get to the next podium, and it's uh, LMP3. It is. And so Euro International going on to the third step of the podium. The 11 crew... Now, hang on That's a minute. Right. We've got things... Uh, <laughs> a little bit the wrong way round here according to the timing screen our timing screen anyway it should be the Euro International guys standing on the third step let's call it as we see it so M Racing YMR on the third step there car number 19 and that is uh, Nicola Farrer oh, no, they're, they're changing oh, they are changing now <laughs> David Drew and Lucas Legere the message has got through so it is Mondini along with uh, teammate Kayvan Berlo in third position Ferrer, Drew and Legere on the second step and now there was no doubt about the winners. RLRM Sport from the UK, John Ferrano of Canada, Jot van Utert of the Netherlands and Rob Garifal from the United Kingdom. And they make a tremendous driving combination. Jot van Utert did the heavy lifting at the start of the stint. John Ferrano kept things constant and Garifal. Well, there was some doubt whether the car would get to the finish. It did. And here's the national anthem of the winning team.
last time we're going to hear that fabulous song. <laughs> Congratulations to Robert Garafal, to Yukonutut, and to John Ferrano for taking victory for RLR M Sport, I should say. The trophy's now being handed out to Kay Van Berlo and to Giorgio Mondini. They, those smiles aren't quite as broad as they might have been had they ended up on the second step at the podium. Finished second on the road, but uh, given a penalty, was that post-race then? Uh, I think that happened uh, in the, the, the last couple of laps. They had a, a drive-through, didn't they? I uh, beg your pardon. OK, so it was taken in reality, yes, 25 seconds it took them. So that's uh, bang on for a drive-through for an uh, infringement. No, that's not them. That's not them. Oh, we're reading the 360 guys, aren't we? I just wonder whether Alcamel, the timing uh, people here at the event, corrected that post-race. So maybe it was a penalty sitting yep. next to the number 11 car. And uh, that was all put into the system after the chequered flag. Hence the slight confusion between Giorgio Mondini, great drive for him, and Kayvon Berlo, his teammate. So there's the third place finishing car. Second place for the number 19 M Racing YMR crew. Uh, Lucas Legere, David Drew, who started the car, Nicola Ferrer. And here is their car then from the Avan Muller run squad, YMR. But it was a flawless performance from the RLRM Sport crew. And much champagne being slurped right now. Here is the white and orange livery of RLRM Sport with the Utah branding on the side. And congratulations to all three men. Did a really good job. And RLR looking strong in both ACO championships in the European uh, world this weekend both the Michelin Le Mans Cup today, uh, yesterday and the ELMS today. 119 laps completed then. RLRM Sport take it by just over half a minute from the M Racing YMR crew. Euro International finished third ahead of 360 Racing, United Order Sports and Inter-Europel competition. Let's uh, get a quick interview with Jop van Utert from RLRM Sports. Well, Job, what a dream well, result yeah, a dream for result. your dream e ELMS debut. Yeah, I can't be more happy with the team. They did a great job. I had a good first stint, first two stints, and then uh, Rob and John, they just finished it. And I think the team can be really, really happy with the progress we've made since the winter. And, yeah, now it's time to take some rest. Congratulations. He's had one heck of a winter, lots of testing. Yeah. I think I said earlier in the broadcast, uh, Richard Dean from United Autosports, they tested Jupp van Utrecht, and I think uh, on reflection, I think he's quite disappointed they didn't bag him, but uh, the hmm. RRM Sports deal came together more quickly, it would seem. Um, but uh, Jupp van Utrecht, John Ferrano, big step forward from him in form, and Rob Garrafal making his comeback. But more than anything for me, apart from that blinding speed, it was that mind games in the last 20 minutes that's just put a smile on my face great to see a team returning to the top step the European Le Mans series audience is of all ages as you've just seen bouncy castle that uh, Graham and I haven't been on yet we've Not been yet. so busy but uh, that's what tonight's for after a few beers maybe um, here are the third place finishes then from EB Motors and Fabio Babini, Ricardo Perra and Raymond Narak take their rightful position third place on the podium EB Motors remember victorious in last year's GT3 part of the Michelin Le Mans Cup and moving to the ELMS for 2018 second position in GTE going the way of Proton competition on the last lap what a battle between uh, Matteo Cairoli and the eventual winners Matteo Cairoli, Giorgio Roda, Gianluca Roda 
of the driving combination from number 88. But here they are. And that's nice to see, a warm embrace between Miguel Molina and Matteo Cairoli after that last lap scrap. So it's Molina in the 66 Ferrari, along with Alex McDowell and Liam Griffin. And Jim McWhirter on the top step of the podium as well. Let's hear the national anthem of the winning team. So big smiles again as the first placed Dunlop caps go on to the heads of Alex, of Miguel and of Liam Griffin. And trophies now being presented to the EB Motors guys. So Fabio Babini, Ricardo Perra and Raymond Narak have some very smart trophies to take back with them. Funny feeling they have to get soaked as well by several bottles of champagne. Second win for that uh, number 66, 488. Last time it was June and it was the Le Mans 24 hours. Yes. Um, on, en route, of course, with the 458's win at Monza. That's where we go next to the championship as well. It was one heck of a year for JMW Motorsports. Well, signs are this one might not be too shabby either. Certainly kicked off very well and uh, they're always front runners. But as Matt Griffin made the point earlier on, from the spirit of race garage after a non-finish with the 55 Ferrari it is imperative that you score well in certainly five of the six races you maybe can afford one DNF but any more than that and that will see your championship come crashing down well these guys have all started off well JMW Motorsport immediately into a seven point lead so here was the EB Motors Porsche number 80 out of the final corner with Fabio Babini doing the pedalling towards the end of the race the 88 car that led for so many laps from Proton Competition well done to Giorgio and Gianluca Roda together with Matteo Cairoli but JNW Motorsport take the victory and in fact for Alex McDowell Liam Griffin and Miguel Molina it's a six point lead because remember the two Rodas and Cairoli managed to take pole position yesterday so 25 plays 19 a little further down the point standings Christian Reed, Dennis Olsen Marvin Deanst on 10 points Marvin brought into the fold very late on indeed and Francesco Castellacci and Thomas Fleur will be 6th in the championship there sitting in the middle is the racing engineering LMP2 nearest the drone camera is the RLR M Sport uh, winning car and the Ferrari up against the garage wall there we may well have a few more points standings to bring to you in a moment or two. But we absolutely must get some reaction from JMW Motorsport. Here is Liam Griffin now with Charlie George. Well, Liam, many people thought that it might go the way of Porsche this weekend, but this has gone to show that you can never tell what's going to happen in an ELMS race. How was it for you? Uh, I mean, you know, we were written off there. That last stint by Miguel was something else to do that on the last lap. You know, he was 14 seconds behind starting with an hour to go. 
and to do it on the very last lap was outrageous. I mean, a great manoeuvre as well. Great, great overtake. Amazing. Enjoy celebrating. Congratulations. We shall. Thanks very much. Liam Griffin with Charlie, and he immediately gets a big hug from Miguel Molina as well. So here's the Trophy Drivers' Championship for LMP2. It's Norman Nato, Olivier Pla, Paul Petit that take the championship lead courtesy of their victory, but it's all very tight. TDS Racing, seven points adrift, and Duquesne Engineering uh, in third position. Obviously, this is all down to the result from today, so you can predict the points. My thanks to Graham Goodwin from Johnny Palmer. I hope you've enjoyed the round in France. See you in Italy. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.